Welcome to the Highlander Rewatch Podcast, the podcast where each and every week we talk about another facet of the Highlander universe. I'm one of your rewatchers. I'm Keith. This is Kyle. This is Eamon. Welcome back. We're back. We finished season six and now we are here with our Highlander Endgame coverage. You guys excited to hop into a new movie? Very excited to talk Endgame. That's right. you know, I'm like a little nervous about this for because one, I don't think I've seen this movie since the 2000s. All right. First off. And then second, like, I don't know, in some ways, the end of the Highlander show, like, doesn't, isn't quite the end. Like, I've always known this was lurking out here. So that's right. This is like the real send off. I'm a little like, ooh. Yeah. Play. Well, don't forget the source. Another, <laughs> another movie in the Highlander, the series, uh, timeline i suppose wait you mean this movie didn't actually end the game (laughs) that's right it didn't (laughs) oh oh boy well before we start this episode we want to make sure we thank all our patrons out there uh for supporting the podcast and continuing this journey onward past the series into the uh next movies in the franchise uh and also we haven't asked this in a while but uh if you'd like, leave us a uh, iTunes review or review on SoundCloud or Stitcher or wherever you like to, uh, you know, listen to your podcast. Uh, they help a lot. Uh, we read each and every one of them. You can give us just a star review. Five stars would be preferable. Five stars, uh, not one star, to be yeah. clear. Five stars. Uh, Five stars. That's right. Um, but if you'd like to leave us a review as well, uh, we really appreciate the feedback and positive words. And also, it really helps get our show in front of more people. We know, like, our community has really grown uh, since we started this, like, five years ago. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's crazy. Uh, but, yeah, more more reviews get this podcast in front of more people. And uh, so we can bring the old Highlander love to people all over the world, which is great. Great, great, great. Great, great, great. So we're doing a special episode to kick off our Endgame coverage. Uh, We haven't done anything like this before. We're going to do a trailer reaction video. Uh, So many of you may know that the Highlander Endgame trailer is perhaps very different than the film we see. Uh, We're not necessarily going to talk about all that sort of stuff yet. We're going to get into that when we talk about our, you know, coverage proper. Uh, But we're going to take a look at this trailer uh and we're gonna discuss what we think we see what do we think the plot's gonna be about all that sort of stuff uh but before we watch the trailer let's just uh open it up for some discussion so we just watched six seasons of the tv show and maybe in the catalog you read that like hey there's this movie coming out called highlander world without end whoa what are we thinking What's that about? What do we think? That apparently was the original title of this movie, as I think advertised in the catalog. Uh, mm-hmm. So, first off, it sounds like a Pirates of the Caribbean movie. It does sound like that. Uh, yeah. So I'm assuming that the final boss is Johnny Depp, but or a squid, or a squid. Yeah, why not? Or Johnny mm-hmm. Depp as a squid? Okay. Uh, but no, I'd say the world without end like makes it sound like there's going to be like some kind of apocalyptic stakes to this oh interesting you know Mm. that's just what that phrase means to me like world without end means like oh there's a chance the world was going to end right to me it feels like a kind of depressing title like i would think this is like a sad story about like knowing the world of immortals like oh like the world can't end for them like i don't know something about that seems bleak I can see that. So I think I might be expecting a, a personal tragedy or something like that. Mm. Hmm. Maybe it's a theme park. Maybe it's a theme park. Yeah, the world without end, just the infinity infinity zone. What? Yeah. Yeah. I'd, I'd play that Sonic level. I love Sonic. All right, Highlander. So Ooh. That's true. Uh, all right. So, what, what do you think? Uh, do you think Endgame or World Without End is a better title? Uh, having not seen this film. 
like going into it fairly blind it's been a while i kind of like endgame more personally it's pretty punchy right it's snappy yeah for a movie it i think it's a better it's a better tagline in general highlander endgame just flows so much better and it's shorter it's easier to put on a poster yeah it's better in all those ways i will say it will create an expectation for me that the game ends i agree right which my memory again it's been a while but i don't recall it doing so in this mm-hmm. uh also it's like a funny little pun yeah like yeah. End game the game the game uh, right there's uh, a game in the, in the movie yeah. right yeah totally right. like it makes sense uh, i think like world without end is a little bit more like mysterious like i think world without end brings more to the table uh like speculatively uh but like end game is punchy it's good right yeah, yeah. world mm-hmm. without game <laughs> without game yeah. uh so so going into this after watching six seasons what would you expect like what do you want to see out of a highlander movie and so i guess at this point we would know to some degree that like christopher lambert and adrian paul are going to be in this film together like that's announced we know it's coming what do you expect to see now that we're getting like star trek generations highlander uh, I expect them to go to an alternate dimension and for Lambert to die contradicting the circumstances of his death from a previous movie. Okay, very good. Ooh. That's a <laughs> reference to the line in Highway or Star Trek V where he says he's going to die alone and then of mm. course he does not. He dies with Jean-Luc Picard standing over him. Spoiler. But um, I would, ass- my assumption, if it's a thing called Endgame and they're both in it, my assumption is that the game is ending and that they have to fight. Oh, right. Totally. That, that perhaps this is like the the final thing and like low two good guys actually made it to the end. And for whatever reason, they have decided to finish it. That sounds like a good movie to me. And that's like the, the big Highlander or one of the big Highlander questions. Like Richie poses that like. I believe Richie poses that at some point. Like, yeah. what if what if we have to fight? Like, mm-hmm. and that's a good that's a good question for this like sci-fi premise that the show kind of abandons. <laughs> yes. I also, I mean, that's in the very first movie too, when uh, you know, Christopher Lambert asks Sean Connery if that would happen, and he's like, he doesn't even answer him. Uh, yeah. Actually, that would be really cool if this movie brought that theme back around. It was like, oh, this little thing that was dropped in the first movie is now gonna be the end of this movie or whatever. Uh, interesting. So, do, so would you expect do you expect a team up or do you want a team up? Is that the sort of thing you want? Or Kyle, you seem to, you you seem to be like your your preference would be that they would fight each other. It would seem. Well, honestly, my my expectation would be both. Okay. Honestly, it's that like they're working together, perhaps, mm-hmm. and they're done. Like they succeed. Good job. But now this that presents the new conflict. Which right. Is, well, now what do we do? <laughs> Uh, you know, it was is my kind of one word, one sentence treatment. Okay, okay. Yeah. How about you, Emma? Do you like a, a buddy team up? I mean, being a comic book person, like I think my instincts would make me think that's what was going to happen. So the classic book, comic book scenario is on the cover. It's like Wolverine and Iron Man fight, right? But it, it's like okay they meet they get into an argument they fight and then like fing fang foom shows up and they have to team up to fight him <laughs> right so like fing fang foom yeah. of all the people you could pick that was a, that was among the funnier ones he's a big dragon that wears purple underwear how could you go wrong 
Um, so yeah, maybe a big purple underwear wearing dragon will show up in this. And sure, the Kurgan was a dragon. Connor had to fight him. Yeah. yeah. See, the thing that would that... be cool. Kylanders versus a dragon. <laughs> uh, sure. The thing that trips me up, of course, and if I remember correctly, they cheat to solve this problem in the movie, which is that, like, what does it, what does a proper team up involving immortals really look like? Is it it's against seems, the rules, right? Yeah, it kind of seems like it's not quite allowed. So, like, right. at bare minimum, you have to be a little creative in what a team up looks like. That's true. But, you know, it's not something by the rules that the show very diligently set up. Yes. It's not something that happens organically. Mm-hmm. Good point. Good you, point. You've, been, you've been dropping these questions. What do you think? I mean, I think my, weirdly, my first reaction, I think would be team up. Although I do think, and I mean, also I, my mind is polluted because I've seen this movie a bunch, uh, but. <laughs> also good use of your, of your mind being polluted. Polluted, right. <laughs> it's a pretty extreme. My mind's polluted by seeing this movie. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I think like I my gut reaction is like, oh, this must be a team up. But also that could be influenced by like in Highland, the very first episode, we've seen them kind of team up. Uh, you know, they're they're pals, like there there is some obvious obviously there's a literal kinship with them being part of the, the clan McLeod. But like Connor's name is evoked many times in the series as a, a beloved mentor. Uh mm-hmm. and so I think we think like, oh, like this might be a mentor mentee sort of thing. Or I I I think I'm I'm geared for the team up. Uh Sure. Although I do think them fighting is a much more interesting movie. Um, we'll obviously watch this trailer and see what story the trailer tells. Uh, but yeah, I don't know. Um, and like you said, like what would a team up really look like? And you're you're correct in that assessment that like yeah, you can't fight someone at once. So like presumably, unless the sh- the the movie is going to change the rules, so it needs to be some sort of like two-pronged attack or something like a battle fought on two fronts uh would perhaps be how this team up needs to work um yeah uh, a la what i don't know one of my favorite fights in the show is the one in i guess it's revelation six eight Mm -hmm. not comes a horseman where you have the simultaneous fights between mythos and silas and right uh mac and chronos right it's cool it's like gives them a lot of flexibility on how they cut between things. And totally. Like, it just is very engaging. So it's like something like that could work. Yeah. Okay. Cool. 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 Are there any like questions you think this, uh, this might answer? We've, we've obviously posited the, the first one being like, well, what if the two good guys are the two left that have to fight? That's an interesting question, right? Mm-hmm. Are there any other like threads from the, the series you would think like, Ooh, like they're making a new Highlander movie. I wonder what they're going to pick up on. Like, is it going to continue some story threads? Maybe what happens to Mythos or Duncan and Amanda mm. or the Watchers? Okay. Would there be those characters you'd expect to be in a in a movie? I would I would I think I would make that assumption if I saw Adrian <laughs> Paul in this trailer. Right. That the like more of the TV show cast would be here. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Right. I think you know, I hadn't really thought about it till you posed it, but I also think that would be my assumption. But that there's like, two. AP doesn't act alone. He comes right. with people. Like, right. Rivers, Lambert, as evidenced by the other two movies, like, it doesn't matter. He's he's the, the, he's the thing. Maybe you get Sean Connery with him, but usually not. Yeah. Yeah, right. Yeah. I mean, they wrote Brenda out of the second movie instantly. Yeah. So, like, you drop in just like a, you just pot him like a plant in the movie. <laughs> yeah. Like, seems to 
depend a bit on these other characters in this wider world. Mm-hmm. I guess there are like there are like four camps for this movie. There's like people who know nothing about Highlander, people who know the movies, people who know the TV show, and people who know both. Right. So I feel like your movie people might be like, "What the? What, who's this? Yeah. Oh, yeah, I heard there was a TV show." Uh, and maybe they might have some different assumptions. I don't know. Interesting. Oh, you know uh, what? I should I should have made a list of like popular TV shows that became movies, and we could have discussed them. Maybe maybe we can do that on a, another episode. But are there any that like stick out to you as like making that leap? I think from movie TV show to movie can be difficult for that very reason you're talking about, Eamon, Is that like you maybe have to reestablish all the characters like who what's the audience for this film like is it just for the people that saw the show is it also for just the general movie going audience i mean like firefly do we like firefly or serenity that was the example that jumped to mind for me as one that just doesn't stick the landing on whatever it's trying to do uh in part because like the show never really had enough room to breathe so they're also like cram an extra stuff for that they didn't get to do in the show into the movie right like three seasons worth of stuff in a movie right oh yeah boy. but it's you know that's a great example of one that like who is this for is a, a real overriding question in that movie right one that sticks out to me this is a weird poll uh but the strangers with candy movie starring amy sedaris and stephen colbert uh mm-hmm. it's a i've only seen it maybe twice and i i keep meaning to watch it again but Strangers with Candy was a fantastic late 90s uh, Comedy Central show that for a, a number of reasons doesn't quite hold up today. Uh, I shouldn't say it doesn't yes. hold up. It's like <laughs> completely unacceptable. Um, however, like they decided to make a film out of it. And the question was like, oh, is this going to continue the story of Jerry Blank in high school? And the answer is like, no, it's like a reboot. And it's like kind of the pilot. And it's like, it's just is that entire concept presented as a film instead of a show. And like, there's even just jokes from the TV show that are just in the movie, uh, which is kind of funny. Um, oh, much in the same way you might think of uh, like Police Squad becoming um, The Naked Gun. Like that first movie is a ton of jokes from the first and only season of Police Squad. Uh, I don't know. So anyway, film to TV or TV to film. The Simpsons, that does it okay, right? I guess. I guess. It's just a yeah. long episode. Yeah. The weird thing about the Simpsons movie is like, I remember when that came out and I was like, why? Mm-hmm. Like, I felt like it was late. Like, apparently I was wrong because I think that movie did very well. And it did. It's still a TV show. But I was like, at the time I was like, this movie should have come out like 10 years ago. <laughs> right, it's right. Like, at the height of Simpsons popularity. Yeah. And the one thing that really pisses me off about that movie is that Arnold Schwarzenegger is a character in it, and it's not McBain. McBain, right. Isn't it? Didn't they retire the character of McBain, though? Did they? I thought, because wasn't it Phil Hartman? No. Or maybe it was, yeah. yeah. I don't know. Right. Interesting. I think it was Phil Hartman, and they retired the character when he died. Got it. So Interesting. But I agree I, that it yeah. should obviously be, like, in a perfect world, this Rainier Wolfcastle as right. McBain, not... Arnold Schwarzenegger. Right. Anyway. Oh, I didn't well, put that together. Yeah. yeah. That that that's Yeah, because I had that initial reaction too. Yeah. And I was like, wait a minute. <laughs> there might be a reason. Oh, be- well, th- before we move on, I just want to yeah, talk yeah. about one more Simpsons movie thing. <laughs> so what was in the trailer for the Simpsons movie that everyone uh, laughed at? That the, dumb that dumb spider pig, pig. Spider right? pig, right? Which right. is barely yeah. yeah, oh boy. So, you know, I watched Spider Pig in the trailer. I was like, oh, that's funny. 
that was in every trailer. It was on the TV commercial. And then when the part came on in the movie, everybody laughed like they had never seen it before. <laughs> and I was just like, what the fuck? We've all seen this already. Yeah. <laughs> like that maybe that's just my like dead heart. Like No, I <laughs> I remember having a similar reaction. Like it's just so anticlimactic. And it's like you'd think it would also be like a bigger part of the, the film. And it's like it's just a little throwaway joke that like because of the ads you think is so so spectacular and it's not mm. Mm. Wait, 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 you say you think it was a bigger part of the film did you think this pig being Superman like <laughs> figure was supposed to be the plot of the movie yeah that's what i want that was the first spider ham before yeah. uh oh yeah spider verse yeah peter porker mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. well we, we brought up one other film earlier i mentioned star trek generations so that's a you know, taking the TV cast and being like, well, yep. now they get to move into the movie universe. Uh, like, do we think that's a successful treatment of TV characters into the film? I remember really liking that movie. I haven't seen it since I was a kid. Mm-hmm. I've never rewatched that movie. Um, mm-hmm. as an it's been adult, a few years for me. Yeah. I think. As an adult, I've switched. As a kid, Picard was my favorite, and now I prefer Kirk. Right. Um, so I, I wonder how, how I'd feel about that movie I'm, if I watched it today. I'm prepared to take the position, and I watched all these movies maybe seven years ago. It was like when I plowed through them all. I was very unimpressed with all the TNG-related movies mm-hmm. and gave some points back to all the Kirk ones, mm. re-watching yeah. them. In part just because it's like, where do these characters live? Like, what do they do? What are they about? Like, I feel like the... Kirk related movies are great extensions of the original Star Trek. Like this feels like the natural place for this to go. And like some of it's really great. Whereas the TNG is like, it just is a different version of what the show is, what it's about, why you care about it. And it just doesn't land for me. Like it doesn't have in common most of the things that I like watching TNG for. Right. Mm -hmm. So it just falls flat. That's an interesting thing. You mentioned that the the original Star Trek movies are a good extension of the original show. Like that that tonal thing, I think, is often a problem with TV and film. So, like, for instance, does Duncan McLeod live in Connor McLeod's 1985 New York? No, no, right? Like that. Like the show doesn't exist in that like dark, gritty, noir universe at all, right? Even the zone is not right. like it's even that even the grittiest urban landscape we see right not at all similar to 80s New York. No. Yeah. And which I would say like at least Highlander 2 feels similarly gritty to the first mm-hmm. movie. Like it's dingy and dirty and like, you know, Highlander 3 is something very different, I think. Uh so yeah, did, I don't know. Did we'll, you, we'll... Did, the New York parts of Highlander 3 kind of get at it though. You know what I, I mean? I guess you're like, right. Like with the the weird like three card Monty and like uh yeah you're right the, oh and the, like the, all the cartoony sort of stuff in the in the, like the the madhouse or whatever that yeah. feels more comic booky and forgot about all that yeah, yeah. so there there are some similarities there interesting all right but yeah the movies the movies definitely have this more like noirish feel even Highlander too mm-hmm. and the TV show kind of doesn't like I'd say yeah. at all they have yeah. a few episodes where they try to invoke noiry stuff. Right. But it doesn't really land. Yeah, I think just... also, also Duncan McLeod is like a knight in shining armor kind of hero. 
Like he's yeah. not like your apathetic kind of noir hero that fits mm-hmm. in that environment. Hmm. Maybe we'll see Fitz in that. <laughs> That's right. Maybe Fitz will be back. Uh, wouldn't it be great? All right. So should we hop into this? Should we watch I the think, trailer? I think so. All right. So to preface uh, our viewers, what we're going to watch is we're going to watch the theatrical trailer to Highlander Endgame. Uh, and um, online, there are not very good, very many good versions of this trailer because it came out in what, 2001 or two, whenever this movie came out, uh, which is bad that I'm not remembering exactly the year, but. A Space um, Odyssey. That's right. Uh, so they're very low resolution. Um, so, but I was able to find a French trailer that's pretty good. Uh, so I, this oui, is oui. Our, our homemade trailer. We took the French uh, video and mixed it with the American English uh, voiceover and sounds. Uh, it's the same trailer, uh, but you're just going to see there'll be some French text uh, on the screen. So that's the reason that exists. Other than that, this seems to be the exact same trailer that was released uh, in America and in Britain. Um, so there we go. Did, that- did you just say French text? <laughs> that's right. This is America, goddammit. So he's not a fan of this. Text. He put in the freedom text. Yes, there's a lot of freedom text. Oh, thank you. That- <laughs> Good. Very even good. if I can't read it, if it's freedom text. <laughs> right. um, Can we just take a moment? Well, you know what? I'm not even going to say it. I'm not even going to say it. Sorry. I had a Bush administration flashback. Uh-oh. <laughs> Here we Are go. Uh, what a good waste of time that was. So <laughs> so what we're going to do is I'm going to play this trailer. Um, Kyle and Eamon, tell me anytime you want to stop. We're going to pause the trailer. We'll talk about what we see. We can rewind it. Uh, the trailer is only, you know, a minute and 40 seconds or whatever it is. So it, we, we can also watch it again if we want. Um, and what we can do is we can pause, see what we think like each of these scenes is. Uh, we can try to take guesses on who we think these characters might be, who they're setting up, uh, all that sort of stuff. Uh, so you guys ready? Yeah. I'm ready. For the people at home, remember, obviously there are answers to some of these questions. We are doing this analysis as though we have never seen it before. Correct. Yes. We've all, we've all seen this movie just to be clear, but we're, we're pretending. That's right. Pretending. Oh, and I guess Eamon, I should, I, uh, Kyle, you mentioned it's been since the early two thousands. You saw this, uh, Eamon and I saw this movie with, it was Endgame and the source, a, a double feature, uh, mm-hmm. right at the beginning of the podcast. Uh, yep. when we started this journey, we, we sat together and watched both these movies, but so it's been a couple yep. years for me too. All right. So here we go. Here's the trailer to Endgame. Dimension For centuries, immortals have moved silently among us. No oh, wait, let's could... let's go back. All right, we're going back. Let's try yeah. to look at those faces. That's right. Adrian Paul. All right, we got... We got Vigo from Ghostbusters 2. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it does look like Vigo. It does look like Vigo. Oh, he's the Scourge of the Carpathians. Yeah. Sorrow Vigo. Sorrow Moldavia. That's right. All right. Who else we got? We got this guy, whoever this is, Shadows, right? Oh, is that Darius? Oh, Darius. Okay. Darius. Darius. So it could be Darius. We got some cloaked figure. That doesn't look too too good, right? Adrian Paul with the Adrian Paul. Oh, he's got Joker smile. Joker smile. Joker. Very good. All right. All right. And then go again. And then we got some burning and Ooh. the Clan McLeod sword, right? Yeah. Oh. Boom. All right. So oh. here, let's watch it. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Knowing that in the end there could be only one. But now tick, tick, tick. in this world, in this time. I okay. I'm going to pause it just because <sighs> I feel like trailers are so different today. Like this in trailer. This world. Yeah. Like this is 
if if somebody was like, what do they base that like stand-up routine on? It's mm -hmm. this. Like yeah, this, this is the is most comical cool. use of in a world where like there's one hero. Blah, blah, blah. In a world that there could be only one. <laughs> what if there were two? Yeah. Highlander. World without end. All right. Oh, this is so cool, I, right? This, so we get this. Silver room. room. The silver room. Yeah. So like yeah. I think that's pretty, pretty sleek to have in the trailer, right? It's like, oh shit, <laughs> like Duncan's in like Max room. Like that's that's what we're getting excited <laughs> about. You know that yeah. room where a, uh, the hero st stores dusty antiques fucking awesome it's in yeah. this movie um all right cool here we Duncan's go in the silver room <laughs> high five oh what is this whoa whoa, whoa. rewind uh-oh all right what is that let's talk about what this is so this is cyclops from the x-men uh-huh so who knows what this is about we get some sort of machine right or something i don't know what this is so maybe uh one of our heroes is uh trapped right a uh like james bond sort of <laughs> Or maybe it's a sex imprisonment. Thing. Or maybe it's a sex thing. Sure. Yeah, and they've put uh, him in some kind of weird helmet. Ah, <laughs> uh, all right. Here we'll back up a little bit. In a world. In this world, in this time, I don't care about the game. Uh oh. I don't care about the rules. All right. So, I guess we 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 are to assume presumably that this is the the villain. No. I think so. Like the the trailer is not. I, I'll say this right up front, Kyle. When you brought up that. Maybe Mac and Connor will have to fight each other. I was like, what a cool trailer that would be to like misdirect the audience. Like, what is this movie going to be about? Uh, and I guess you could do it in either way. Like, we could think that this guy's going to be the bad guy, and then we see the movie, and maybe he's not really the bad guy, and it's Connor versus Mac, right? Uh, like you said, they defeat, defeat a villain and then have to fight each other. Uh, or it could do the opposite, and the trailer shows that Mac and Connor might have to fight. That would like freak fans out right yeah and then of course ah oh, misdirect but then he's saying i don't care about the game so it's like is this, this by this trailer they're dismissing the game right and well, i guess that's supposed to up the stakes right yeah what did you say kyle i said he doesn't care about the game because it's ending you know Ooh, that's true that's true but they're right. upping, upping the stakes, Keith. Is that what you, you... I think so. Like, the idea that this guy doesn't care about the rules, like, I think that's just supposed... That's shortcut for, oh, like, even the Kurgan followed the rules. Like, this guy won't. Like, I don't know. Nice teeth. I love it. Check Kurt. out those pearly whites. Mm -hmm. campers. I don't care about the rules. Sparks. Uh-oh. Explosion. So what was that? Do we remember what this was? Is, is that, that the antique shop? Oh no, the antique shop. Oh uh -oh. no. Uh-oh. Duncan's are honorable. Uh-oh. Uh -oh. Hold on. Strong. All right, we gotta stop. What what are we what is happening right now? So this we've thing. switched to Mortal Kombat. Yes. Yeah, this one, this does look like Mortal Kombat. This is like some Mario Van Peeble shit from the third movie. Oh, it is. It yeah, is a hundred percent. Like did people did they think people liked that i don't know i really don't know well i did start a letter writing campaign to davis panzer saying more of this kind of stuff uh-huh more because, van peebs i mean we basically see him do this where he splits into two and then reconnects though he doesn't do the double trouble thing we're about to see apparently mm. i mean this is crazy so again, so I guess then we're supposed to think as the, the audience that like, okay, so the, the villain in this is also like a magician. A sorcerer. Right? Yeah. 
or something, or there, there's some sort of magic. You're right that this is exactly like Highlander 3. And how about these effects? It's just like the inside good. of a bed spring. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that is what it looks like. Yikes. They called me the master of illusion. Look at this. Ba-bam. All right. Is that even? Wait, go back, go back, go back, go back. Go back. Bloop. Okay. Pause it when he throws his sword down. Is that even Christopher Lambert? <gasps> I think uh, I, I, you might be right. That might not be Christopher Lambert. I don't know. It could be him, but I don't think it is. Yeah. Wow. Profile. Maybe it is. I don't know. I don't know. Good, good pull. All right, here we go. Go back. Go wait. Go back a little bit more. Yeah, what is that? What is that circle? Oh, I don't know. Are those people. The monk circle jerk that's going on here. I have no idea. Yeah. Is there, is there a cookie in the middle? I think the scale is weird here. The like it, called it, a biscuit. Oh, yeah. it's hard to tell if those would be people very or far like away. Toys. Yeah, or just something like small on the floor, like a device or something. Uh, I think from knowing what the movie has in store, I think those are people. Uh, but this, yeah, who knows what this is about? What movie? <laughs> there we go. Also, we get another guy in a, a a monk outfit. So, is are we supposed to assume that like the dude we saw earlier with the 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 hood is this guy? Who knows? So he's got some monk in the trunk. That's right, right. monk in the trunk. Has grown too strong. Too too strong. Too strong. Immortal to face Whoa! Uh -oh. What? Right, what is up. that? So they have like a portal to dimension X. What? So is this like a Highlander 2 thing? Maybe. Because aren't there portals in that? I guess so. So maybe they go to Zeist. <laughs> all right. So, all right. You've seen this now. Oh, this is, this is, we're in deep. So this is watched... like Stargate. Yeah, right. Yeah, it is like Stargate. like Stargate. All right. So you, let's pretend you've watched this for the very first, like this, you have no idea what this film is going to be. What are you guessing could be happening here based on what you've there, seen in the series and previous movies? They're either like going back in time or like oh. traveling to an alternate universe or something. Yeah. Right? To fight, to fight the, the second coming of Mario Van Peebles. Interesting. Yeah. I kind of love the idea of them going back in time. <laughs> in a going? show with flashbacks. Yeah. Something. Well, All right. You can't, you can't interact with your former self, Marty. <laughs> uh, what do we cool think shot. of this one? Yeah. Or this I like one. that. Uh, I don't like that one. Okay. I mean, this is like, all right, we got a quickening, right? He's like, Whoa! Yeah. The old push zoom. His hair's flowing. All right, here we go. We'll keep watching. Face alone. He surrounded himself by a Who are these cats? And yeah, the, right, the, right. the, the voiceover says he's surrounded okay. himself with immortals, right? So is this person holding a guitar? Uh, I believe that's a bat, but it does look like a guitar from this far away. And is he okay. just wearing a series of live weasels? <laughs> <laughs> like, and we got a lot of smoke. A lot yeah. of smoke, fire. Look at this posse. This is like a whole deal. Like the guy on the right looks like he's like from also from Stargate with his yep. weird neck gear. And then yeah. I don't know who the other two are supposed to be just from this, but right. A matador and um <laughs> I don't know the guy. The guy in the in the black, he's got a funny little posture going on. He right does. Now. He looks like he's strutting or something. He's like, mm. Yeah. All right. Here we go. Oh wait, who's this? A woman that's not Amanda. Yeah. Who who do we think this is gonna be? Um, new character. Some love interest or maybe. All right. 
or something or something or something motorcycle man sword uh -oh. whoa all right so we got mythos in the trailer that's pretty exciting and his uh his collar is fully buttoned and it's like Ooh. 2001 so interesting uh here i'll I go like back look <laughs> i i hate it when people wear that button the, the top the button button on a tie. <laughs> god i hate it so much i'm gonna do it around you all the time there we go. Rules loyal only to him. There has never been a more powerful immortal. There has never been. Uh -oh. All right. All right. So I like the sword catch technique. So we know that he surrounded himself with immortals and Mythos says there's never been a more powerful immortal. Okay. And sure. this is Mythos saying that. That's right. One of the this most character we've never heard of before rules. is this guy who yeah. also like, check out what he's wearing. Uh, You know, he's got this sort of like it almost looks like a Nehru jacket, like a yeah James Bond thing. Interesting. All right, so a sword flies at him, and what boing. how did fly out at at him with blue magic to the first place? I get that this guy's magic. Who magicked it at him? Oh, yeah. interesting good question. That's a good point. Yeah, it's being magicked at him. Right. Wow. Also, he's just in like an abandoned factory. Yeah. And also, it should be pointed out that, like, oh, shit, somebody's going to fight with the McLeod sword, right? That's cool. I mean, that I guess that cool. would be cool. It's also, like, in perfect condition. It's all shiny. I like it. it. With his antique skills. That's yeah. right. All right, here we go. What? Uh, what? Fear Whoa. the worst. So maybe, so we don't know. Is she good or bad? And she does... A karate move. A karate that move. That is a bad karate move. <laughs> karate midriff kick. Kick. Hiya. Satin shirt or whatever that is. Good. Yeah. Unbelievable. All right, here we go. What is always. Oh, guns. Monk, Monk with shotgun. Neither one of us can beat him alone. Neither one of us. A battle two must face you and two. Whoa. Oh, all right. So we like the flashback. I think. Right. We get to see them being pals. Yeah, and we get to see who's the guy doing like a, a a kung fu flying kick while wearing a helmet. Yeah, that was different. Dirty floor. Yeah, we get these guys Ooh. right. So what is this? This almost feels like they're picking up on like the four horsemen vibe, right? Yeah, like the way these these people are all like suited up warriors or something. Lambert has. has there we go. There <laughs> what is this? Oh boy, I don't know about that. Like that looks like something that would be in a Three Ninjas movie. Yeah, it does. Interesting. And there's yep. an explosion behind it. <laughs> yeah, right. Why is there an explosion? That Great doesn't make question. any sense. All right, I'm gonna hit play. One. Neither one of us can beat him alone. Has now become a battle two must face. You and Connor are like brothers. Together. Oh, that's yeah. cool. Uh, oh boy, here we go. Okay, one. I think the the kicking up the sword thing is fucking cool, right? Between yeah. them, like somebody's got to grab it. Like that's like cool tension, right? Yeah. Uh, also, again, if this trailer was about them like fighting each other, perhaps this would be very you know uh, effective. Uh, mm -hmm. But let's talk about this music cue coming up. Together. Yeah. Yeah. Uh. yeah. Is All this right. from The Matrix? Yeah. Oh, this music for sure is influenced by The Matrix. Uh, all right. So we finally and, get to and see. Yell by the offspring, apparently. Yeah. yeah. So we finally get to see this character. We get Donnie Yen. Donnie Yen, a martial arts superstar. superstar. It man himself, Donnie Yen. How big was he at this point? 
I think he's in America. I don't know how big he is, but I think in China he's big. He's already he's already the the yen of of Ip Man fame. Yeah, like I think this movie is probably trying to capitalize on like his international fame and like like mm-hmm. I think he had made it enough that like people wanted him in this movie. Like he he's a get right. Sure. I, don't know. I think he's in Blade Two around this time. Oh, interesting. Also, but also in a minor role that doesn't really utilize his talents mm. to their full extent. Has anyone noticed how much like Chinese writing is like everywhere in this movie? Not to mention like the suits of armor. Mm-hmm. That's like interesting. I think. Yeah. I don't know. That's, like, that's like a weird future thing. I feel like Blade Runner started that. Yeah. Like, in the future, like. Right, everything is Chinese. I don't even want to say anything. <laughs> oh boy, here we go. All right. Well, like that's also Firefly, right? Sure. Basically, the two cultures that make it out into space are the American West and China. That's right. All right, here we go. China. Adrian Paul. Uh oh. Cross. Lingerie. Uh oh. What? 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 <laughs> <laughs> Wait, that's supposed to be Connor, right? Yeah. Yep. Wrapped in an orb. <laughs> what is that? Right. Oh All right. God. That's, that's amazing. So, what do we think in in the if you saw this trailer for the first time? What would you think might explain this? What's going on here? He gets uh, blown away. Kabloom. Uh, Connor's Superman's soul. Dad trapped Connor in the, <laughs> yeah. in the Phantom Zone. I don't <laughs> right. know. Krypton. Connor McLeod is a danger to the planet Krypton. <laughs> yeah, so Connor could be trapped, right? That could be uh, one version of this. I guess also maybe like... he's like able to steal people's quickenings. Oh, okay. And put them in an orb for some reason. That's or right. Crying on him, like it's some kind of magic globe that he's peeping through. Yeah, like a crystal ball. Like so, maybe yeah. something terrible is happening to Connor, and he's watching it. Right? Okay. Mm-hmm. So more magic stuff. Oh, is it, did anyone, did anyone hear the lyrics to this this song, by the way? Mm-mm. It's just, I can never die, I can never die, over and over again. Uh, cool. And I'm very curious, is this, if we hear this song in the movie, if it's like part of the soundtrack, or if this was written just for the trailer, like it's just fucking heavy metal and I can never die, and that's I tried. It. I tried to find this song on Google and I couldn't. <laughs> oh, interesting. I should be. <laughs> Here we go. Go back for a second. Hey, what was he just kicking? I uh, want to know the answer to that too. Also, I want to see the weird dance that woman all right, was doing. Blah, blah, blah. All right, we got that. We got Richie. Boom. We got guy. Is that guy somebody? Is he some know. like an actor? Yeah. Uh, probably. He's got like, like metal. Like Buster does he have like metal? Metal like, arm blade hands. Like that's things. cool, but we don't really get to see it. This dance, and she's this doing thing. a weird dance. Whoa, whoa, all right. Connor's fighting, but like fighting. Look, look, there's like they're on holy ground. Are they fighting on holy ground right now? I don't know. It looks just like. outside. Uh, I don't know. Is there a, a tiny oh, wall like, there? There's a little wall. There's a little wall. <laughs> all right, they're holy ground adjacent. Also, those uh tombstones look like they're made of uh plywood, plywood or something, right? No, yeah, plywood, okay. Yeah. <laughs> What All right, let's your tombstone. Oh, what is he cooking? Is that a head? He that's cooking? a head. I think what that's is he the helmet. Or a helmet. It's a helmet. A it looks like a chicken. <laughs> right. 
All right. And this is like a very punchy trailer. I mean, like we get a kick to uh, someone flying out a window. Like, you know, I, I get all this, right? Yeah, it's One cool. Uh-oh. Whoa. Whoa. All right, we got to go back. And there's all sorts of stuff to look at here. So Connor says, one of us has to die now. Uh, and you have to what? Choose? One of us has I to choose, die choose. now. And you know it. And oh, you and you know it. it. Okay. Uh, that's rough. I don't, do you think that is a, a, a big, uh, a bold move for this trailer to include that line? It's, it, it sets it up, man. It's like, I have to see, I have to see what's happening. Mm, I yeah. guess so. Who's going to die? Um, I do want to talk about the special effects shot right there. Ooh. Uh, looks very bad. It, <laughs> that looks like it could have been provided through Zoom. Uh, yeah. doesn't it look like his head has been put on a bot, like, like cut out? Like, yeah. this is, it doesn't like look real to me. It looks like it's floating. Yeah, right? And then we get some, like, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> well, it's definitely like he's in front of a green screen. Oh, yeah. Like, because everything is on fire. Like, everything. Mm -hmm. All right, here we go. Highlander Endgame. There we go. Highlander. Produced by Harvey Weinstein. Harvey oh. Weinstein's Highlander Endgame. Ew, really? Uh -oh. Yes. <laughs> so... Uh, do we want to look? Do you want to go back through any of this, uh, or do you just want to talk about it? Do you want to? You just want to? Because we interrupted it. Just play it straight. Yeah, let's we'll play it straight through. Yeah, uh, here we go. Straight. All right, here we go, everybody. We'll keep our mouths shut for the yep. most part. For centuries, immortals have moved silently among us, knowing that in the end there could be only one. But now, in this world, in this time, I don't care about the game. I don't care about the rules. A supernatural enemy has grown too strong for any immortal to face alone. He surrounded himself by immortals loyal only to him. There has never been a more powerful immortal. They're the worst. What has always been a fight for one, neither one of us can beat him alone, has now become a battle two must face. You and Connor are like brothers. Together. <laughs> One of us has to die now, and you know it. Highlander Endgame. All right, there it is, Highlander Endgame. See, it's a pretty, it's, a, it's stunning to me how many shots of it are just someone swinging a sword or something at the camera. Yes, directly at you, like right. it's the final shot of like the opening credits. Of yeah, totally. Show. It happened like ten times. That's an exciting trailer, though. If I saw that as a as a younger person at the time, with no prior knowledge, I'd be like, yeah, yeah. How about you, Kyle? Would you be to excited see to see that movie? Like, are you yeah. like, oh, cool? No. Uh, Interesting. Okay. Because of all the more, I'm assuming I've seen Highlander three. Ah. <laughs> uh, and like, I'm that's current, good. and I see like this thing I didn't like with Mario Van Peebles, and I see them doing it even more with even more outlandish right effects, and I'm probably like, what? Why? Right. <laughs> like. The jumping through the portal and all the magic catching of the sword, I think I'm immediately right. saying, like, what are you doing? Yeah, like, why this direction? 
Why more especially, of this? Yeah. yeah, especially because if the concept of it is a team up thing, like the threat is that he's got like four or five goons with him at all time. Like right. there's a not like he can both be very strong and have these goons without magic. Like, yeah, and that feels like a threat that's big enough for for two people. Sure. Or maybe even three if you add Mythos to it. I don't know. But like, <laughs> you know, it seems plenty threatening. Interesting. Are you excited to see Mythos in this? What role do you think Mythos is going to have? A big role? Hopefully. Yeah, hopefully. <laughs> the trailer doesn't make you think he, he's going to, though. No. It certainly makes me think that he's going to be the, the key to unlocking it. In some okay. He's the one who knows. He did provide the information. He is the strongest immortal out there, right? Right. So okay. that's what I assume his role is going to be. And of course, it would be like the classic, like, leave it alone. I'm going to disappear. <laughs> so things to look out for in the movie based on this trailer are we got portals. We have magic orbs, right? Yeah. Whatever that is. Some sort of like force field thing. Yeah. Uh, like he can move things with his mind. Right. Really. And then we get like doppelgangers. Uh, I've seen doubles before. Yeah. Some yeah. sort of split villain. They've hmm. seen in games before. That's right. <laughs> yeah, was there anything else supernatural we missed? I think that's everything. I also think that's yeah, everything. Yeah. And then we, we have a mysterious woman. We don't know what her deal is going to be. We know she's sexy from the trailer, right? It's like <laughs> yes, kissing. we know she's uh, sexy. But we don't, yeah, I don't know. I mean, he the trailer has, tell, like, yeah. does that, right? Uh, but we don't know who we she like, is. Yeah. Mad Max style goons. Yep. Yes, it has a very, Mad Max is a good pull on that. Like the motorcycle stuff with them and just their overall look is kind of Mad Maxy. We get lots of like Kung Fu. That's something that doesn't feel like, you know, uh, other Highlander-y things, like all this karate, uh, but it's that like very, feels, the series. Yeah, that definitely feels the show. Right. Because like, you know, right from from the beginning, like random goons are doing karate in the mm -hmm. show. Interesting. So, but we so as as of now, all we know about the movie is there is the strongest immortal ever, and there needs to be some sort of team up to beat him. I don't think we get too much more info, right? Right. And that and that he has a he has a crew. He rolls with the crew, and I think that's and that one of them has to die. One of them has to die, and he doesn't care about the rules. I think that's magic and guns. Involved. Yeah, but we don't get too much of the plot other than that. Like it's just like okay, someone's really bad, and we gotta stop him. Mm -hmm. Right. Like we don't see him like kidnap somebody. We don't see someone in danger. We're not revealed to some sort of like ultimate goal. Like you know, someone being like, oh, they're picking off like the the weakest immortals one by one, and they've got like a system, like something like that, right? Like some mo. We don't know like the mo of this guy. Uh, Other than that, he ostensibly blows up the antique shop. Maybe. Maybe yeah. right. Yeah. Be a little eagle-eyed to see that that's what's happening. Yeah, that's a that's a tricky that's a a quick shot in there. Uh, I like that we see a flashback, right? Yeah. That's of that's course an important weakness of some of the other movies. <laughs> that's right. Flashbacks. Excellent. Uh, cool. So I'm really excited to see how this all uh, pans out. Uh, we're obviously not going to give away too much information. Well, I mean, most of you have seen this movie. Uh, yeah, you so, movie, I mean, but... you know, the stuff in this trailer is not going to be uh, really in the film. Uh, so we'll, we'll discuss on later episodes why that is and how this all happened. And uh, 
just our general impressions of what the fuck is going on. Uh, so it'll be really fun. Uh, so join us next week as we start our uh, our, our deep dive in the Highlander Endgame. Uh, this has been fun. Anything else you guys want to say before we sign off? Ooh. I'm, ex- I'm just I'm just excited. I'm excited for this, just- and I like I like the game of suspending our disbelief and just watching the trailer, and then just keeping with what has been our shtick through the series too of approaching this as though we're fresh to it. Like, totally. This has been a worthwhile exercise yeah. to, to keep that going. Totally. Oh, and I should also say, if anyone out there has any comments on this trailer uh, and what you know about it or Endgame in general, questions you have for us, if there's topics you want us to cover, uh, write us at HighlanderRewatched at gmail.com and send those comments our way. And uh, we'll read some of that stuff on the air, depending on what it is. It also might be like read after our uh, end game coverage. Uh, but certainly we're gonna take all that stuff to heart and maybe uh, you guys can point out some cool stuff we should look for, some trivia uh, or good questions you think we should be answering on the podcast. So Highlander Rewatch at gmail.com. Send us those emails. Cool, I cool, cool. It. It's kind of, it's kind of. I get the warm and fuzzies just seeing our, our two heroes together even though i've seen this movie and i won't say more than that but, uh, <laughs> i think we get it no yeah, you're right it is cool to see them back together right yeah sure. it yeah. is it's very cool yeah interesting huh Let's what do you think on. like you know what would have been fun to watch like a trailer an original trailer for highlander the first one uh while we were doing this but oh well like it's just cra- you you know we talked about the matrix music and like mm-hmm. all the kung fu like this is of a time uh, as well. Like, what is very hot? much so. Uh, you know, like even just the way trailers are put together, like with this like late '90s, early 2000s, like techno rock thing. Uh, In a world, <laughs> right? Like this isn't this isn't moody the way Highlander, uh, the original Highlander is. Although I can't remember how like punchy the trailer is. Like, the atmosphere mm. of this is very like adrenaline uh, heavy, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, so interesting. All right. Cool. Well, thanks again, everybody, for joining us uh, on this special episode. And we'll be back next week with our very first, uh, or I guess second episode of our Highlander Endgame coverage. Uh, We've been your rewatchers. I'm Keith. This is Kyle. This is Eamon. Bye. Bye. Welcome to the Highlander Rewatch Podcast, the podcast where each and every week we talk about another facet of the Highlander universe. I'm one of your rewatchers. I'm Keith. This is Kyle.
This is Eamon reporting from Cancun. Looking good, Eamon. You look relaxed. I'm so relaxed. I forgot we were doing this, but I had the Cabana Boy bring over a uh, computer. <laughs> okay, good. A computer also, and a microphone set up. Yeah. <laughs> and also, I'm invisible now. So. Okay, well, that's cool. It helps. Yeah. How's the weather down there? It looks, it looks beautiful. It's absolutely gorgeous. And it looks like you're very high up. I'm very high up. I'm in a, a tree house erected in a large palm tree. Nice. Wow, that's it must be some sturdy palm tree. It is. It's very sturdy. I got some coconuts here. I got a, uh, you know, me and Heidi are just hanging out since she doesn't have much to do now. Okay. Uh, so it's it's fun. Great. Yeah. I love you have Wi-Fi, life of luxury. It's so good. Yeah. So good. It's amazing. <laughs> very good. Well, welcome to episode two of our Highlander uh, Endgame coverage. It's been ex yeah. an exciting journey to get here, having now watched uh, three Highlander films, six seasons of the show, and now here we are at the the like the film treatment of one of the show characters. Wow, exciting stuff! Yeah. Highlander Four Endgame. Highlander Four and very <laughs> exciting. Yes. Yeah. Uh, so before we jump into this, uh, on our last episode, we talked a lot about the uh, the trailer for this film, uh, and a couple people wrote us in. So I thought I would read uh, some very quick emails uh, before we kind of jump into the meat of Highlander Endgame. Uh, uh, this... And believe you me, there is a lot of meat here. Oh yeah, this <laughs> is uh, going to be exciting to talk about. Are you guys excited? Before we jump into anything, are you guys excited to do these podcasts? Oh yeah. I'm excited to uh, rip into this like a rotisserie chicken. Oh, wow. No, just with your hands, no forks or anything. Yeah. Huh. I, I'm a little, I'm a little afraid. This, I feel like in some ways, this is more treacherous than like Highlander 2. Ooh. In Interesting. Yeah. In certain ways, in the ways certain decisions were made and, you know, I guess just Highlander 2 is such a, an unmitigated, like, train wreck in some ways. I feel like it's different talking about than this yes. in some way, whereas this is just, like, more generically problematic. Right. If that's a train wreck, this is certainly a, a tractor trailer wreck, right? Or some sort of car wreck. There's, mm -hmm. It's still a wreck. I mean, there's bodies. <laughs> there's bodies, sure. yes. Right. Sure. But anyway, I'm... Uh, I have a feeling that we're each going to have picked up something a little different, and I'm excited to hear what nonsense uh, <laughs> your radars that I may have missed. Right. Okay, so as far as the trailer goes, this email comes from Jack F. Uh, a bunch of people wrote us in uh, to tell us about the trailer music. Uh, so... Uh, he says, in case no one uh, else sent this to, just wanted to share the song from the Endgame trailer. Uh, you hear the phrase, I can never die. Uh, maybe they only paid so much for this song. And the song is Dragula by Robert Zombie. I can't believe <laughs> I didn't. Zombie. All right. I didn't know that. Uh, I don't know what. And you know what's crazy? I watched the This is nuts. I watched the music video to this song mm -hmm. like this year. And I don't remember... Actually, I do remember how I ended up down this rabbit hole. I uh, to give a, a quick plug for another podcast, the Rock Solid Podcast with mm, uh, Pat, Pat Francis. Francis. Uh, Go and listen to our episode with Pat Francis talking that's right. about Queen. Queen, uh, and you can listen to uh, an episode I guessed it on with uh, our good friend uh, David G. Uh, when we talked about Cowbell, and Rob Zombie has a cover of uh, American Band. 
uh, which features cowbell prominently. And I was just like, like is it in the song We're an American Band? Yeah. Was that Blood, Sweat, and Tears? Or no, uh, is it Grand Funk Railroad? Yeah, it is. I, yeah. yeah anyway he has a cover of that song and then i ended up down a rob zombie rabbit hole uh and uh was listening to this so anyway the the song i can never die or that line is from dragula by rob zombie it's a crazy music video it's actually pretty cool i recommend yeah. it <laughs> and that was a big staple of like the anime music video scene back in the day oh interesting and that song's also in the matrix i believe mm -hmm. so interesting so. there uh huh how about that? Uh, we got another email from Ryan L. Uh, he mentions that the song is Rob Zombie's Dragula. Uh, and he says, complete side note, Endgame was the first Highlander movie I ever saw at the ripe, impressionable age of 13. Uh-oh. Wow. I saw it in the theater with a friend who didn't know much more than I did about Highlander at the time. Funny enough, the marquee had it listed as Highlander 2. Lol. Uh, <laughs> I, I can remember comments made at the time that this was supposed to be the true sequel to Highlander. Uh, I guess the movie did its job and created a new fan out of me because I immediately, because uh, immediately afterwards, I went out and purchased the original Highlander on DVD. These days, I really struggle to find enjoyment in the film. The parts <laughs> I like at the time have aged poorly, and the parts that bothered me just got worse and worse. At the time, though, this movie uh, was the shit uh, to me, at least. Anyway, that's very funny. Yeah. Damn. Damn. Uh, and our final uh, little bit of reader mail comes from Andy C. Uh, he says, hi, rewatchers. So excited and wistful that we're all the way to Endgame already. I have a particular nostalgia for this film because I was nine or 10 when it came out, which was probably near the apex of my Highlander fandom. This movie is saucy for a 10-year-old, right? Yep. Yeah, there's Yikes. a lot of buns. <laughs> yeah, a lot of buns, a lot of just nips. blood and, oh yeah, blood and nips. You were a whore. <laughs> oh boy. Yikes. Um, I don't doubt you will cover the conflict between Davis Panzer and Dimension Films over the move, uh, the way the movie was cut, which I think uh, made what was probably already a B movie even worse. But I would love to hear you spend some time comparing these three versions of the film that were released in any capacity, the theatrical cut, the producer's cut, and the DVD release. Uh, and the alternate uh, rough cut included in the special features on the DVD. It's an interesting alternate look at what this movie could have been. And I remember as a kid, I always thought it was a better story. We'll see if that holds up to scrutiny. Well, you're in luck, Andy. We are going to be covering all the versions of this movie uh, as best we can, which will be fun. Which, it, I, I'm not going to lie. I, I started to get confused at a certain point in trying to keep these threads separate. Uh, yeah, I was actually rewatching the movie this morning and I was like, oh, I think this scene's different than the other one. And I had like my laptop out comparing it to like the version that's on HBO currently. And I was like, hold on. And like, I was misremembering things. It all starts to blur together. It really does. And like, just you start to just like alter your own memories to accommodate what you're seeing right now. Yeah. Like, oh, well, I guess I saw that before. And it's like, no, you didn't. No. <laughs> like we're in the sanctuary it's a lot <laughs> like that Ooh. uh andy closes by saying i wish endgame could have learned the lesson of the tv show and just treated the story of escalating immortal conflict as an ongoing backdrop to the specific events of the film i think the movie is a decent attempt to put a bow on connor's story and let duncan be the vocal focal point of the franchise going forward but the repeated <laughs> sense of the game is actually uh ending this time for realsies, we promise, that's funny, uh, is a very tired premise used to heighten stakes that could already be heightened by devoting more energy to the, energy to the story being told in the movie. Mm. Hard to argue with that point. 
Yeah. One final question. He says, uh, up for debate is Bruce Payne actually good in this movie. We will talk about that at the end. What do we think of the performances? Uh, That is a, that's a tough question. That (laughs) I'm so happy that somebody else asked it before I did. Oh, good. Very good. Yeah. Not, not to spoil things, but that's, that's a tough question for me. Right. Yeah. Okay, now I know how much everyone loves to keep hearing me read, but I have one more thing I got to read uh, before we hop into another segment where I read stuff. Um, so <laughs> so since we were just talking about the trailer, uh, I wanted to read this excerpt. Uh, this is from September 24th, uh, 2000. Uh, so just a few weeks after this movie was, was review, uh, released. Uh, and this comes from Roger Ebert's The Movie Answer Man column. Uh, so this was different than his, you know, movie review column. He would just have this column where people could write in and ask him questions about movies and he could, you know, give a take on it. Right. Mm, And so this person writes in again, this is just weeks after the film came out question in the trailer for a Highlander Endgame, The villain is cut into is called a sorcerer suspends a sword in midair and views uh, people on a magic floating crystal ball. The heroes are seen jumping through a poltergeist style swirling vortex. None of these scenes are in the movie. The villain isn't a sorcerer, just a guy good at cutting off heads and hissing like the Emperor in Star Wars. <laughs> I've since found out uh, from the Highlander Internet News Group oh that my the God. scenes I mentioned were shot just for the Highlander Endgame trailer and were never going to be in the movie. Not even scenes that were later cut, but scenes that were just never going to be used. How different can a trailer be from the film before it is just lying and that question comes from enb in vancouver oh vancouver that's right home of highlander the series that's right (laughs) so uh mr roger ebert writes back and answers him thusly this trailer seems different enough i haven't seen highlander endgame since i was in thailand when it opened and would have been prepared to go even farther to avoid it (laughs) if necessary (laughs) i note on rotten the rotten tomatoes website that it scored 11 out of 100 on the tomato meter with three positive reviews and 27 negative. Quite possibly anyone who has seen Highlander Endgame is grateful that the trailer doesn't remind them of the movie. Jesus Christ. That's quite good. Isn't that good? Isn't that good? Excuse the, 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 the pun, but Roger Ebert really came for the throat of Highlander Endgame. Oh boy, did he ever. Did he ever. Yikes. Yikes. Uh, so if if Roger Ebert saw that movie in Thailand, he would have seen Thailander Endgame. (laughs) That that was better than I think. I don't know what to say about that. That was good. That is that is good. Thailander. Yeah. I mean, there's your reboot right there. Let's just switch it up. He's not from Scotland anymore. He's from Thailand, and it's just called Thailander. Yeah. Greg Skaleski or whatever your name is. <laughs> I mean, we can all agree that someone named that like the Bobo Chad Stalheski does make Thailander. Yeah. Yeah, that <laughs> right. would that would be Greg Skaleski. Yeah. Greg Skaleski. Chad. It's Chad. I like have those movies. I don't know what's wrong with me. It's okay. It's okay. Well, there's so much to cover before we, you know, actually talk about like a single frame of celluloid. Uh, but we should talk about the poster to this movie. And I'm going to bring something to your attention that you guys maybe hadn't seen before. Uh, but first, we should let's just talk about uh, this poster. Here it is. Boom. 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 There it is. 
What do you guys think of the poster to this movie? As far as I know, there's really like only one poster. It's this or they're facing us, right? With their swords above their head. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I don't know. Was that on the poster or just the DVD? Good question. Yeah, I'm not sure. About I, I associate that. that with the DVD cover, but I've I never do. seen that poster. Yeah, I'm not sure. So, so uh, <laughs> I hate this poster. Why? Why is that? Um, for one thing, I think the sword like looks fake. Which sword? The the Highlander, like the, the big, the, the the big, big middle, one here, the big middle one. Wow! All right. I don't. I don't think that's a good visual for a poster. Just a like the hilt look. Doesn't the hilt look small to you, or the handle? Maybe a little bit. It almost looks like the hilt, like that this thing was like cobbled together with a couple different like pieces of Photoshop. Like yeah. I think the ball on the top looks like it was put on there. Yeah. Like it's not one single photo of the sword. Is there anything else on this poster that maybe looks like it was just kind of slapped on? <laughs> uh, Is there another like, thing you might want to add? The two, the two lead actors of the movie. Oh, like, okay. It looks yeah. like they have different different coats, different heads, different hands. Right. All photoshopped. All photoshopped, yeah. right? It's nuts. What city the is that behind them? Is the one that really like leaps out to me. Oh yeah, yeah the hand. It's rough. How they're not actually holding the swords. Yeah. Here, let me zoom in so everybody can see it. Can people see this better? All, all the home listeners. Oh, also, we should mention that, of course, if you are listening to this podcast, uh, there's also a video version uh, yes. that is on our Facebook page. And they're, we're going to be playing lots of clips this episode mm -hmm. and showing pictures and all that sort of stuff. Uh, so it's fine if you want to listen uh, you know, on your yeah. podcast app. But also, make sure to check out the video because there's a lot of extra stuff. Is mm -hmm. Connor missing a finger? I mean... Oh. Let's go back. I'll be dead serious. Yes. I mean, that's his one. thumb. Then one, two. Uh, it might it might be behind. Behind how? His thumb. But what? Isn't like, it, it, isn't it? I wish I, I can't. Like under his yeah. thumb, isn't that a little pointing out of a finger? No, that doesn't make sense. No. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. He's just he has he's, too few fingers. Like they photoshopped, it was like they photoshopped in a hand incorrectly. Yeah, they did. This he's like a, a cart in cartoons. They have three fingers. Oh, he's a cartoon. Involved. He's a cartoon character. Cartoons. He's a Simpson. <laughs> wow. Yeah. And so, and then there's whatever this city is, and it's like yeah. it looks like it's on fire. Right. Like this looks like it's an apocalyptic movie. Right. Hey guys, uh, what what city are the Highlander movies famously taking place in? New York City. New York City. Does that look like New York City? No. <laughs> that town. That toddling town. Yeah. <laughs> New York, New York. New wow. York, you, you mess with one of us. You mess with all of us, Green Goblin. That's right. Oh, man. I just watched, I watched that movie the other week. Uh, that scene made me laugh out loud. It's you leave Spider-Man alone post 9-11. Yep. That's right. <laughs> I'm not going to let, I'm not going to joke though. Uh, I watched it and I laughed and I also clapped and I said, yeah, you tell them. I like, I was also into it. So <laughs> I was like, they get Spider-Man. had to. Mm -hmm. We into it statistically. All right. Well, we got to rip this bandaid off. So this is the end. Wait, wait. Their heads, okay, are, okay. Are, their heads aren't on there for real, too, right? No, that's yeah. all messed like, up. You could like Duncan's head in particular. It almost looks like you can see individual pixels. Like, yeah. yeah. Also, it's like weird. Like the shadow on Duncan's head. Like his eyes and nose are in shadow, but Connor's aren't, and his like back is in shadow. Like I, I don't know where the light is. So, whatever. And like that is a great question. The, the <laughs> is confusing. Adrian Paul is billed 
above Christopher Lambert on this poster, and you can't see his face. <laughs> Correct. That's like what? What is his agent doing? And oh, right. Of, what kind of kung fu did he pull to like get his name built above fucking? I mean, you know, Lambert, I bet that was a requirement. God bless him. Like, you know, he's still a bigger star than Adrian Paul. Yeah. Yeah. At this point, especially like, no, for like Highlander fans, I think like yeah. the film still outperformed the show as much as we all love the show. But I feel like normal people, it's dwindling a little bit, but still probably know who Christopher Lambert is. Mm -hmm. well, I mean, if you've seen Highlander or Mortal Kombat, like, I guess Greystoke is still out there, but I don't know how many people would have seen right. it. Right. Yeah. Well, around this time, definitely. I yeah. Think. Like, th nobody knows who Adrian Paul is, like, when I bring him up, except for nerds. Who's not <laughs> Yeah, right. Yeah. At least no with Lambert, there's a chance you know him if you don't know Highlander. Yeah. I don't think that's true for AP. Right. Very good. All right, ready? All right, so we're going to rip the Band-Aid off because this isn't all I wanted to show you about uh, this Highlander Endgame poster. Get ready for this shit. Uh-oh. Boom. This is Illuminati confirms. <laughs> so uh, while doing some Highlander research, I stumbled across an insane, like this is like a hit. It's like a hidden messages like forum for like weird coding by Hollywood and movies. And I was like, what the what? what? The fuck? <laughs> what the fuck? And so this person has broken down how the Eye of Horus is like coded into the Highlander Endgame poster. So there, that's that's whatever this is. Right, and it goes it goes deeper. And then there's this, like, oh. <laughs> oh, what is I'm, this? I'm, I'm, I'm convinced now. So, do you guys want to change your opinion of the movie at all? Well, yeah. now that I know that this is all an allegory for child abuse or whatever the hell this right. person thinks, I'm of course on board. Is now I'm going to do my secret hand symbol <laughs> to communicate to. <laughs> What the fuck? How Who about did that? This? <laughs> also, I like that they have the thing on our money on there at the bottom. Right. Because we're we're an American podcast, so in our country, <laughs> our oh, money boy. has this. I don't know. I don't. It's know. ridiculous. Anyway, so somebody thinks there's weird Illuminati coding in the Highlander Endgame poster, which of what course is this movie. What are these symbols supposed stupid. to indicate? This. What is the Eye of Horus? But like, what? What are like? What is this this specific diagram? What are these like? Yeah, the one you're showing, I don't know. I, I, I mean, I think it's just supposed wall. to show different pyramids, right? And then like the eyes are, I, I, I don't even know. Like the eye is at the center of this triangle, maybe? I, yeah. I don't really understand. It's, it's stupid. That's why it's hard to understand because it's like made up it's, symbolism. It's also amazing. What is this website? I need to look at this later. Uh, I'll have to find it again. It's called like subliminal like messages, sub subliminal subliminal Hollywood or something crazy. Oh, this is uh, Marjorie <laughs> Taylor Greene's website. Okay, yeah, <laughs> yes, I've, I've been here. All right, well, I'm going to get rid of this familiar. nonsense off the screen there. Uh, so there we go. How about that? I love somewhere. it. What was that, Kyle? I'm sure you just put us on a list somewhere, Keith. Yeah, that's yeah. true. A list of like cool insider guys. Yeah, that's right. right. <laughs> that's... That, that get Hollywood, man. I get what yeah, they're man. doing. I, well, I mean, uh, considering one of the producers on this movie. Hey, I was going to talk about that later. <laughs> we will be talking about it uh, probably about right now. So 
Let's uh, before we hop into the actual footage of this movie, uh, let's talk dates and deets as we always do. Uh, so this is today we're covering Highlander four as it's sometimes known. Uh, sometimes it's also well, it's Highlander Endgame. Uh, the working title was Highlander World Without End, which we talked about. Uh, oh, and I think so, did somebody write us on our Facebook page? I think it wasn't an email that mentioned that World Without End is something that's like from uh, it's like a Catholic saying, I believe. Uh, yeah, I think I saw something about that which i do think is interesting and uh considering some of the content of the movie i think that name makes a lot of sense and might be kind of cool uh but we'll talk Better. about that more when we get into the symbolism in this movie um oh let's oh yeah this uh, film was also known as highlander the search for connor that's maybe not a bad title and highlander a new order uh i've Ooh. seen that title and also highlander the immortals uh hmm. so okay uh, this was first released on September 1st uh, in 2000. So like Labor Day weekend, right? It's a wow. big, a big it's release. A big movie, a big movie uh, week, right? Time to celebrate Labor Day weekend by seeing Highlander and Game. <laughs> That's right. Uh, this movie was directed by Doug Aronakoski. Uh, and so he started as a second unit director uh, on things like Pee Wee's Playhouse, which I love. Uh, he's done some work with Robert Rodriguez uh, from Dust Till Dawn. He did The Crow City of Angels, uh, Austin Powers, International Man of Mystery, Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas, uh, Spy Kids, another Rodriguez movie, uh, The Faculty. Uh, did Robert Rodriguez, was he involved in that at all? Yes, the, maybe. The Faculty? Yeah. I'm not sure. I think he was. John Stewart's in that movie, right? <laughs> uh, the Daily Show's own John Daily Stewart. John, uh, Once Upon a Time in Mexico, uh, another Robert Rodriguez movie. That movie's great, I think, by the way. Uh, oh, Robert Rodriguez directed The Faculty. Yeah, okay. Uh, and so Endgame was his first feature after doing like second unit stuff. Um, this guy's I, involved in like a lot of very good things. Yes, uh, especially like more recently, like as opposed to doing features, he's been doing a lot of TV work. Uh, so he did like eight episodes of Criminal Minds. Uh, some episodes of Sleepy Hollow, Arrow, uh, the short-lived show Limitless, which I've heard very good things about, uh, and some episodes of Blue Bloods. Um, and most recently, uh, and notably, did episodes of Picard and four episodes of Star Trek Discovery. How about that? What's this guy's working? Yeah, right? Make it so. <laughs> Make it so. Uh, but one very fun thing uh, that I'd like to show you that he did, uh, <laughs> that he did after Highlander and Game. This is from 2005. Mm -hmm. uh, the director, Doug, also directed something called um, Safe Side, Stranger Danger, uh, starring John Walsh from America's Most Wanted. Okay. And wow. he may have directed another one of these as well. Uh, but I just want to play a little clip uh, just so we can understand like kind of his shooting style, narrative structures, all that stuff. Here we go. Wait a minute, don't go in there. It may not be safe. Better call for... Ew. Better call Safe Side Super Chick. And she's come to Earth to keep oh us God. all smart, <laughs> cool, safe. Faster than your mother's toaster. More powerful than a runaway hamster. Cheese. Safe side, super chick. Okay, okay, we got pause right there. What on earth is this? 
this is a, this is his this must have been his passion project after Highlander Endgame. I don't know. Uh, no, I'm sure he just got called and this was a, a very quick shoot uh, for an educational film. We can bounce around. Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> hey man, that's your dog, right? Yeah, yeah for the people who can't see this, uh, this is a chihuahua in a witch's outfit pooping on a woman's head, maybe. Who has Plus ice cream? Ice cream mm -hmm. cone. I'll hit yeah. play. We'll see what happens. Why is the broom? <laughs> we'll skip ahead again. What the? F oh, look at all those Cheetos. I love it. Cheetos. Ooh, Pong. Okay, yeah. so that's this is Stranger Danger. <laughs> what? what the COVID 19? All right, so maybe we'll post this or do a Patreon thing with this. Uh, but yeah, so Doug, uh, the Doug, the director, also did the Stranger Danger video, which I love. It's this is something we it I, is. I do need to watch all of this now. <laughs> All right, so let's talk about uh, the writers. This was written by Gillian Horvath, Eric Burnt, and Bill Panzer. They're all given like story by credits, um, but that's right. Eric Burnt wrote the movie Virtuosity. Yes, interesting. Yes, uh, Romeo Must Die. Yes, uh, and Surviving the Game with Ice T and Rutger Hauer, F. Murray yeah. Abram, and Gary Busey. Uh, what a games! Oh, and John yeah. C. McGinley's also in that movie. So weird connection Ooh. to Highlander too, right? Highlander yeah. Two, Luminary, and John C. McGinley. That's right, and that's just like a remake yeah. of like the most dangerous yeah. game, uh, but with Ice T. But with Ice T, sure. I mean, could it really be qualifies the most dangerous if it didn't have Ice T? No, that's true. Uh, and the screenplay. Ice loves cocoa. Yep, it's true. It does. What a beverage! Mm. Iced tea and cocoa. Oh, I'd like to drink that beverage. That's right. Uh, this and the screenplay was by Joel uh, Soizen. 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 Uh, he's done a bunch of stuff that I've never heard of. Uh, so I don't know what to report there. Uh, there we go. That's that's like the the writing credits of this this. Uh, he thing did here. Dracula two thousand. Okay. Ho Hollow Man two. Even hollower. Yeah. Did the Halloween. Hollow Halloweeny in that one also. Oh, interesting. Did you see Hollow Man's penis in the in the original Hollow Man movie? I believe you did. Know. Wow. I mean, Hollow if Man. we never saw it, how would we know? It's invisible. True. <laughs> it's invisible like you're not really seeing it per se even if you're looking at it mm, and i'm right. looking at it baby that's right wow. all right so let's talk about who stars in this movie well, of course you just br briefly say that the other writer included gillian horvath friend of the show oh yes who is so intimately involved with many of the episodes that we know and love from the highlander series Mm -hmm. and go back and listen to our interview with gillian horvath yes and i do remember talking to her about this and like I feel like she maybe mentioned that like, like, yeah, she came up with like some story ideas, but like we weren't quite sure where her story elements ended and where the new like screenplay began, right? Mm -hmm. Like it's all this kind of mishmash of stuff. So who knows who came up with what ideas and what threads got picked up through multiple drafts of this movie and all sorts of stuff, so. Yeah. Well, we, we should get the, 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 the footnote here that Gillian Horvath 
seems like a lovely person who's done a lot of good work for the Highlander franchise. Whatever we are about to say is not meant to be a reflection on her. Friend of the show, Gillian Horvath. That's right. Though, that is correct. I, I imagine we're going to say some things that might be upsetting to a writer on this film. <laughs> I just have to wager. But well, the screenplay I... is by Joel, so <laughs> Joel, this <laughs> movie is not good. Anyway. Sorry, Joel. We have less affection for you. All right, let's talk about the stars. We got Adrian Ball. He's back as Duncan McLeod. That's right. The guy from Christmas Crime Stories? That's this? right. The guy from Christmas Crime Story, from small screen to big screen, AP is back. Uh, then we also get Christopher Lambert in his yes. fourth outing as Connor McLeod. I guess fifth, we could call it fifth outing if we count the, uh, yeah, the gathering, right? How about that? Mm. Uh, this film also stars Jim Burns, Dr. Peter Wingfield, and B.D. Edney. So we all know the, them, those familiar faces. B.D. Edney. Uh, I was I was very happy to see B.D. Edney was brought oh, yeah. back. She was she played Heather in the original Highlander mm-hmm. film. She's back doing it again. I thought that was a pleasing bit of casting. Right. And speaking of Absolutely. people that come back, we also have uh, Sheila Gish as Rachel Ellenstein. So she's uh, you know Rachel from the original Highlander, uh, and sadly she passed away a few years ago. Uh, but also a bit of trivia: she's the aunt of Ewan McGregor. Isn't that crazy? That is oh, quite crazy. Yeah. Superstar Ewan McGregor. That's right. Uh, So the villain of this movie is played by Bruce Payne. He plays Jacob Kell. Uh, He's been in a ton of stuff, but like honestly, most of it I've never seen. Uh, It's all British. It's a lot of British stuff, right? Yes. Uh, He was also in Dungeons and Dragons, which which came out around the same time. Uh, And in 2015, he did a movie with Martin Kemp uh, in the starring role. And we might remember uh, Martin Kemp from uh, the episode Avenging Angel and the band uh, Spando Ballet. Uh, Bruce Payne came down with bronchitis during the filming of this production, uh, and they uh, the the production had to claim what's called force majeure, and rescheduling oh, no. was done. Yeah, uh, so I, it took I, about I have seven pieces, like many pieces of litigation pending about force majeure provisions. Oh, Ooh. interesting. What about Wait. prima nocta? <laughs> <laughs> is that is that related? I don't think so. Okay, good. Uh, yeah, very force, good. Force majeure provisions are things that let you agree ahead of time to excuse performance under a contract when certain uncontrollable events like acts of God or plagues or terrorism occur. Bronchitis? bronchitis. Mm. I, I imagine they uh, some, some lawyers might have had something to say about whether bronchitis was a valid force majeure, but Interesting. God, Keith. Yeah, I, I'm curious because then he refused to return to Romania uh, and the company uh, filmed the bulk of his action scenes, including the final battles between Duncan and Connor, Duncan and Kel in London, England, because he just refused to go back. So I am very curious if uh, there was illness or really that like, uh, guys, this movie is a disaster. And so you call me when like at home and I'll finish your movie then. I don't yeah, know. I mean, I don't know. You can't really tell in the movie. <laughs> That, that this had any effect on the quality, right? That's yeah. right. Yeah, that's the, one, right. The, one, the one consistent thing I've read about this Romania filming thing is that it was very cold. Everyone mentions that, like, right. off the cuff. Freezing. How fucking cold it was. <laughs> yes. Like, even when they're not talking about, like, Romania, they're like, yeah, we shot in Romania. It was really cold. <laughs> right. 
like so i feel like and they were forced to shoot there not to get too much into it but well we we can mention that now let's talk about that the studio forced them to film in romania and they didn't want to they wanted to shoot in vancouver right and it was just because of dimension films dimension films right because it was cheaper to shoot in romania yeah, and of course, how do you, like, how do you film six fucking seasons of a TV show in Vancouver, and you have a major motion picture, and it's like cheaper to film in Romania? I don't understand that. I don't understand also, it either. Not to, not to point fingers, but wasn't that the problem with Highlander Two? Everyone's yep. like, oh, it's shooting Argentina. It's so cheap. Mm-hmm. And, and then they like, found out that like the crews didn't know quite what to do. Like it was just a different game over there, and they don't have the infrastructure to support filmmaking, and and they it cost them and ended up costing them more money. Right. Yeah. yeah apparently, uh, similar things happened on Endgame. Uh, it was just people, a mess. So people don't learn their lessons. Like I don't know, a certain a certain country's response to a a, a worldwide pandemic might. <laughs> <laughs> Very good be like you know it it winded up being more expensive than it needed to be in right. terms of money and 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 the cost of human lives anyway mm. not to get too political <laughs> all right How this movie died in the filming of endgame uh, uh everyone i wish i died while i watched yeah. it uh so this movie also stars lisa barbuccia barbuccia i don't know if that's how you say her barbuccia uh lisa b as kate yeah. mcleod uh so she was Shawina, who's this kind of racist okay. caricature of an Indian, huh? Okay. Uh, in the 1998 comedy Almost Heroes with Chris Farley and Matthew Perry, mm-hmm. uh, which is like kind of like a Lewis and Clark parody, right? And so she plays like the hot Native American woman, right? Sure, yes. why not? Sure. <laughs> Uh, she had a role in Bridget Jones's Diary in 2001. She plays the woman, I guess he's like, you know, she's in his bathroom naked. More naked stuff, I guess. Uh, sure, in 2006, she started a comedy called Rabbit Fever. The IMDb description for that film reads, The Rabbit is the world's best-selling vibrator. In the past year alone, millions have been sold all over the globe. Now experts are warning that the rabbit is becoming the new addiction. Women who start using it often sorry, find they what? simply cannot stop. This is the first movie to follow the trials and tribulations of a group of rabbit addicts as they attend to kick their rabbit habit. Wow. Hey, Keith. That, do you have access to the internet? I do have access to the internet. Can you pull up IMDb for me? Uh, yes. The, you mean internet movie database? Is that what we're doing? <laughs> the very one. Yeah, what do you need, sir? Can you just look up Rabbit Fever? Okay. And can you share the uh, the the logo for this movie? I would love to. <laughs> I, I assume it's just a rabbit, right? Like the the sex toy. You would you would hope so. It's it's there very horrible. Look at that. <laughs> can you feel the buzz? Oh, Highlander! Can you feel the buzz? <laughs> That is the worst logo I've ever seen. I've seen better logos on like flyers for like office potluck day. Like, <laughs> yeah, this is awful. Yeah, that's bad. I do kind of like the funny little smiling rabbit though. I do like that too. And I guess it does look a little bit like the toy. Sure. The, the bees and the rabbit. Sure. It's like, 
thing with a little mm-hmm. hook. There you go. You know, Tell like us more a, about the the rabbit uh, masturbatory toy, Kyle. Well, it's kind of like a dildo <laughs> with a little hook around it to okay. poke your clitoris. <laughs> very good. Very I'll just tell you how it works. Very good. All right. Well, Kate B was also a singer, uh, and however, none of her music is like in this movie, which I was kind of expecting. Um, yeah. However, uh, so in the interest of time, we're not going to play any of her music right now, but stay tuned because in future episodes, we are going to listen to some of her music and watch some music videos. And it is going to be a treat. And we're also going to just replay all the melt music for now. (laughs) We'll just musical guest melt. Melt. Uh, This episode, or this episode, I must say, this film also stars Donnie Yen as Jin K. Uh, so if people um, are familiar with like the Kung Fu genre, they probably will recognize Donnie Yen from uh, all sorts of stuff. Uh, he was in the remake of uh, Mulan. He was in Blade 2. He's in, of course, Iron Monkey. Um, he's, he's the Eep Man. That's yep. right. Eep Man. He's a, How many he's of those a... movies are there? Four? At least four, four now. At least four? Fights Mike yeah. Tyson in one of them. So I don't know how that happens. Yeah, the fourth one is called Eat Man for the Finale. The Finale. It should be called Endgame. Hey. Um, we had a conversation a few weeks ago about Donnie and we were wondering, like, oh, like, how popular was he at this time? Like, it's, I don't know. I was kind of curious if, like, did Miramax or Dimension Films ask that he be put in this movie? On the yes. director's commentary, they're like, we discovered Donnie Yen. Uh, or I shouldn't say director's commentary. It is not director's commentary. It is producer's Producers commentary commentary. but they're like we discovered this martial artist donnie yen but like right at this time miramax released iron monkey Mm -hmm. as well like i have a feel like so amen you said they asked uh, they like required him to be in this or wanted him yes they i read an interview in scouring um i actually found it last night at like one o'clock in the morning when i was up reading about this movie from um uh, our, our well, not our friend, but friend of Highlander, John Beerley, who unfortunately passed away. But he he interviewed Donnie Yen for this, and Donnie Yen said that they like they saw Iron Monkey and they like wanted to be in the Donnie Yen business, and they they asked for him to be in this movie. Gotcha. Um, because they didn't have they didn't have any projects for him, and they're right. like, well, Endgame, that's an action movie. Can you be in that? So it just seems like they kind of tacked him onto this movie, right? Um, but he, he like it's a good interview. I'll, I'll try yeah, to find that's the cool. Link and send it to you. Um, but yeah, so I, I feel like they kind of just wedged him in, right? He feels wedged. Yeah, yeah. Which is why he's constantly needing to break out. Yeah, <laughs> he does this hand motion a lot in the movie. That's he's right. Oh, yeah. He's always just, ha ah, ah, yeah. Like a magician who's just made a woman disappear. <laughs> Very good. Well, before we read the IMDb description and get into taglines, uh, I thought it'd be good if we play a little Highlander catalog game. It's been a minute since we played one of these. Uh, so now, of course, there is not like, because the show had kind of gone off the air by the time this movie had come out. Uh, so like the catalog was not like uh there's not like a, a bunch of highlander endgame merch which is really a bummer i think right yeah i don't know but I mean, i'm gonna be reading out of fuck? a i'm gonna be reading out of a catalog that we actually don't uh we haven't used much which is the 1996 catalog uh the catalog is a very different style i can't wait to to showcase more items from this uh but we're gonna be talking about highlander rocks 
the three video collectors set. And again, this is from 1996. Uh, mm. And the way this goes is, Colin Naiman, I'm going to read you a description out of the Highlander catalog, and you're going to do your best to guess what the actual retail price of this item was within 20%. Uh, and if you get within that range, uh, whoever gets closest gets to give their opinion first at the end of this episode. And you get my respect uh, for the rest of it, which is good because everybody's in bad shape now. That's right. Uh. <laughs> Very good. All right, so the description reads... Item 144, plug into classic Highlander as six leading musical personalities play with the beat of eternity. A special gathering of rock and rollers transcend their musical roots to guest star as immortals in six dynamic episodes of Highlander. This unique compilation features the following episodes in a handsome collector's box. Sheena Easton in An Eye for an Eye. Martin Kemp in Avenging Angel, Vanity in Revenge of Sweet, Roland Gift in For Tomorrow We Die, Joan Jett in Freefall, and Roger Daltrey in Starcrossed. And that's it. That's the All whole right. description. So how do, what do you think of that handsome packaging? Yeah, that's what I was going to say. First up, it's This is some of the ugliest packaging I've ever seen. It's like vomit tie-dye. Handsome? And also, why are the episodes in that order? They're all me. out of order. I mean, I guess so. But you're not watching it for the story. You just want to see these rock stars, right? <laughs> I yeah. guess. Also, side note, I'd forgotten until seeing this image that Joan Jett drowns a woman. <laughs> That's in right. Refall, which holy shit. Also, uh, they, they couldn't they couldn't find an image of Joan Jett that was just Joan Jett. They had to use <laughs> like everyone else gets their own image and Joan Jett's is her drowning drowning someone. someone. Yeah, that's crazy. Also, uh, Sheena Easton, like, or not Sheena Easton, uh, Vanity, Vanity, like, she just has like a headshot. Yeah, like everyone else is like at least from an episode. Yep, what there's yeah, great, was, there's actually, she looks great in that. Ep- I mean, she's wearing that Chuck E. Cheese outfit, like, there are like, there's clearly mm, shots from that episode looks- that like could be used for this. Very good in it. Very good. All right, Eamon, do you want to take a guess on how much you think this costs? In $75. Wow, $75 for three VHS tapes. Very good. Hey, Kyle. These are, these are rock stars. That's um, right. They are rock stars. I'm going to guess $55. $55. Kyle, you were the closest. However, you still did not get within 20%. Actual retail price in 1996 was $39.95. Wow. Three things. Uh, And that would cost $66 today. Jesus. Yeah, Jesus. Wow. Jesus, indeed. Did they ever actually make this? That's what I want to know. Oh, I bet they did. I bet they did, too. I mean... Do you think it came in those tie-dye packages, or do you think that changed? How did it? So it must have. Yeah, it's it's very handsome. It is very handsome. I do remember those sort of cases, though. Like, I did kind of think they were cool. Like, they would mix all the plastic together and be like, here you go. What? (laughs) What? No? You don't remember these cases? These, like, tie-dye cases? No. Yeah. I mean, it's like this. It was like, I felt like they were just as cool as, like, when you would have, like, uh, a Nintendo or Super Nintendo cartridge that was, like, Mm. red or blue or gold, right? That's very cool. They were cool. Or when you would get, like, a record, and the record would be a different color. That's popular today. People listen to different color vinyl. That's true. They do. I had had a... a, They do. (laughs) I I had a Nickelodeon tape that was orange. I don't remember what the show was. Okay. Isn't that cool? It hey, is Keith, cool. Keith, before we, all right. 
before we move on, can yes, you yes, go yes. back to IMDb? Oh, no. Yes, sir. And I want you to look up a Donnie Yen movie. Can you type in Enter the Fat Dragon? And you say Enter the Fat Dragon? I did say that. This is from 2020. Mm-hmm. No, this is... A remake of Enter the Dragon, only like Donnie Yen plays every character, like holy shit, Plump style. Um, do you want me to show the cover, Keith? Could you please show the cover to Enter the Fat Dragon? Yes, sir. <laughs> oh, oh boy, what, <laughs> what is happening here? I, I kind of love this, that's amazing. <laughs> What's going on what? down here, too? Uh, what the fuck? So Kyle basically called it, like, <laughs> oh. I, I don't, I don't know what this is. Well, there what we go. It? What is this? <laughs> there we go. Donnie Yen. Donnie Yen. But Donnie Yen's great. We love Donnie Yen. Famed, respected. Oh, he's great. He's he's an amazing action hero. Oh, and you know what credit we didn't mention? Of course, uh, most people probably know him from Rogue One. Oh, oh right. Yeah. yeah, he's he's great in that. He's fantastic, right? So that that might be, I think, how uh, a lot of uh, contemporary audi- audiences might know him today. Mm-hmm. Very Let's good. Car- carving out the the position right now. That's the best movie Disney has made. Of ever? No, oh. <laughs> ever. <laughs> yes, Rogue One is the best Disney movie. Ever. Yep, that's it. All right, very good. All right, well, let's get into the IMDb uh, movie description, which just reads, Immortals, Connor and Duncan McLeod, must join forces against Kel, an evil immortal who has become too strong for anyone to face alone. That's sort of true. Sort of true. Uh, But before we get into this, I also thought I'd read the taglines from the movie. So these taglines were shown on various things, commercials, posters, blah, 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 right? Uh, so one of the taglines is the ultimate battle against the forces of darkness. What do you think of that? So bad. Bad. That's so, so generic. Yep. That's like a like a a a straight to VHS like cartoon movie description. Like, yeah. How many movies do you think you could list right now that you could apply that tagline to? We're definitely hitting four digits. Yeah. <laughs> sure, sure. All of them. Yeah. Even even Bridget Jones's diary. That's true. Even yeah. Bridget Jones's diary. Even the mm-hmm. second. What's the sequel called? Bridget is, Jones Two. It doesn't have a, a subtitle. Diary harder. Let me look it up. Bridget. Jones. <laughs> I like that we're looking this up. Anyway, the second tagline, while Eamon looks that up, is a must see for Highlander fans. All right. Okay. All right. I guess so. That, um, what? A <laughs> must see for horrible. <laughs> uh, there's in the end there can be only one. All right. As as we watch Highlander 4, uh, then we get a much longer one. For centuries, we've been told there can be only one, but it's another time, and a supernatural enemy has grown too strong for any immortal to face alone. So two brothers are about to join forces. Together, they're our last chance to stop the ultimate evil. So first off, that doesn't erase the there can be only one part of it. Like No, like, it doesn't. It's like, all oh, that's still true. Second yeah. off, not supernatural. Uh, ugh, yeesh. Yep. Uh, it says, uh, there's another one. It will take two immortals to defeat the ultimate evil, but in the end, there can be only one. That's uh, fine. I, I guess know. so. Then number six is the last chance, the ultimate evil, the final battle. Hmm. I don't like any of these. Um, no. And then the final one is what has always been a fight for one now becomes a battle two must face forever. I think that's in the trailer. 
That's the best one, I think. That's the best so one. It's not good, but it's better. <laughs> Bridget Jones's Diary. Bridget Jones, The Edge of Reason. Oh. And then there's a third one, Bridget Jones's Baby. I did not oh. know Bridget Jones was a trilogy. Yeah. Cinematic it's Universe. Trilogy. Yep. Uh, and the second and one is about like what does she die again and again it keeps coming back the edge of yeah. what is it called mm -hmm. edge of tomorrow <laughs> then there's that movie bridget jones infinity war and bridget jones endgame <laughs> i would love to see those movies but yeah well not today. not today indeed all right it took us a while but we're here we're about to get into the first seconds of this stupid fucking movie which to spoiler alert we are not getting that far in this first episode no no this is we laid the groundwork for y'all yeah this is but a but a taste um and we left out some choice imdb material about some other actors who will be appearing later so buckle up oh i can't wait to hear that i'm excited buckle up let's do it all right Amy. uh so this movie starts we get the dimension logo and then we get these opening credits and like I mean, I'm already ready to play a play a clip because, like, yeah. let's talk over these credits, uh, if that's okay with you guys. Yes, let's. Because let's, uh, I want to play as many clips as possible, uh, and this will be great. Yes. All right, here we go, guys. This is this is the way this film opens. Dimension Films. Dimension Films presents. So, just think this ethereal background it looks like the opening to like a born movie yeah yeah or like a playstation 2 game oh that's yeah. yeah like i don't know why it's like there's like a grid like it seems like computery right yeah very no music there is no this is the most boring opening i've ever seen ever 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 it's this horrible is so awful this like melting Hornish music in the back isn't doing it for you. No, and it's like it seems really quick. Like the the names are just popping up. Like this looks like it's this is like a made for TV like uh, movie, right? Yes, that's it what is. it looks. Yes, it is. <laughs> it is very made for TV. Damon Dash. Damon Dash is in this. So like this just is still going. Like I cannot believe. I can't imagine sitting in the theater, just watching this come at you and being like, wait, what? Like this is supposed to be a movie. Like it's not finished, right? Uh, I cannot edge. believe this is still going. Oh, uh, it's still going, baby. And we're about to actually be introduced to the main villain of the film. Yikes. This uh, is still going on. Like, uh, I'm going to pause this. Oh, I'm going to stop. Nessa, we should note, is an oh. uh, editor on this show and directs an episode of The Raven. So mm -hmm. good on him. I'm glad he got to work on a motion picture. Yes, and we should also mention uh, that we lost Don just the other week. Uh, so Don was a really nice guy. We got to talk to him at the convention. Uh, and the work he did on Highland of the Series is fantastic. Like, he basically edited and did post-production on every single episode of that show. Uh, so we have to, a lot to thank him for. Uh, but he also did some post-production work on this film. Uh, I'd love to know who designed this uh, opening title sequence because they should be fired. <laughs> <laughs> uh so okay so let, let's i'm gonna stop playing this because this is just okay well then we don't get introduced to the main villain of this film which is harvey weinstein <laughs> that's right i'm yeah. so sorry so yeah Kyle, <laughs> let's talk about harvey weinstein do we have to no we don't fuck that guy fuck so that guy. That's he's, a, he's a horrible monster <laughs> that's right 
Uh, the ultimate evil. Um, yeah. The ultimate evil. <laughs> yeah. The battle between good and evil starts now. Yep. The enemy is Harvey Weinstein. That's right. Yeah. So he co-produced this, of course, uh, with other people. And I'm sure he was not directly involved in much of much of what's wrong with this film, but I still choose to blame him for all of it. Uh, sure. That's fine. Blame yeah, him. It could just be like a, a, another small drop in his massive bucket of sins uh, for which he is finally <laughs> paying. Yeah, and there's another interesting credit we get here, which is for The Edge, uh, who is a, yes. a wrestler. Oh, and I did not read his I or like his credits yet, but uh, we'll we'll save that for when he appears on. We'll screen. save it for later. Uh, but he's a special guest star in a movie. Yeah, it's so. <laughs> It's it's worded that way. I didn't know that was a thing that could happen. It's not a thing that can happen. That, it's stupid. Like I'm pretty sure in movies, when like somebody special is in the movie, they get either an and or a with, right? It's like yeah. and, yeah. you know, I don't know. We're exactly. Entering or yeah, right, yeah. right. Introducing not with yeah. special guest <laughs> special star, like guest. What is this like? Uh, laughing? Like... <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> It's Saturday Night Live with special yeah. guest The Edge. Yeah, musical Ooh. guest Lisa B. <laughs> this is ridiculous. Like, I just cannot believe. What would you got? Like, why isn't this honestly like footage from the other movies or something? Like, we we could have like why isn't some, it literally anything visually interesting. Anything, anything, yeah. anything at all. Like, but I feel like this is a good opportunity to like remind everybody what the movies like the franchise is about, right? Like. I don't know, plenty of, like, mm -hmm. I just recently watched, like, every Spider-Man movie the other week, uh, but the Sam Raimi ones do a very good job of recapping in the opening credits, like, hey, what came before? We're going to show you through pictures and, like, blah, blah, Especially blah. Especially Spider-Man 2. Yeah. Spider-Man 2 has Alex Ross paintings that recap the first movie, and it is very effective. It is very effective, but, like, we don't have anything like that. Here. Like, I just nope. don't understand, like, the credits serve no purpose other than to let us know who's to blame. Uh, I just want to see an a Alex Ross painting of Nakano's head from Highlander <laughs> <Bylander> 3. <laughs> I assume that's what you meant to use it for. Me, you... <laughs> That's right. Uh, all right, so let's talk about how this, like, well, then we get us, there's, like, so many openings. It's just so boring. So then the first, like, bit of lines is, like, there's some text and a voiceover. Uh, yes, which this was our introductory clip right. to this episode. So you've you heard Lambert break this down, and it's immediately, I guess, a callback to the original film. I mean, I, I like that the that they that they've used that device to open this movie. Like, I think that's kind of cool. Uh, do you guys it think it should have been in red? It should have been in red, and it also they should have actually opened the movie with it instead of these shitty. Like, th those credits look like like they came with like the editing software. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, like a demo. Yeah. Like you can like, just plug in the names and type it'll do the this. names in right. and pick a background, yep. and there you go. Yeah, I movie. Uh, yeah, well, like the, the these opening credits could have easily played like more subtly, like not have it. You could have also just not had an opening credit sequence, and it could have been voiceover, and then we kind of cut to our first scene. And in the corners, you get you know starring Adrian Paul, music by, and like the credits just run over the the movie. Like it's yep. 
nutso. Uh, so Connor says, in the days before memory, there were the immortals. We were with you then and we're with you now. We are all driven by an endless fight to survive in a game which knows no limit of time or place. We are the seeds of legend, but our true origins are no unknown. We simply are. And I'm just like, huh? Like, to me, this fucking is terrible. To, like, it does tells us nothing. It feels like it's the opening to the source or something. Yes. Uh, also, yeah, like, the origins are not important. Yeah, like, why is it talking about any of this stuff? And also, there is a scene later where in a very, we'll, we'll get into it in great depth, but they have, like, a <laughs> exposition conversation in the middle of the film. And I'm like, yo, you know what you usually do with a voiceover? You knock that shit out. You like right. cover the exposition in the part where a guy is just talking at the audience. Yeah, especially in a film like this where they shove that exposition halfway into the movie. So like you don't get any of the the, the rules until like you're almost done. It's crazy. Yeah. So like if they so it's so egregious that they did that later and not in the voiceover. Mm-hmm. Anyway, uh, so I'm loving all the Queen that plays in the opening though. Oh yeah. I mean, just compare the opening credits of that movie of Highlander one to this, like what is happening? Like what, <laughs> why, I, 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 warning to everybody. I'm going to like, this is, I'm on the edge right now of losing my mind and I am going to flip you're, out you're, even you're more. On the special guest, the edge. Right <laughs> I'm on the special guest, the edge. Right now. This, this movie is going to make me lose it on this podcast. I swear to God, this is nuts. Uh, I'm just so angry. (laughs) Anyway, like it's it's crazy. As compared to either the opening of the movie or the opening of the TV show. Because we're obsessed with the opening of the TV show. Because it's awesome. Finally figure out is so good. And this is, and the opening of the Highlander film is so good. And this, and it's like two different approaches, but Mm -hmm. this is neither and it's just a snooze fest. Yeah. I mean, I'll mention this now. Like like you said, Kyle, that the, 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 the show is so great, like the credits. Like one big problem I have with this film is that even honestly, even with Highlander 3, which they, I guess, started producing, what, like a year into the TV show, maybe two? Mm-hmm. Like, I just don't understand. Like they, at least for this one, they made six seasons of this show with a crew that knew how to do it. Like you said, Eamon, like why move from Vancouver? Like Mm -hmm. what did they learn from doing this for six years? Like, I mean, like the opening credits of the TV show were never as boring as this. Why? Because, well, why? Because it's boring and you don't want to make boring fucking entertainment. Like I, I just don't understand how this can miss the mark so far considering they had seemingly nailed it before. It's like they forgot everything they knew how to do. Agreed. Okay, sorry. Sorry, Produ- everyone. I'm no, sorry. No, no. I'm going to Pro- lose it. Producer interference? Like, I, I, I like I honestly don't. Our studio? I, I don't know. Yeah. It, it doesn't make sense. I honestly don't understand. Uh, like, this, this is a weird poll. Uh, were we talking about the Simpsons movie in our trailer? Oh, we were in our trailer. Because yeah, we were like, were. oh, how do we feel about, you know. Uh, it always, like, kind of bugs me when they make movies out of shows but then don't include like the the production crew from the tv show on the film and Mm. i remember noticing on the simpsons movie that they had the music done by hans zimmer Mm -hmm. and i was like why did hans zimmer write the music to the simpsons like that's not necessary at all and also his music he kind of just made it sound like alf clausen's from the show uh i think got fired but um 
Alf Clawson did get fired. Yeah, because uh, he because he was also not writing his own music. But um, yes. <laughs> but like the well, point right. is, is that like why why switch up the formula? Like why you know why isn't Ken Gord producing these scenes? I don't understand. And like I I just don't understand why people switch up this stuff so much. Uh, I don't know. Whatever. Because like, it it's no a movie, sense. and they need to use like a movie crew, whatever that means. But yeah, baby. Yeah, this baby. Is big, this is the big time. The big this time. is the movies. This is the movies. All right. We have to move on. We have to actually get to like the first scene in the movie because all we've seen are like just generated graphics. Go on, Kyle. Movie. What happens? Oh, no. No, I'm, I'm advocating to you on this one. Uh, no, right. so this is where we get some of our first uh, differences also between, uh, between cuts and things yes. like that. So we get New York City... 10 years ago from when yeah i guess from, from when from when you were watching the movie i mean that's New the York, implication right? i mean that's always the implication if you just say 10 years ago right like yeah. it means from the minute you're watching it uh yeah. so so let's we got to break this down let's talk about it so there are several shots. Some shots are from New York. I'm pretty sure some other shots are from fucking Romania. Yes. I didn't think this looked too bad. I thought they did a good job. Uh, like it's okay. It's yeah. okay. I think it looks yeah. like a busy city street. They don't, they don't spend too much time here. Uh, other than the subway sign doesn't look anything like a subway sign in New York. Uh, and also like, they're not like the, they didn't even paint in the lines, like the, the lettering. It's like goofy. Yeah. Uh, anyway, but I believe the very first line of, dialogue in the highlander film is do you want a hot dog that is yes. like 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 imagine like writing a script and being like how will i open this movie do you want a hot dog like great so we should call out that that is the producer's cut yes right that way with connor and mac talking and having this kind of nonsensical conversation about like do you want a hot dog <laughs> and then connor just kind of like fucks off right he just yep leaves he for leaves some immediately it doesn't make any i mean should we watch the scene too sure let's watch the scene i do want to see the do you get a hot dog i mean uh, uh... oh so kyle while i'm getting this clip ready why don't you tell us how does the uh, uh the theatrical version open you don't have to tell us the describe it too much but what well, is the content of that the theatrical version just skips right over this right connor is just walking down the street intercut with Rachel uh, going into the antique store. Rachel! Rachel, all right, here we go. So let's watch this this crazy scene. Here we go. This is the, the first scene proper of the producer's cut. Highlander. <laughs> it's so slow. Yeah. Yeah, speaking French. Want a hot dog? No, thanks. Just get you. Thanks. Wow. <laughs> I've got an errand to run. I've got an errand to run. What? Duncan. Duncan. What? Wait, wait, wait. You called me in Paris and you said we have to meet. Now suddenly you've got an errand to run? Yeah, what? What's going on? I don't know. Okay. Nothing. What? It's nothing? You okay. Yeah. I'm okay. Really? What? 
This is really good. Like this. <laughs> People change, Duncan. You'll learn that. You'll learn that. Fine. You can tell me all about it tonight. Eight o'clock at the bar. At the bar. Oh, it's Bye. Christmas. That's right. <laughs> right. It's a Christmas movie. Right. Eight o'clock. And I'm fine. Okay. You sure you're going to be all okay. right, Connor? Of course. Wait, 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 wait. wait. Duncan. Stop. Wait. Go back. Okay, okay. Go Further? Back. No, no, no. Go, go up a little more. Go to, like, right when he starts walking away. Do right here. All right, okay. but go back a little more. Do you want to pause or do you want to? No, just pl play when he says, are you Are you going to be okay? Okay. You sure you're going to be all right, Connor? <laughs> <laughs> That's not his voice, right? No, yeah. and no, not at all. Holy yeah. smokes. Let's Is do it that... again. You sure you're going to be all right, Connor? Of course. That, oh wow that does not sound like adrian paul and his mouth moves like one syllable to say that entire sentence this yeah. is this is less than two minutes <laughs> in yeah and, yeah. and he, he has a, a line not not said by our top build actor of this movie oh boy yeah. Boy, oh boy. All right, so yeah, but there's still more. There's still more interesting stuff to see in this scene. Here we go. It'll be all right, Connor. Of course. Duncan. Yeah! <laughs> Watch your back. What? Watch your back. What, what's this Mac Tonight shit? <laughs> like... <laughs> Boom. This is Watch your back. comprehensible unbelievable right uh, and that is how they start it like that scene is straight nonsense <laughs> he, nothing, he reveals nothing he's just like i have to go run an errand and we the audience have no clue what that errand is or why duncan reveals for the first time that he's been called in from paris for this errand just baffling it is just baffling uh Watch your back. What like it, it feels like the the like it's like they're making up the lines as they go. Like it, it's like what do you what do you mean watch your back? Like, oh, it's uh this is rough. And somebody on Facebook uh pointed out that <laughs> that when he tilts his head back, like what a weird performance. Like that uh, he like, like yeah. head to the sky for the people at home when he says watch your back, and it's like yeah, it's what? a very strange bit of acting. Uh it, somebody it, thought he, oh go ahead, Damon. I was gonna say, is it like a like a Ray Charles thing or something? <laughs> Ray like, Charles. What? Somebody is that offensive? I like <laughs> oh, Rachel, Ray Charles. I see where this is going. Uh somebody uh on our Facebook page implied that they thought that this might have been uh oh, we got a little static here. Everybody okay? Uh -oh. Yep. Okay, cool. Oh, thanks, Eamon. Um, so <laughs> so watch uh, your back that uh that he was channeling kane from highlander 3 white right with rights with the glasses and like that weird attitude i kind of yeah. love that i love that reading but there is nothing in this film to make me think that's part of it or maybe christoph decided on his own to do that uh, but i don't understand anyone's motivation in this scene like it makes no sense. And yeah. why would he invite Duncan? Just came from Paris to visit him, right, or wherever. 
Yeah. And then right. he's just like, I gotta go without any, like it doesn't make any, no one behaves this way. It doesn't make any sense. And it's it horrible. Like, well then, so now this is where it dovetails with the theatrical version. Sure. Basically. Cause Connor's errand, I guess, is to go over to the antique store, but like there's no- That's reason- an errand? I don't know, but- And like, it's like what? a secret errand. I'm going to work today in secret. Like what? Yeah, so Rachel now is milling, old Rachel is is milling about the uh, antique store. Side note, there's a fish tank there. It looks like it's full of algae. Like all those fish are gonna die. I'm pretty sure. Like, doesn't anyone take care of the fish? Maybe that's how we're supposed to get a hint that Connor is like feeling off his game. Because mm. all uh, those fish are dead. It's just her like scooping the dead fish out with one of those. Yeah, but you know, there is also like a man in a bowler hat kind of skulking (laughs) around outside. He looks very cool. Uh, And then Rachel picks up the phone and what happens, Eamon? Skadoosh! Right! There's like a timer in the in the in the t or in the in the dvd version yeah that's a much bigger scene so let's talk about that she she like it's kind of the same she like goes into the 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 antique store but the door's open so she's like connor are you here right and she's like rustling about looking for connor and then this doesn't make any fucking sense uh so there's there's a tv on right was this in the theatrical uh kyle do you know I know the tv all all she does is in the theatrical version all she does is come into the loft and like the phone rings oh and she picks up a a picture that's been stabbed on a, a oh, sword right. yeah yeah, yes. yeah and like that's it and then the phone yeah. rings and the, that was in the in the script you sent us keith the, the 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 picture stabbed with the sword but in the movie or in the producer's cut she looks at the television and it's playing old footage of like her as a young child and connor right i'm like where did where did that footage come from yeah it it it, it, like they didn't have home video equipment in like fucking world war ii (laughs) (laughs) yeah i don't know and then like so there's a couple things so there's like footage of her as a little girl and then there's like graduation ceremony class of 1940 fucking seven right so because i'm insane i started doing all sorts of weird math and i was make sense uh, it would have to be, so here's what I've written down about all this stuff. So World War II started in 1939 and went through 1945. So when he found Rachel, 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 she seemed to be what, like six to eight years old. Like she was pretty yeah, young. She was very uh, young. But if she graduated high school in 1947 at 18 years old, then she was born in 1929, making her between the ages of 10 uh, at the start of World War II in 1939 and 16 at the end of the war. And so like, no. Uh, her just age doesn't make sense. I think they just kind like of messed it's, up. It's early, it's not bad. Like no, bad- it would be ten years old. That's not so bad. There's yeah. no way he found a sixteen-year-old girl uh, and yeah. like carried her away in his arms. <laughs> yeah, no. But that's no. the insane, stupid thing uh, I was doing while we, I was watching the scene. Uh, but uh, but also, like, I cannot believe this this scene was cut in the film, like in the theatrical yeah. version. Like, this scene tells you that, like, hey, these characters have a history together, and like. There's information that makes her subsequent death like you yeah. should feel something. I mean, mm-hmm. I don't know. By subsequent, you mean right now? Right now. Right now, uh, she died. 
But the other thing I don't understand about the producer's cut is like, I mean, I guess it's weird that like the TV's on, but like she's like freaked out when the phone's ringing. She's like, "Uh oh, I can't answer the phone. I'm like, why? Yeah. She's like like practically his secretary or something, right? In the producer's cut, there's like very little in this, though. I guess the sword stabbed through the photo. Right. There's reason for her to be like, what? That's scary. Yeah. But then she's like, I don't know if I should answer this phone. Then she answers it and she blows up. And (laughs) I did like something I like, I don't know about explosion physics or whatever. In the producer's cut, like the glass falls from the window first and then the explosion comes out. Oh, interesting. Did they fuck up the timing? Maybe. I also know that like the, there's like a, a a VW bug out front that was supposed to explode like into the air uh, during this, and it and just windows just well. Yeah, because it just yeah. it didn't work uh, when they hit the button, and so we didn't get that explosion to like so thing. I wouldn't be surprised cool. if things went wrong in the special effects. Yeah, I mean, all the other special effects look really good in this movie, so we can yeah, forgive that true. one. Yeah. <laughs> like Thailand. It, it something about it just looks strange even on like a cursory viewing you're just yeah. like huh like that's weird the way that worked hmm. yep hmm. And highlander 2 has one of like the best movie explosions i've ever seen like when there's that huge explosion and yeah. like connor like comes out of it and i'm it's like awesome. that is pretty dope that's awesome right and like this sucks <laughs> we've seen better explosions on the highlander tv show mm-hmm. oh, we definitively have yeah yeah crazy absolutely like, crazy what the fuck is this? Oh, well we should talk about some positives though like here like i i did that old that old bitch dies <laughs> <laughs> i'm just kidding Jesus. that's that's a joke very good uh so no like one that this was shot in Romania, uh, and like I think they do a pretty good job. I I kind of thought they did the street like looks like the village. Like yeah. sure, if you were like, oh, this is New York, I'd be like, okay. Like yeah. I didn't think it looked too crazy. Like I think they dressed it up okay. It's got like cobblestone street, which is cool. Uh, I think they did a great job of recreating like the loft and the silver room later. Uh, oh yeah, we'll see. Like absolutely, like all the little details. You mentioned the fish tank uh, filled with algae. No one's taking care of that thing. Um, yeah. I guess it was filled with algae in the first one too. It was gross. Um, but this is pretty cool. There's also I, I, like a painting of like two hands like holding light, and it looks really bad. Oh, I didn't even notice that. That's weird. It looks like something you'd see in like a mall painting store. You know, where you're like, <laughs> you, you go in a mall and there's like a, a, a Thomas Kincaid store. Yeah, right. A Thomas Kincaid store. Yikes. The painter of light. Mm-hmm. Oh, not to talk about this too much, but I saw Thomas Kincaid branded Mandalorian paintings. Oh, those are brilliant. <laughs> like, Thomas Kincaid is dead. So, but it's like they still have his name on it and like, it's just become like a factory to create terrible, yeah. terrible art. One of them is like Baby Yoda, like barfing or something <laughs> like. Uh, all right, all right. So this th- we get this explosion, right? So so Connor is approaching. We see this dude in like a fedora. We don't know who it is. Turn around and walk away. But there is no buzz. We get no- nothing, right? Oh, no buzz. I didn't no, think about that. Yeah, no. there's no buzz. But like they're pretty close. I think he's across the street. Yeah. Also, the buzzes in this are very subtle. 
They're yep. so subtle. You, I often on the first watch, I yep. missed several of them. Another right. reason I was like, what did they learn from the TV show? They like figured yeah. out the buzz. The buzz comes from the TV show. They actually like subsequently like put the buzz into Highlander one, like this the director's cut, uh, mm. to make it more like clear when Immortals were around. I I just don't get what they're doing. It's it almost just sounds like whoosh, 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 yeah. is all it sounds like in this movie. It's just very subtle. Yeah. I watch I watch this movie like three times like but i watched it again this week and like last week i was like wait are the buzzes not in the movie that's how like subtle they are it was like yeah. i forgot they happened yep. <laughs> and i was like did they just forget about that they're in there but they're just very easy to miss it's but crazy yeah, no, no buzz here and yeah he he sees connor sees the building explode and like it's like where's all Right. And he screams, he's like, ah, or whatever. That's the scream, like, I think from the trailer of his face, like in the, the orb. Oh. I think that's, I think that's like one of the few spots where they actually use footage that was in the movie. There you go. They cut it out and <laughs> cut it out. Stick it in there. Yep. Wow. I can never die. Rachel can, though. And yes, so, and we see that. like some shoes walk away and they have three crosses on the heel, right? Mm -hmm. And so yeah. that's our clue. And also I'll point out now that that was added later. Like all those heel shots are from post-production. Oh, really? Yes. Wow. And we'll talk about, well, it's because we haven't even met this character yet. We'll talk about it then, but they didn't think you'd know who the character was. Uh, it was too confusing. So they were like, we need to create some device so you can recognize- That's the thing that was confusing. <laughs> Great. <laughs> Cool. Okay, I got some before. So th this is like the first. I know we'll put some crosses on the heel <laughs> of his shoe. <laughs> All right. Which, I honestly, I, I'm going to carve out the position now that that makes this character more confusing. I'm going to say it right now. You think the crosses on the heel are more confusing? Make make me understand the character of Jake. The, the, spoiler alert. This is the villain. This is Jacob Kell. <laughs> and the clue to that, as we quickly discover, are these crosses on the heel. Right. The existence in modern day of him using this cross iconography on his shoes distorts what my perception of this character is and what he should be. Gotcha. I'm, I'm carving out that position right now. It'll make more sense to talk about it later, but this is the this is the first instance. <laughs> the first. Okay, so I, I do have a question though before we move on or whatever, because uh, we'll, we'll probably this this is like our teaser to the whole the whole film here. Like, whoa, what happened here? We meet, I guess, some villain. Uh, we'll probably stop now because we've been babbling on and on. Uh, but I do want to address the like the ten year ten years ago mm -hmm. thing. Like, we should unpack that I think a little bit more because like if this movie comes out in the year two thousand and it says ten years ago, then that means that is nineteen ninety is what we're seeing right in New York. However, the events of like the TV show, like we, we will find out, uh, you know, that Connor ends up like going missing for 10 years and is like hidden away in this place called the sanctuary. We'll get to all that later, but like, hold on. So now we have this issue that like this seemingly takes place before the series. So does this movie actually take place in the future? Yes. Which also now means that the World Trade Center is standing. So there, there's like an alternate Highlander universe where September 11th did not happen. Uh, and I'd love to know what Connor McCloud had to do with that. Uh, well, <laughs> to state the obvious, Highlander 3 was not made until 1994. 94. So the series had been on for like three years. Yeah, or at least two while they were filming. 
so 10 years from this can't have happened prior to the events of this movie can't have happened prior to Highlander 3 right well assuming that Highlander 3 counts at all which I think one fair interpretation is just that it doesn't. Because, by the way, where is Connor's fucking son? <laughs> right. <laughs> with a son. I, I didn't think about that at all. I have a lot of notes about it. Watch your back. <laughs> uh, and also, I do love, I think, Kyle, you brought up this kind of interpretation uh, throughout our coverage of the series that, you know, there's often times this trying to, like, merge, like, Highlander 1, dovetails into the series but like it obviously didn't the game didn't really end your argument is that connor mcleod of the film does not exist at all like there is there are two different connor mcleods there's connor mcleods of the movie series and there's the connor mcleod of the series we only meet once which is in the pilot right right and then it makes sense like you just don't like that's just a new character in the gathering and you meet him for the first time and none of the histories prior matter at all that's unless like it's not, introduced in the show unless it's introduced yeah. in the show i think you can read this character the exact same way right mm-hmm. like this this version to. yeah you have to you more yeah. or less have to uh yeah. especially with all these timeline related issues sure i mean i guess the other way to salvage it is that you know even though this was made in 2000 we're really looking at 2005 or something sure and then a third way to salvage it is just that it's a dumb movie and they wanted yeah. to put the star of the other series in this and that's mm-hmm. what it is it's a movie and like there's just the realities of that uh so how about that this is crazy guys crazy this is crazy what do you think connor did to prevent september 11th any guesses uh. i'm sorry what <laughs> <laughs> what do you think Connor did to prevent September 11th? Why in this movie did the, if this movie takes place in the future a little bit, uh, or do we not think? Uh, I guess it, does it not take place? Do we, do we see the twin towers? Oh yeah, many times. Well, it's not in the future then. I think the I think the most. Oh, you're story. you're you're arguing that it can't be in the future because the twin towers are standing. I'm arguing that in the in the future it's an alternate reality when september 11th didn't happen kyle's dead <laughs> I, I i posit this I okay posit this. in the highlander uh, and game universe mark Wahlberg was on the plane oh and stopped them because mark mark Wahlberg famously says if he was on the plane it would be different the outcome would have been different that's right surely this is the only possibility so i'm on board with that yeah very that's what good happened. All right, well, before we close uh, that's, up- That's that conspiracy fucking uh, thing you just shared. <laughs> yeah. Um, so before we wrap up this episode, we should play a little game. Oh boy. Okay, so we are going to play a quick game to wrap up our episode. We're going to play the game three and five with Kyle going head to head against Eamon. In this game, you have five seconds to give us three examples of whatever the question is. Uh, Mm. And so you get a point for each uh, correct answer you give and a bonus point if you give us all three. So maximum of four points. Uh, Oh, what was that, Kyle? Is that the rabbit? The the rabbit symbol? (laughs) Yeah, sure. (laughs) Very good. All right. Boing. Boing. Are you guys ready to play? I'm ready. All right. Eamon, name me three Christopher Lambert movies that aren't Highlander films. Oh, fuck. Um, Mortal Kombat, uh, Subway, uh, Ghost Rider, Spirit of Vengeance. I don't know, man. Mm. I think you get two. I think you get two. That's fair. All right. Mr. Kyle, 
Yeah. Name three other condiments Duncan could have put on his hot dog other than ketchup. <laughs> uh, mustard, relish, onions. God damn it. I'm sorry, you got a movie question. Uh, and Kyle got a made-up question about uh, hot dog condiments. <laughs> See, normally these things go the opposite way, so I'm actually thrilled to be on the receiving end of that gift. That's right. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> Never mind. I knew what you were going to say. Yeah, yeah, I'm not going to say it. Uh, All right, Eamon. We didn't... We did, wait, wait, what? What? We, we didn't talk about uh, the ketchup hot dog thing. Was talk that on right purpose? Uh, just a quick aside. So there's this whole like school of thought where you're not allowed to put ketchup on a hot dog. Right. Is this a Philadelphian thing? I've always put ketchup on hot dogs. Always. I think it's associated a lot with Chicago. Uh, a lot of Chicago places are like absolutely no ketchup. Uh, I, I don't know. I, I don't think I'm not a, 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 hard, a, harsh, a harsh critic of people that put ketchup on their hot dogs. It's okay. I've, ta- I've talked to people about putting ketchup on hot dogs and like they've reacted fiercer than if like I told them I was a racist. It's stupid. Yeah, I, I well, don't I get it. I think this is a lot about the acceptability of racism. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, it's a dark country you live in. I'll say that. Not the, so. never mind. Bad phrasing. <laughs> Anyway, very good. I think it's fine that he puts ketchup on it in the producer's commentary. Uh, I They call that out, and I believe that is the way Adrian likes his hot dog. So that, that is why he did it. So I like that. Adrian Paul. That's, friend That's right. I, I like the dual ketchup. wheel. I like a ketchup and a mustard. That's yeah. fine. Put whatever on the hot dog. If you feel like eating mustard, have some mustard. Also, like, it's, it's fun to switch up food. shit. Like, what? Like, why are there all these crazy food rules? Anyway. I don't, I don't know. I thought we lived, <laughs> thought we lived in America. It's yeah. the people's tubed meat. Give them what they want. <laughs> All right, Eamon. Yes, sir. Uh, name me three love interests in Highlander films. Oh, Brenda Wyatt. Um, oh, God damn it. Heather and um, 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 Kate from this movie. You get two again. Damn it. Sorry, bud. <laughs> oh, Brenda's great in this movie. Yes, she's yes, so good. She is so good. All right, Kyle. <laughs> In this one, they don't even bother to kill her off screen. She just, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. just Kyle, like she name ex- name three other Christopher Lambert bear movies that aren't Highlander. I mean, sorry, other means I can't name whatever Eamon named. That's correct. Okay, uh, Mortal Kombat, Annihilation, Hail Caesar, um, Graystone. Yes, although is Lambert in Annihilation? Yes. Okay, Kyle, can I, you answered that very confidently. He sacrifices his immortality to fight with the heroes of Earthrealm. Oh, good. Oh. Very good. Did you guys watch the new Mortal Kombat trailer, by the way? I did not. baffling. Wow, exciting. I love I mean, a good baffling I trailer. I know I'm going to watch it. Like, I know <laughs> I'm going to see this movie, but it's someday they'll figure out that fighting games don't make good movies. Mm. Get over here. Amen. Yes, sir. Name me three songs that appear in the original Highlander soundtrack. Queen songs. Princes of the Universe, uh, One Year of Love, is that what it's called? Um, and uh, Give Me the Prize. Is that a song in it? What is it called? I'll give it to you. You're pretty far I think, behind. I think he makes it. All right. All right. All right. We're not about this. That's true. All right. Uh, Kyle. Name me three Christopher Lambert TV shows that he's guested in. <laughs> uh, uh, Highlander. That might be the only one I'm going to get. Uh, three. Sorry. What else is he guested in? I Ooh. don't know. 
Eamon, do you want to try to pick up a point? I don't know. Uh, Xena? Christopher Lambert? I have no idea. Yeah, what, what do you think he was, was he in Xena? Uh, we got NCIS, Los Angeles. Oh, oh shit. Right, right, right. right. Did you <laughs> right, right. at the beginning of the, sh the, 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 the show? or Blacklist? I didn't list these. Oh, okay. I just figured you guys would know from watching all his oeuvre uh, or whatever. So from, from being smart enough? No. <laughs> right. I totally forgot about NCIS. Mm. Mm. It's a fail for me. James Spader. That's right, James Spader. Well, guess what, guys? The, the score is tied. Nice. I'll take it. That's a good way to kick off this movie. Is that is that everything? Oh, no, wait. Hold on. You just answered that question with Highlander, right, Kyle? Yes, he did. So, so you got a point. You won. Never mind. <laughs> hey, look at that. Congratulations, Sorry. Kyle. Very good. Tie, but a win is slightly better. All right. Well, uh, nobody won the catalog game, so I guess I'll give my opinion first on the way this film like opens uh, okay. before we launch into the next episode next week. Uh, I don't know. I like watching when the credits. I watch this movie. I think five times to get ready uh Ooh, it's been a lot uh but and i watched it first without taking notes i was like let me just throw on the movie i want to just that, like that's experience. interesting i did the same thing right like i didn't want to get too bogged down in it i just wanted to have fun watching it uh and the opening credits like throw me for a loop like whoa i cannot fathom that like that was the choice to make like it feels does it feel like padding or something like it's like we why not just with end to end this is like a 90 minute movie yeah including credits basically so yes but it's weird that they cut out like extended scenes like mm -hmm. they could have made this movie longer with content but instead it's just text like mm -hmm. I, I don't know uh so that like that kind of spoiled the i shouldn't say spoiled the movie but like I was really losing it watching it. I just, I was screaming at the TV. Like, what is happening? Like, stop. Like, anyway, tell me what you guys think. What, what was your impressions of like the opening, you know, setting of this uh, film? Are you excited for Highlander Endgame? Uh, I, I was so, I'm like, oh, cool. Our heroes together. And then it's like, there's a hot dog and like, they don't say anything. Like, it's all like, this is like, you know, the movie was due and they had it they had to improvise the scene yeah you know what i mean like it's like uh i have an errand to run out of nowhere right like it's a, it's a contentless opening yeah. scene. when we move forward in my notes at the end of every scene because honestly nothing much has happened yet uh but like at the end of every scene i'm gonna do a little recap about what you're just talking about it's like what was the content of the scene like what did we learn and what questions did i do i have like and we will find that for the majority of this film uh you will just be confused and that like scenes are just there and they don't serve any purpose or give you any information like what, what do we learn from the hot dog scene guys like that they know each other right that's it Uncle do we Mark even know who Duncan? Do we even know that his name is Duncan McLeod? I feel like I have that written in my notes later. That if you weren't familiar with the TV show, you would not know like what is up. Like we don't find out that they're related or know each other or whatever for a while. So, uh, mm -hmm. so 
you know, I'm trying to disentangle how I would feel. The, the first time I saw this, I saw, I believe I saw the incomprehensible hot dog opening. <laughs> and that was the part that made me scream. Like, I just kind of ignored the, the opening credits for the most part until Harvey Weinstein's name showed up. Okay. Um, like, it didn't bug me that much. The one that got me, though, was when, is this hot dog scene. Because, again, first scene of the movie. And that's just baffling and unforgivable the way that all plays out that being said the theatrical opening which again i don't understand why it makes some of the cuts it makes about like what rachel does when she gets into the antique store mm-hmm. and again prorating this for someone who knows who this character fucking is mm-hmm. the opening of her like going up in an explosion is somewhat interesting i'm like oh i, I tell me more what happened connor's upset i don't know why the theatrical version cuts out some of the markers that let you know why you should care about rachel yeah. uh, but all that being said it's a rough opening sequence all in all yeah i mean mm-hmm. also like the emotional i don't say roller coaster but like oh wow rachel's back from the first movie that was like 15 years ago ba-boom they never yeah. even like there is no reunion of these characters like we don't get mm-hmm. to see like a hug or like just something something like we get nothing uh that's like a bummer right yeah and one thing this movie does and this is i think the first instance of it is it doesn't chunk up or break up very much the flashbacks that it chooses to show. The flashbacks, for the most part, just include all of their content in one straight block. Mm -hmm. Like the show oftentimes almost has these things going on somewhat parallel tracks where like you see the beginning of a concept and then you see the end of the concept. This is the first example where like Rachel is introduced and dies all in one go. Like you don't see a reunion and then see it get taken away. A lot of the other flashbacks kind of do seem to follow that format as well, where like right. mm-hmm. you see the whole thing in one go and it's generally more effective to break them up. Yeah. Yeah. Um, another thing we didn't discuss, I love that we're like wrapping up the show and I'm like, I'm going to play a clip uh, <laughs> because we were wondering like, what is this errand uh, that he's got to run, right? That's like a secret. Mm-hmm. We didn't talk I, that in the, in the alternate cut. <laughs> of the movie there is like a scene in here and uh how about i play that scene oh right in the right. rough cut, in the yeah. rough cut right yeah. so let's, let's let's take a look at this scene it's very very short uh but so we can address this errand issue mm. buying a christmas tree it's so an end it's walking he wears a brown shoe where's his tennis shoes <laughs> He's got some fashion sense now. It's not the 80s, man. Sneakers are out. My favorite part of the movie coming up. Right on time. Who was that? Haven't a clue. But he's left the tree here every Christmas since 1877. Since 1877? Exactly. Here, give me a hand. That's, that's the scene. And wow. so I guess what the reason a, I brought that up scene. is, is that the errand he needed to run? First and, cool. and also, why is it a secret? Like, what the fuck? Why isn't he like, Duncan, I haven't seen you in years. You're like my best friend and kinsman or whatever. 
hey, you want to go buy a Christmas tree? Like, I mean, like, what are we doing? And freak out a priest about it? Yeah. Exactly. Like, <laughs> if they wanted to go to a church, it's obvious what the errand should have been. He should have been lighting the candle for Heather on her birthday. Oh, and that's that's also a reason why it would be yeah. like, I don't want to say a secret, but private, private. right? It's yeah. private. I need to do something alone. Okay. Yeah, but like, what, what is this? Why do you, why do we think this is here? Like, what's this about? I, no He's reason. been doing it since the seventies? To give it doesn't a Catholic in... priest a Christmas tree. Yeah. Uh, like, I was trying to think like, is this orphanage in any way important to anything? Is it an orphanage? Wasn't it? I don't know. I think it's supposed to be an orphanage. Well, fair enough. I don't understand. I don't understand. Why is this here? It's so, so stupid. You leave, you leave the Christmas tree. <laughs> Well, I'm glad that you showed us that because I forgot all about it. Yeah, right? Uh, I also love the shot of just a Christmas tree like above people's heads. Like, it's so comical. It's ridiculous. So the actor, Christoph Lambert, never was in within like a thousand feet of that Christmas tree, right? Right. Oh, yeah. He's not in any of that. No, that's That's a good point. That's why they shot it that way is that he's just not available, right? Good stuff. Great movie making. <laughs> wow. Uh, so I guess we'll leave it there. I mean, I don't know. It's crazy that we've only gotten into, you know, the teensiest bit of this movie. Uh, but there's certainly lots more to talk about. And we can't wait to talk about it with you next week. Uh, also, we should be teasing that we're going to have a very special uh, Highlander 35th anniversary episode coming up. Uh, we don't want to tell you too much about it. But that is also in the works. Uh, and it's crazy that it's been 35 years since the original Highlander was released. Uh, so stay tuned to our feed for that as well. Uh, any final thoughts before we leave, guys? Ooh, can't wait to continue the end game. That's right. We're, we're, we're in the end game. Now. That's right. I'm if you thought I babbled this episode, or I don't know. It's uh it's gonna be rough, but uh hopefully There's we'll make it. So much. There's <laughs> so much to do. It is stunning. Stunning the choices that were made. And you know, you're getting a taste of it now. It's only gonna get worse. Yep, 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 yep. All right. Well, thanks everybody for joining us. We've been your rewatchers. I'm Keith. This is Kyle. This is Eamon. What's a hot dog? Bye, hot dog. Get off my land. Welcome to the Highlander Rewatch podcast, the podcast where each and every week we talk about another facet of the Highlander universe. I'm one of your rewatchers. I'm Keith. This is Kyle. This is Eamon. It's, and, it, 
You know, some things Scotland and the United States have in common. Get off my land. That's true. Get off off our land. My property. That's right. Uh, Welcome to episode three of our Highlander Ngame coverage. Uh, So if you've missed the first episodes, we urge you to take a look back. Our first episode, we did a trailer reaction, uh, which was a lot of fun. Uh, In our first episode, we gave the dates and deets about all the actors and producers and writers and everybody involved, the producers, the the uh, the alleged, or no, not alleged, convicted. Uh, convicted rapist. rapist. <laughs> That's right. Harvey Weinstein, whose um, grubby little mitts were on this movie. Uh, anyway, True but enough. here we are uh, on episode three, uh, getting into the meat of it now, right? Because we, we barely we barely scratched the surface in our second episode. Barely gave it a little tickle. That's right. A little tickle. But before we do that, uh, we're going to read some reader mail, uh, which is exciting. So it's always tricky when we get uh, emails when we wrap up like our series coverage, because then we're about to launch into the movie. And like, I don't know, sometimes we don't get to read them for a bit. Uh, so we thought we'd just read two on this episode. Uh, so we're, we're still keeping up with the reader mail. Uh, so this comes from Carrie T., uh, and the subject of the email is just respect. Uh, so respect. these these are not that's right. These are not uh, end game uh, specific emails, but we're more about uh, us wrapping up our uh, coverage of the series. So, so Carrie writes, um, I regret that I did not get this out in time. But to answer uh, your you guys' question from the last episode, the shows that you did that were either parties or just you guys being goofy were great. Oh, yeah, because we were wondering, we're like, people must hate these, right? Yeah. (laughs) Um, So Carrie writes, she says, uh, my son who listens with me when I uh, when we drive made me replay over and over again uh, as Kyle killed his vocal cords yelling respect and podcast. Uh, So that's great. Two years of podcasts. (laughs) Uh, We really found that whole bit hilarious, especially as he morphed into the Macho Man. Uh, Honorable mentions, of course, were Slam the Cat. Uh, and Aimenbot. Congratulations, Aimenbot. Oh, Aimenbot. Yeah. Uh, we really enjoy all the time and silliness that goes into the podcast uh, about a show we all love from the 90s. We can't wait uh, for the endgame coverage. Hey, here we are. Uh, hey. And we will actually be wa- re-watching The Raven with you guys as I own it, but have literally never watched it. Me too, Damn. basically. Uh, don't lose your head and treat her with much more respect. It's a- respect. Oh, thank you, Gary. That's good. I'm I'm very glad to hear somebody liked uh even just one person like that stupid shit we did. I think I saw some other people say they liked it on yeah, some other people did. So that was fun. Fast a book. Yeah, maybe we'll have to torment people and do one of those again. Yeah. Eamon bot I moved into my girlfriend's house, so Eamon bot is cold on the trail. Oh, interesting. Or is Aimenbot in heaven? I don't remember the lore of Aimenbot. Uh, no, I, th- I think Or you, was I in heaven? I think you're now. in heaven, and no. I think we're talking to Aimenbot now, so. No, right. I yeah. think we, it, uh, Aemon came down from, back down from heaven at one point and pulled <laughs> yeah. him through, because Aimenbot right. had killed him. Oh, yeah. right. I think is where we landed. We've There's got some... a complicated mythology, yeah. just like Highlander and Game. Yeah. We got to go back, and that's a bad improv because there's no way I would have. I I am going to heaven when I when I die. <laughs> yeah, we're okay. gonna do that. Uh, Very good. Uh, we have a second email. This is from uh, Lisa. Uh, Lisa F. Uh, Lisa. She says, 
Hey guys, uh, something you said in your series wrap up really resonated with me. The reason you're hard on the series is that Highlander taught you to think about ethical questions in a deep way, which then allowed you to go back and ask whether the series could have handled those issues better. I loved Highlander in high school and college. Years later, my friends and I still discuss certain episodes, wondering if the characters could have chosen a different way to resolve morally gray situations. We bonded over those Highlander debates, but all through the rewatch, I struggled with episodes and characters that felt way more racist, sexist, or abusive than I remembered. I wanted to keep loving it for old time's sake, but it felt too deeply problematic for me to love it uncritically. But you guys maybe realize that the legacy of the show is that it challenged us to think deeply and fight to make the world better. Thinking critically about Highlander and wanting uh, it to be better is part of that legacy too. Thanks uh, for helping me come back to loving the show, even when, or especially when it falls short of its own ideals. You guys are amazing. Thanks, Lisa. That was really sweet. No, it's very nice. Thank yeah. you. Thank you very much. Those emails mean a lot. Uh, so um, before we uh, get into, we're going to play some music videos this episode. We've got some games, of course, to play. And of course, we're going to be talking about Highlander Endgame. But first, we've got to play the catalog game. Yeah. And so the way this game works is I'm going to read an uh, item description out of the uh, illustrious Highlander catalog. And Eamon and Kyle are going to try to do their best to guess what the actual retail price of that item was within 20%. Uh, and whoever gets closest gets my respect for the rest of the episode and also gets to give their opinion first. It's very high stakes. The prize is, I don't know, very desirable, obviously. Um, so here we go. Let me bring it up on the old screen here. And so today we're going to be reading out of the 1996 catalog again, which is a catalog we haven't visited too much on this show. Look at that Stein. Look at that Stein. That's right. So today we're going to be talking about item 126, the pewter Stein. Watch the. It's <laughs> funny. That's right. Uh, watch the. <laughs> That's very funny, Evan. Uh, watch the firelight flicker in the curve of this magnificent pewter stein, engraved with the Highlander logo, as you raise your drink in honor of those who carry on. A stein so powerful, <laughs> <laughs> oh, you'll yeah. want to be careful what you put in it, and when you finish, you'll see the world through uh, through its glass bottom. A surefire way to keep your eye on your enemies. <laughs> wow. Wow, Man. indeed. Epic. Epic. Epic Stein. Yeah. So, uh, Eamon, you went la uh, first last time. So, Kyle, why don't you give us your guess on item 126, the Highlander Pewter Stein with glass bottom? Uh, I am going to guess, prorating for the glass bottom, that it's only $29.99. Wow, $29.99. Maybe, but... We shall see. Mm. Mr. Eamon, how much would you pay in 1996 for this Highlander Stein? Or how much do you oh. think they charge for it? Excuse me. Ooh, I was going to guess that price. So I'm going to say $25.99. $25.99 to Kyle's $29.99. The winner is Kyle. Actual retail price was $35. Oh, shit. Wow, which would make this uh, $58, almost $60 for this mug today. That's $50, I think. Well spent. <laughs> I wish it was like a cooler looking Stein. Like, I just yeah. think it's a little, like, it looks like something you'd take camping, like a like camping when, mug. Yeah. It, it, it's a little, it's a little, uh, basic. Sure. Yeah. A little basic. Yeah. I mean, but I, I like the other Highlander glassware, uh, yeah. that they release. Anyway, so there we go. There's the Highlander Stein. Great job, Kyle. You get my respect and you get to give your opinion. 
at the end of the episode. Now, of course, we don't need to get into the dates and deets. We did that uh, on our last episode, so make sure to check that out. Uh, but we did promise that we are going to be talking a bit about Miss Lisa B's music. She was a, a pop star that was like, I guess more popular in the UK, not in the US, because I believe she's from the US initially, uh, but ended up, I think, and lives in the UK now. Um, Sounding good. That's that's right, Eamon. Uh, so um, as promised, we're going to play a little bit of her music in each one of these episodes. So I've got three selections for us. This one does not have a music video, so we're just going to tease the music. Uh, but stay tuned, because in future episodes, we've got music videos. Uh, boom. It's Lisa B. It's glam. She's got jean shorts and a heart uh, thing. Here we go. Let's listen to Lisa B. Glamorize your life. A song what a life what a song there this we go the most generic sounding pop <laughs> glam glam that's right so how about that it's like Eurobeat techno dance stuff right that's what we got i love, it. I, love I put that song on in the morning when i'm getting ready for work that's great day. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so uh we'll be playing some more uh of lisa b's music uh it's i don't know it's uh it's of a type right it's a genre i don't really listen to uh it's fun i suppose if you're at the club dancing it's got a beat it sounds like a song you would hear while playing gran turismo oh interesting interesting i was thinking playing ddr description but yeah okay no dance dance i haven't played that yeah wow how about that hmm yeah, that game does have a lot of those. Games? Do I remember racing car games? Are those still a thing? Yeah, they are. I don't play them. There's Mario Kart. Ooh, Mario Kart. Mamma mia. Look at this action we're getting. Amen, tell us who's co-hosting with you today. Tina, my oh. doggy. <laughs> right. She's licking my face. Mm -hmm. Aw. I love Tina. It. We need more Tina content. <laughs> Tina's great. Maybe I can get her a little kilt. Oh, that would be adorable. You yeah. look quite good. Very she was in Highlander the Source also. Oh, good. Very good. All right. So uh so to recap real quick, what has happened? What's going on? We've gotten Rachel has exploded. A hot dog. Rachel <laughs> yeah. has exploded. Yeah, I guess it's all that's happened in that's the first in two That's insane. <laughs> <laughs> a hot dog has been eaten and a character has been exploded. That's it. That's all cut. we get. Yeah. In the rough cut, a priest has enjoyed a Christmas tree. <laughs> right. That's, That's true. It. That's all we get. All right. So we're really getting into the meat of it now. So we're jumping back in. We get a title card that says the sanctuary present day. So we don't know what the sanctuary is yet, but it's mm -mm. present day, which means it's, I guess, September 2000, right? Because, mm -hmm. uh, yeah, the previous scenes all took place 10 years ago. 
So, <laughs> yes. <laughs> I, I, don't, I, don't, I, don't, I don't even know where to start with this. So we see a man who I guess we learn is Connor, who is yeah. strapped into some kind of device. It's like a mo- medieval torture sex device or something, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. with like this metal helmet covering <laughs> his eyes. He's got like a long beard and fingernails. He's wearing like what looks like an uncolored X-Men outfit or like- I was gonna say that, it is the X-Men outfit. Yeah, it like or like something a miner on an asteroid would wear, I think, yeah. is what <laughs> his costume is meant to channel. Uh-huh. And he's like there's like tubes involved. It is tubes. It is, <laughs> That's right. It is crazy. Whatever yep. this is. Yeah. Nuts. And he's like, How long have you been? Has it been a year, a century? Maybe more. This to me also feels like it could be the opening of a movie, right? Like, with the, yeah. like, there's a now we get another voiceover like talking about like oh there's something happening here and it's like why oh, didn't we gonna... open with this I don't know incompetence this, I don't know isn't this more interesting than yeah. like watch watch you back <laughs> yeah eat a hot dog and watch you back yeah also like I also think this would be a dumb opening but it would be by far the better of the best of the openings that we have seen sure right. yeah we just don't need multiple openings like it's yeah. it's so silly uh so this is very short but then we trigger a flashback to Glencoe Scotland in 1555 yeah. um so if it's 1555 that means that this is roughly 19 years after the last time we saw Connor in Scotland right mm-hmm. yeah like when uh, he gets banished he's about 18 years old so this is 19 years i think after that so uh i was watching this movie alone uh and my lovely wife came down the stairs just as this scene was getting started and we get to see shots of connor and she's only ever seen the first highlander film and she goes, oh my God, is that supposed to be him? He looks so old. Did they do that on purpose? <laughs> he looks like shit. Like, oh boy. He looks older than he is in real life. <laughs> yes. <laughs> There's also like, they have, he has like, doesn't he have like gray hair? Like a little bit of gray hair here? I'm like, mm-hmm. why they couldn't have brushed that out with just even some temporary dye? Like, I don't understand why like, he has visibly gray hair at all in this movie. Here's what I don't get. I watched an interview like that, like I think came on the DVD with Christopher Lambert, and he looks younger in the interview than he does in this movie. They don't do him any favors, and <laughs> always has a haircut that makes him look old, right? In some way, like the weird bowl cut he has in the present yeah. day, like. Yep. Not just good. choices were made that really smashed the illusion that he's immortal. Yeah. Yeah. And like we said in the past, he looks like a Vigo from uh <laughs> right. From Ghostbusters, Ghostbusters too. Yeah. Interesting. Although BD they're they're about the right age, or at least BD Edney is. I looked up mm-hmm. like uh I think how old was she at the, the first movie? Uh I don't know. It, it, if she's around 18 to 20 years in the first movie, uh yeah. a similar age to Connor, she's 38 in real life, and so she should be about 40 right now. So like her she age looks, is tracking. Yeah, she looks good. Yeah. She looks much better than him. At this age. Oh boy. I do like that they got BDNE back. Like I think that's yeah. cool that like we get to see like I, I think it's cool that they go back to yeah. that well, right? Well, yeah. I think in your yeah. interview in, in in your interview with her, Keith, I think you mentioned like or she mentioned she had to fight to like 
get her role back. Like they were just going to cast somebody else. Yeah. What? Yes. She was like, no, uh, this is my character. Yeah. I'll, I'll be playing this. And I'm like, yes, I'm glad she did that. Right. Yeah. And again, age appropriate for it too. Like yeah. it's, it wouldn't make sense to recast it. Like, nope. Whatever. All right. So what's going on here? So we got some like angry, some angry dudes on horses have shown up to like fuck around with Connor. And he's like, get off my land. And so they tell him, that like he's a demon or whatever and they like claim that he's a witch they they want him back or they're gonna burn his mother i guess i don't even think they want him back i think they just came to inform him well that was my next note was just like i was like why are they here like they they tell him this and then just leave and i'm like yeah. huh like shouldn't they want to like kill him like shouldn't he have to fight them off uh, like if they think like, oh, maybe he's causing this from afar or like they also don't even say, did they ever say like, what's wrong? Is like, they're just like, you cursed us. And it's like, curse yeah. what? Like, should they have said, they should have at least said like, oh, we haven't been able to grow crops in so long or our well spoiled or some, yep. something to like put blame on Connor and his mother for. But they they don't. So in like one of the scripts, they say that they have the plague and they're blaming Connor for the plague. Yeah, I think that's it. And it's like, that's not in the movie. Well, that would also make a lot more sense considering what we see with the mother later. So, but we'll get into yeah. that. So all, this guy just yells over and over again, your mother will burn. <laughs> and I just can't imagine being a human being who thinks that they're the good guy, <laughs> who utters the sentence, your mother will burn. Mm -hmm. And you're like, yep, I'm, I'm, I'm a righteous dude. So let me ask this. Let me posit this. Is this the origin of like your mama jokes on the on the schoolyard? Yeah. There could be no other. <laughs> yeah. Um, your mom is so evil that we're gonna burn her at the stake. Yeah. Uh <laughs> yeah, there were such lies back then as prefaces to violence. Yeah. <laughs> uh then, so after this, I guess like Heather looks on, she's worried. Connor, we get like Connor suits up, which I think is cool. Yeah. Like he like yeah. he he looks like a fucking hero. He's got his kilt and he's got his like the uh, McLeod sword. The, the sword, mm -hmm. right? Which oh, we got to talk about the sword. Uh so I guess Connor placed an order with the, you know, uh the Highlander catalog to get a brand mm -hmm. new, like, <laughs> like completely out of the box, shiny, like his it's sword shiny. is straight up out of the catalog. Mm -hmm. It is not like a movie prop that would like look like it had seen battle or like you know what I mean like yeah. it's just ridiculous. Okay, but whatever. Uh, where where, where in the timeline? Stainless does, steel. Like yeah, where, like shouldn't he have Ramirez's sword? Yeah. Why does he? Why does he take that sword? Other than it being maybe symbolic or something. But yeah, he should have the katana. Well, I, see, I always assumed that he continued. Like he's got the McLeod sword. That's still him. Like he doesn't abandon the McLeod sword until he leaves his home and Heather dies. Got it. So he should already have it, but like yeah. I didn't have a problem with him not using it at this point. Okay. I mean, I that's guess that fair. makes sense. He yeah. does like leave the sword with her body, right? So yeah. like, yeah, that's true. That's an impetus to only use the other sword. Okay. Mm -hmm. Good, good, good. Mm -hmm. uh, so he goes on this, there's this like kind of montage of him riding in Scotland. Some of this looks good. Some, Some of it, there, we get like a digital sunset. Uh, so that's a thing. Uh, apparently, like the person riding, of course, is not Christophe Lambert. It is a, some woman is a stunt double and they, you know. Some uh, woman. Okay, okay. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, I, I don't know. It's um, the music here really, I like, 
I can't imagine how much does it cost? Like, could they not license the music from their own movie? Like, I'm always shocked <laughs> that they can't yeah. use like, and I get that they might have to pay for, even though it's like their movie, like different people have their hands in the, the pot or whatever, but like, they, they what about get, a queen song? <laughs> just something that's like, I don't know why, why yeah. this cheesy, like electronic. Michael Kamen, Michael Kamen music, something. Yeah. That like, would be nice. Yeah. It would be nice. This. Um, also all the months, I felt like I could never appreciate any of the vistas in anything in this movie because there's a lot of, it was like they're filmed by like a, someone on a hang glider. <laughs> mm -hmm. Like they keep on like taking weird angles and things like that. That makes it look different than like, I think a, a normal helicopter shot would look. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It does and like fly around. Vision to like twist to the camera. Um, and they're very fast. Like everything is for some reason, again, in a 90 minute movie, like, <laughs> all these montages and landscapes all go by at like this accelerated pace in a way that really disrupts my enjoyment of them, even if it's otherwise like attractive footage. Sure. Well, um, I feel like, I feel like the, the, like the, the rough cut, like takes more time with all of this stuff. Like the, the producer's cut is just like, we have to make as many cuts as we can. We have to like wrap this thing up. And it's really like jarring and yeah, doesn't make for a good, like coherent viewing experience. No, it doesn't. And it makes Scotland, like Scotland, an objectively beautiful place look kind of uninteresting. Mm -hmm. Like it was interesting. We would actually spend time looking at it instead of like- <laughs> Right, just moving on. Moving past it, like- yeah. Uh, I, I will also say at the end of this, like I have a note that like this movie to me just keeps failing its audience like over and over again. And once again, I'm like, who is this movie for? Like at the end of this scene, I'm like, why do they not like him? Like what is what has gone wrong? We don't know what that is. That's a question. Mm -hmm. They say he's a demon. Why? Why? Do, like if I haven't seen the first movie, you know what I mean? Like once again, it would be great in the opening credits. Maybe we get a montage of like, what was Connor's life like before we can show him get cast out and called a demon. Like, so we can have some background. Like, I don't know that from watching this. Like, it's just, it's so much stuff that would have helped out the viewer to just kind of have a line to recap it or a clip or whatever. I don't know. No That's good. The problem is it so relies on what you already know while still then later just bludgeoning you with awkward exposition. But it's like, you didn't need to do this because you made a bunch of assumptions along the way. And now you've now you've like negated all those decisions by including the overt exposition. Like, sure. It's and also, like you said, it relies on the audience's like prior knowledge of the Highlander like lore. But then as we will see later, we'll start contradicting that lore. So like, it's really a mind fuck. It's like, remember all that stuff you knew about Highlander? Like you better remember it for this scene. Uh, and then we're gonna tell you it's all wrong later. Like, ugh. anyway, so we get this little montage, we get a sunset uh, and then we cut uh, that night, I guess. So now we cut to his village uh, and in Connor's mother's house. So what's going on here? So his mother is like on death's door or something, or I don't know what the fuck's wrong with her. Do we well, know what's wrong with her? It's weird. Uh, uh, uh. So you, you mentioned that there was the plague plot earlier. That would make a lot more sense if she is sick from the plague, right? Sure. Mm -hmm. But of course we don't know that. Uh, but also I'm so confused. Like, well, we're gonna find out that she dies uh, soon. But like, I'm like, is she gonna die anyway? Like, it, it to me, it like, feels the, like it. the stakes yeah. feel lame because of that. Like, 
I mean, I get yeah. I get that she died a horrible death, but like it just doesn't feel like he was there to save her from anything. Like her her ultimate doom is that she's going to die very soon. Uh, mm -hmm. So I, I don't know. Uh, I feel like they they screw that up. But she, I thought she was the water horse come to take me away. <laughs> I meant to look that up. Do you know if that's any sort of like legend? This like water horse thing. Well, at first the answer is yes. Okay. Uh, it's like Loch Ness monster. Is that is that the same thing or is that different? It's it was a different creature, but it's like an mm -hmm. equivalent kind of mythology. Okay. It's like a like a spirit that would come and drown people in the loch was like the idea. Separate note, I was initially confused because a water horse is also a nickname for a hippo. Mm. Uh. River horse, I think is actually what that is. But uh, at first I was like, do people I don't even know what hippos are? Does she think a hippo is going to drown? Like <laughs> to drown her? But yes, that is like an existing mythological thing is the gotcha. water horse. I feel like I remember some movie that came out a, a couple years ago. That's like a children's fantasy movie. That's yes. some, like something of called, the water it's horse. It's called the water horse. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. Mm -hmm. There we go. Maybe we should watch that movie yeah. instead yeah. of this movie. Yeah. It might be better. <laughs> it definitely is better. What are we yeah. crazy? Dollars to donuts, I'd say. Yeah. It's better. He's like, hey, hey, nobody come to care for you. Right. And nobody has. They're just like letting yeah, her die. Well. <laughs> yeah. Awful, but I guess it's because they're all like, what, scared of her? Again, we don't really know the reasons for this. They but... think she's gonna curse their their families if they interact with her in any way. Yeah. Uh, so then he's gonna like take her out of there. Uh, also, by the way, did anyone wonder where's his dad? Yes. <laughs> okay, where's his dad? I don't, I don't know. I don't know either. Like his, this, his, once again, his, this movie relies on you knowing yeah. that he has a mother, that he was, you know, kicked out of his like clan, but then is like, we're not even going to mention all the other stuff that you are definitely thinking of right now. Uh, yeah. right now. His, his dad was in the third one, right? Maybe. I don't remember. <laughs> Whatever. Uh, it doesn't matter. Was his dad in the third one? I don't remember. Uh, it's just, I don't weird. think so. Yeah. I, don't, I don't know. I'm, I'm thinking of Duncan. I yeah guess. right his dad uh, shows up a few times i'm just like what like <laughs> <laughs> yeah that also, should have been the tagline of this movie what his what? mom's his mom's not in the in the movie is she in the, in first? the first one no yeah we don't see because i was curious i was like oh is there a mother is this the same actress no where no. where where was she in the first one i is mean it, it doesn't yeah. matter really Whatever. i guess no like, it doesn't matter, it's but. it's just strange that it's going back to this well but it's doing it in such a poor way uh mm -hmm. So anyway, so now he's going to take his mother out of the village, care for her at home. And right before he leaves, he gets, I guess, the buzz, question mark. Uh, this is I, our first. Yeah, I think right. he's not sure, but we come to find, yes, he is getting the buzz. Right. And the door gets busted down and who Ooh. shows up but Mr. Uh, Priestman uh, Priest. and, and his son, Jacob Kell. Uh, so we, we can watch that clip if we'd like. I don't know. Uh, yeah, sure. Let's do that. Sure. Jacob Jacob Kell. How many times is Jacob Kell said in this movie? <laughs> Why are we too many? Yeah. Jacob Kell. Jacob Kell. I, I vouched for you. At the, uh, uh. There's our buzz. Come uh, on, uh. what is it? I'm not sure. Uh. It happened once before. Uh. Oh! <laughs> All right. Connor. Of the Holy Sea and the rule of law. 
Look how cold it is. Oh my god. With heresy and the practice of black magic. We were friends, remember Jacob? I stood at your ordination. I vouch for you. You shouldn't have come back, Connor. Take him. Oh, crazy, right? All right, there we go. Amazing. Was this a trap? It's a trap. Oh, interesting. Uh, this is a random note I made. Akbar style? Maybe. Yeah, Akbar style. Uh, yeah, I guess so. That's possible. Like, would they have burned his mother this soon if he didn't show up? That's that's what I was wondering. I was wondering if, like, did they come to taunt him, to lure him to come back to the village? Right. And then they were going to kill both of them at some point. But Okay. I mean, that, that would make some some sense, I suppose. A very little bit of sense. Yeah. Perhaps a little bit. It, it, it perhaps explains the question of what were those people doing there? Right. Yeah, why didn't they just show up to kill him? Like, yes. like I don't understand why this isn't like Beauty and the Beast style where... Uh, you know, Gaston leads a uh, a horde of angry villagers to Connor's place to put an end to the plague, right? Tale yeah. as old as time. That's right. Very good. Song as old as rhyme. All right. So let's talk about Jacob Kell. Here he is, long red hair, long red beard. Uh, I was like, all I could think was, that's what this man looked like in the past? I thought yeah. that too. I I, I had to actually go online because I was like, did they have a different actor play him in the past? Because I was like, he doesn't look at all the same. Is, no. he, is he supposed to be the character in the first movie, like the, the priest character who kills somebody in the... in the? I wondered thing? that. I had that written down. I'm not sure if he is or not. That would be kind of cool, right? They look similar. Yeah. But that would be cool. But I don't think Are that's... Are you talking about the dad or Jacob? Jacob. Jacob. Mm. Like, cause they look kind of the same, yeah. right? A little bit. Yeah, I don't know. Or maybe the dad, maybe the dad's older now. And that yeah. was him in, in the first movie. Cause they both kind of have robes and, and shit. Yeah, yeah. I don't Interesting. know. Interesting. But mm. this is weird. Yeah, and they so... had that weird like dog leash thing. <laughs> yeah, you mean a noose? <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's like, it's like <laughs> on a it's like on a stick. Oh, Eamon, are you drinking some champagne for this? Mm -hmm. I didn't know this was a champagne event. Champagne nope. jam. It's a regular champagne jam, guys. I broke it out for Ngame. Very good. All right. So after Connor gets captured, uh, and, and we find out that, I guess, you know, Connor and Jacob have some history together. They were friends, right? They were buddies. Best they were buddies. buddies. All right. So now we cut later that night, and we're in the jail slash a witch burning. That is the scene that comes yep. next. Uh, so this is our first shot of Jacob wearing like the leather shoes with the little crosses. Uh, yeah. And again, these were all added later because they were like, no one knows this character is the same. We need to like signify it with some shit. There we go. In the, in the early script that somebody sent us, Jacob Kell is just a priest. Like, and that's how you know who he is. The modern Jacob Kell is just a priest. Yeah. Like, so he, he, he wears like a priest's whatever, uh, the collar. Yeah, and we're going to be getting more into, like, there's definitely some symbolism that was supposed to be in this movie, and there's something going on here that I think is reminiscent of Highlander 1, which I actually appreciate a lot. However, uh, does it all come together? The answer is no, but we're going to talk yeah. about it. Uh, and so let's, like you mentioned, he's a priest. I think that's super significant. And I will also say, I think his red hair is supposed to be kind of significant as well. Ooh. because we're gonna get to it man we gotta watch the movie 
We got to watch Ooh. the movie. All right. So what's going on in this jail? How's this all shake out? So go ahead, Damon. Uh, I was just going <laughs> to say, like, it's a shitty jail and he's like <laughs> able to break one of the bars out with seemingly not that much difficulty. Yeah, they start like setting he her on fire and he see. goes crazy. Yeah. Yeah. So several questions about this. Jacob initially goes up and like, I don't know if we're supposed to think he's like a good guy initially because like he tries to give her a chance to like repent and like escape this fate. Right. If she like denounces or claims that Connor McLeod is not of her loins. Mm-hmm. Right. And she makes like this very incriminating statement about how like if your God's gonna punish me, like I'll find a new God. And I'm like, <laughs> yeah. I'm like, Damn. I don't think you're allowed to do that in this is culture. <laughs> like this is this is yeah. not the time period to do this, ma'am. But okay. also, like Connor is not of her loins. That was my question. Is is isn't he? Are we supposed to think he's like a foundling, or aren't we? I, I mean, I think I think that's fine. I think no matter which way it comes down. It's like, no, man, I'm his fucking mom. Like, mm. like it's her standing up and being like, that's my child. And we're supposed to like, that's, I think, like a hero moment for her to be for like, sure. I'm not going to, you know, turn on my son. He's still my son. Yeah. But also throughout all this, like Kel is very, he does not really seem to want to do any of this. Like, you know what I mean? He seems like very like sad to have to be doing this. He's not like relishing in it. Unlike seemingly everyone else right uh also there's i wish this was just done a bit differently i feel like they there's this one i don't know if it's a townsperson whatever i don't know one of the people that helps like hoist her up on this like cross to like (laughs) crucify slash burn her uh he puts like a uh like a powder bag around her neck i thought that was kind of cool so the idea would be that like when she burns it will at some point catch and just explode and kill her to like ease the suffering but it's just some random dude and like yeah, part yeah. of me really wishes that was Jacob that did that because like, I feel like at least we can read into that. Like, oh, Jacob is being, he's maybe doing a bad thing, but he's, there's some bit of kindness in this horrible act, right? Or that like, it, it shows that like, hey, yeah, him and Connor were friends and he's got to carry out this, like his duty, but will right. give Connor or his mother because he has some respect for her the you know uh the privilege of a quick death or something i don't know but that's it's just weird that it's not him that does it i don't know yeah side note uh (laughs) i had a long detour in my notes here i was like there's no way blowing someone's head off is like a more merciful thing this all seems like bullshit (laughs) right right yada yada yada. i'd eat crow on all that i looked it up apparently this was in fact a, a, a an occasional practice that people did expressly for the purpose of making it more pleasant for the person who was burned Right. So wow. that's that's historically accurate, I suppose. There you go. That's pretty cool. I yeah. mean, it's not it's horrible, but, <laughs> but. Um, black powder. <laughs> All right, so how does Connor break out of this whole scene? So he this, busts one of the this part bars. is kind of cool. Tell I me, think. tell me about it, Mister Cool. Let's go. Uh, so he's like, like grabbing at the bars, and he like pulls one out, and he falls over, and this alerts the guards, so the guards come in. And he takes the fucking like bar and just like stabs it like through someone's head, doesn't he? He stabs it like through their neck, and there yeah. is just blood everywhere. And the blood and he, in this movie all looks terrible. Yeah, like, all the blood looks bad. Well, I here this okay. is like '70s samurai movie blood. Well, that's the thing is that like yeah. 
not to say it doesn't look bad, Kyle. Like it just looks like it's from. Like where are we? Like that blood doesn't belong in this movie, does movie. it? Like stylistically, like what am I watching? Is this like an action like gore fest? This is like Kill Bill blood. Yeah, yes. exactly. Uh, and yeah, I don't understand why they deployed this in the movie. Yeah, uh, the first movie wasn't like gross out like this. Uh, nope. Although it was pretty violent, I think. I don't know. This is just like nuts out. Uh, and then Connor chops off someone's hand. I love that part. That is not. That is a difference between cuts. In one of them, the hand cut is not present. I don't know why they made that choice, but I want to say the the theatrical version doesn't have the hand being. It doesn't. Yeah. And the producer's cut puts it back in. You got to see it. There's a goofy like (laughs) cut where the third guy, like Connor, looks at him like, "Oh, Uh I'm gonna kill you," and like. The guy runs in with an axe, right. goes to swing it at him, and like hits the roof. Yeah, but then and we then get guy, yeah, it's a comedy beat here. Yeah, like, and then mm-hmm. Connor goes like, mm, and, and they do a push. The they push right in on him like it's a hero shot. Like I got yeah. you now. The hero's here. My mom's being burned alive <laughs> right outside, but there's enough like, time for a goofy moment. Yeah, and then like so the the goofy moment ends because that guy gets like thrown. Like somehow, like yeah. he like mm-hmm. magically force pushed through the door, and it's like ha ha ha, very funny. And I guess that guy doesn't get killed, unlike all the other people Connor kills. Yeah, I, yeah, I, right. Lucky him. Of his former family members. Yeah. Uh, it ain't right. this is insane. <laughs> so Connor goes out. I gotta say, this looks pretty cool. Like we yes. got extras, shits on fire. Like I'm like, is this a is this a real movie I'm watching? Maybe like. Yeah. Uh, so Connor tries to rescue his mother and he's like chopping her ropes down or whatever. Uh, but before he's able to get her all the way off, the the powder catches, explodes, he goes flying back. She falls on him. The cross, I guess, I think it's supposed to be implied, although there's fire in other places. I think it's supposed to be implied that like when that cross falls down, that's what sets other stuff on fire. Yes. Yes. We can talk about why that is being implied here because it might've been different originally. So yes, mm. it was. Do we want to talk about this now? Now seems like the time. All right, fine. We'll just talk about it now. So in the, I guess the original version, Raymond, do you want to do it? Go for it. Sure. Yeah. Meaning the script or? Yeah. In the script and maybe they filmed this way and changed it. That I'm not sure about. But like Connor was supposed to be so enraged by his mother's death that he burns the village down. And they thought that's not, he wouldn't do that. They like thought that later. Like this is too evil like we can't have him burn his whole village down and like kill his villagers yeah <clears throat> which i'm like i don't know like it's a different time and all but the village treated him pretty shittily <laughs> like yeah i uh, mean slaughtering innocent people is obviously bad but i'm just you know i, I don't know how how the audience would have taken that yeah, I, I think I agree that it doesn't feel like Connor's that sort of character. But at the same yeah. time, I mean, we don't know a lot about Connor's like backstory. And like if they did it, as long as they gave like some good ramifications of that, right. I think it would be okay. Especially, and we'll talk about this later, uh, Connor and Duncan have a conversation in a cemetery later. And it seems to be that like they, they use this conversation, like a wedge is driven between Connor and Duncan at some point. Yeah. And I'm not convinced that wedge is big enough. Uh, it's like a dumb thing. I think if they had him burn down the village, 
I was like, oh, that's a pretty rough thing that Connor did in the past. Uh, that might drive right. away. Like, I don't know. It's just like, I get the idea of raising the stakes of this instance if it affects maybe a breakup of Connor and Duncan later. It doesn't do that, so it doesn't matter. So it's fine that I guess they they don't have him burn the, the village down. Uh, but yeah. wow, how yeah. about that? Did anybody else like kind of unintentionally laugh at the part where his mother's like burnt corpse falls off the yes. cross? <laughs> Between the explosion and then her flopping on top of him, it's yeah. a little bit funny. Like, like it's it made me think think of like Sam Raimi. I was like, oh. this is like weird like black comedy. Like <laughs> you're you're well, especially because they just had me kind of giggling about the the comedy beat right before this with the axe. Right. And I'm like, oh okay, there's like some levity here. And then that happens, and like there is like this weird like he goes flying when the thing explodes. That's a little bit funny that he goes flying, then her yeah. body falls on. I don't. It's all just a little yeah. bit funny. Yeah. Good, right. good call. Yeah, good yeah here call. we let's let's, let's watch it. this here. Ooh. <laughs> Boom! All right. Also, I'm gonna go ahead and say, don't surround your bonfire with hay, you <laughs> fucking dipshits. Like, <laughs> like, no wonder your village burned down, you idiots. Yeah, bur burn, burn the witch like a little bit away from your thatched huts. And like yeah, that's right. So after she dies, I guess like villagers go to attack Connor, and he just like stabs the shit out of these people, right? Mm -hmm. uh, and then I guess he's like trying to, I don't know, he's comforting his mother, well, his mother's dead or whatever. Uh, and the he's Jacob's like father. Mourning. Yeah, mourning. Yeah, like mourning over his mother. And so Jacob's father, the older priest, comes over and just puts his hand on Connor's shoulder. And I guess this, because Connor's in a, I don't know, like a state that everyone's attacking him, he just grabs a sword and stabs behind him and kills the priest, right? Yep. But the priest, the priest is like, leave her alone, or it says, let her be. Right. I guess because he's like, he's a demon and he's gonna try to do. Whatever. Oh, interesting. Or, I don't know. Yeah. But like, yeah, and Connor is like, fuck you. And then Jacob goes like, Bruh! right. Then Jacob picks up a sword and rushes him, and Connor delivers him his first death by just like stabbing the shit out of him yeah jacob just kind of runs into the sword uh so what, yeah. what do you think about this this setup here uh of Eamon says eh. i don't mind i'm like all right they killed each other's parents all right yeah i mean I that's get dark it. yeah it is dark yeah so it's like jacob Kell. i'm like dude you'd like <laughs> you tied his mom to a cross and like burnt her yeah and her, his father appears to be the chief architect of this. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like later, there's a bunch of discussion. Like you killed an unarmed man. It's like this man was not unarmed. He was armed with an angry mob. Right. Who burned a woman alive? Like that is not an unarmed man. Yeah. Like, yeah. The he, justification for him to like hate him for all time because of this yeah. doesn't quite make sense. Uh, and like, and they could have just let them go. They could have yeah. let them go. Yeah. yeah. Hates them so much that we come to learn that he has been on a 400-year vengeance quest about it, mm -hmm. basically, because of this moment yeah. uh, that has defined his entire life. Mm -hmm. It's because, like, my dad burned your mother alive and, like, you didn't, like, love him for it. I don't yeah. understand. Yeah. Uh, 
And it's also not crystal clear to me that do people interpret that Connor killed him on purpose or not? The fight. Oh, sorry. Go ahead, Damon. It doesn't seem on purpose to me. Like he killed someone, whoever touched him, just because yeah. like he didn't know necessarily that it was this priest or that the priest was unarmed. I agree. I think because yeah, he had just been attacked by a bunch of people, and somebody came up behind him, and he just like flinched and did it. Uh, yeah. So yeah, I, I don't think this was like a malicious act in the way that Jacob might be like, you murdered my father. It's like, I mean, I murdered somebody, but. After... Uh, to be clear, I, I say that because I wish he did intentionally kill him. Oh, interesting. Mm. Oh, well that would that would make more sense then. Uh, yeah. Like I, I wish that like Jacob watched Connor make the decision to kill him knowing he was unarmed. Right. And Connor makes the judgment like, you're responsible for this. You did this to my mother. Like, yeah, I will, I will take vengeance on you. Sure, and that's what sets off the cycle in this movie. Um, instead, it like kind of looks accidental. The father is clearly in the wrong about this whole situation. Like, mm -hmm. I don't know. Like, then Jacob, <laughs> yeah. Then Jacob gets up and traps um, Connor in a painting. That's right. That's what he does. Yes, that's it. Uh, so that's, that's a the Ghostbusters two joke for the people at home. Yes, that's right. Yes. Uh, so Connor rides off. The, the The village burns down. Right. So that's what's mm -hmm. going on. So a couple of things I want to mention. One, at this point, this village has produced the Clan McLeod has produced three immortals. Mm -hmm. This is insane. Like, and also yep. like Connor and Jacob like were like grew up together. Right. Yeah, like yeah. in the same era. Right. Two. Interesting. Will they be opposites? Maybe. Um, but uh, I like the the alt cut of this, or the the like the rough cut. I love the way this scene ends. This is so I think like sleek. Like first off, this is how the movie opens. Like the rough cut jumps into just the flashback, which I think is okay. Like we just learned that Connor's like under attack, and then he mm -hmm. goes to the village, and it, it all like is cut together just like it is in this movie. Yeah. Uh, but we get a first. Um, after Jacob dies, there's this really sleek cut. Well, actually, should I just play it? I mean, yeah, I don't know. Uh, why not? Um, if that's sleek, might as well. That's right. Uh, sleek, sleek, a dika. All right. Binya, binya. Polywog? Do you remember Gullah Gullah Island? I don't know why I just thought that. Sure. Binya, binya. Binya, binya. That stupid frog. All right, here. I'll give us a few seconds to lead us up into uh, the cut or whatever. Uh, but oops, here we go. So I think this. Gail. I think this is great Jacob editing, Gail. and it's it, and it's exciting. Like it lets you know, like, ooh, I gotta watch for that in the future. All right, so here we go. Connor goes off with the body. Village burns. We see Jacob's body. Village. Yeah. Where's the castle? Oh, there we go. Anybody catch like it? Wakes up. He wakes up, and I love yeah. the edit right to the. It's yeah. like, oh shit, he's immortal, right? That's cool. Yeah. And then I like this cool music. That's right. The big city, Duncan in a in a cab. Duncan in a cab. That's right. I think that's a pretty slick edit and exciting. Uh, slick yes. Willie, my that's favorite right. president. <laughs> Very good. Just kidding. Okay, so that's the end of the flashback. Now we cut back to the sanctuary and res like resume this previous scene. So we get more fucking voiceover with Connor saying my days are endless, filled to memories, memories of the past and Jacob, my mother, bah, 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 bah. Um, So 
can I ask about this sanctuary? Like, are they in disguise as monks? Is that what we're supposed to buy? Or is this like a weird, like the watchers like look like monks and like, this is a cool new direction for the, for the movie. I think that's what, I think that's what a producer might've thought. Like, because there seems to be this bizarre future aesthetic to a lot of Highlander properties that I think uh, yeah. certain producers yeah. uh, uh, had an appeal to. Uh, I, I hate the, I hate this. It looks dumb as shit. I hate it well, too. They're like future monks. Go on, Kyle. Well, I was going to say, there are different versions of this. Mm-hmm. In one version, they are just weird future monks because this mm-hmm. is not... In one version of this, they omit any reference to this being holy ground. Correct. Mm-hmm. Though it kind of looks churchy. Like, mm-hmm. I kind of assumed it was holy ground no matter what, though maybe yeah. the fact that they look like monks is what made me assume it. Right. Mm-hmm. In one version, they omit any reference to this being holy ground. In another, ver- in, the- in the theatrical version, this is stated that this is holy ground. This is holy ground. So I thought they were dressed as monks because it is supposed to be, like, it's supposed to be holy ground. So they are dressed as monks, so they, like, fit in there. Right. And On like, the producers, oh, sorry, good. Whether they're literally monks or not, like I didn't press on it too hard because like, oh, they're monks, they're at the church. That's fine. right. So on the producer's commentary, there is a bit of uh, like backflipping or something to try to like, disguise. I don't want to say disguise. Well, maybe I do. Like to cover for the fact that, hey, we did this thing. We decided just randomly to make this holy ground and there will be kills on holy ground, which is against the rules, right? Uh, the producers say that the reason they're this is not holy ground, they said it never was supposed to be, which is obviously not true. They released a movie where it was. Uh, they say that they are dressed as monks to disguise, like it is supposed to look like, that's like the cover, that this place is a church or something. So everyone will dress like monks so no one thinks anything is suspicious. But isn't that mm. also true if it is holy ground? Yeah, it doesn't make any sense. Yeah, like, it doesn't it's, make any sense. And also, it would make sense to put the sanctuary on holy ground. That's, that's yeah. what I was about to say. If the whole point is that you stop immortals from finishing the game, right? Can't quote unquote on holy ground. <laughs> I know it's that there that there are two versions of this movie where it's not holy ground and is holy ground. It's insane and like, of course, if your whole goal is to like have a place where immortals can't be killed you have to do it on the holy ground right that's yeah. like the only fucking why would you have a sanctuary if it wasn't on holy ground like if you have the option yeah, yeah if, you have, if you have the option right <laughs> like that makes no sense yes no Not sense all. at all and then it's like that's how bad these guys are is they break the rules right right which i guess you can break because they're not really rules yeah. sure um so I do want to mention something else here, just like a weird bit of movie making, like the style of this film, like how it's just all over the place. So when we cut back from the flashback and like we get this voiceover from Connor talking about how he thinks about his mother and everything. I'm like, wait, what's happening? Is he is he dreaming that? Is he thinking that? Is he t- like, is this yeah, outside? induced delirium. Well, that's the thing is like, yeah. I mean, this maybe seems kind of picky, but it really matters in movies. Like, where, what, where is 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 Connor the narrator of this movie? 
Mm. Or is this like, are we hearing inner monologue? You know what I mean? Like, what is this about? He seems to be comatose or something. So I shouldn't like, it should be like, let me tell you the story about when I was like uh, locked up underground to a weird sex dungeon in a sex dungeon or whatever. Like that's not the presentation we get. It seems that he's talking to us current. I, I don't know. That's, that's no good. Like, it's like, it's like when you change like a, like passive and active voices or something in your writing. It's like, that's mm -hmm. what's happening here. It's like, who's saying this? When are they saying it? How do I, mm -hmm. you know, what lens do I view this movie through? God damn it, guys. Hard to I say. Mean, and we'll get into that more too, because like the same thing happens on the show with like flashbacks. I think we had talked about like, are, is the show showing us what happened? Right. In the past, was, or is was, this a memory? And that's yeah. a, that's an important distinction to make. And it's fine to go either way, but when you start mixing and matching, like, these storytelling devices it can become confusing uh or just it it's like a spicy meatball a spicy meatball that's right it's a spicy meatball okay so this is crazy so <laughs> in this episode we have covered what have we covered the flashback to connor's village uh mm -hmm. and that's it and, the concept of, and like zoomed out to talk more about the concept of this sanctuary and that there might right. be sanctuary. And we got to see Elisa B a music video or not a music video, but here's a song. So lots of good stuff. Uh, I cannot believe like we are really going to get deep into this movie. Uh, I think there's a lot this, to talk about. Is this movie going to be longer than yeah. our initial Highlander? Shoot? I think it will uh, I think be. This, oh, I was going to vote that it's going to be the same length. So we'll see. Mm. Wow. Yeah. Who knows? Write us I'll in. Write us in. Highlander Rewatch at gmail.com and tell us how many episodes you think this travesty is going to be. Uh Great. Well, before we wrap it up, we can play a quick game. How's it sound, Kyle and Eamon? All right. You guys ready to go head to head? Head to head, baby. Head to head. All right. Kyle. No head. No head. All right. Kyle, what year was Connor born? Oh, God. 1492? No, I like almost wrote down 1492 like it was an answer. <laughs> like, what? No, I, I think that's definitely wrong. Uh, also, I didn't even like explain the rules. I guess I should just be asking the question and uh, you guys take a guess, you know, like shout your name out. Uh, so, uh, sure. and then we can do steal. So two points and you can steal it for a point. How's that sound? I'm making the rules sure. up after the first question. Eamon, <laughs> Kyle got that wrong. So you can uh, go for one point. I should know that and I just don't. Mm. Yeah, mm. I, don't, I don't know either. So I'm going to say uh, 1500. Close, 1518. Oh, oh question number two. Oh, yeah, I uh, I reversed Max, or I I put Max birth in the wrong century and then sub subtracted from it. Second question, what, is, what year was Duncan McLeod born? Say your name to ring in. Uh, uh, Amen. Yes. You just said your name. Oh. <laughs> no, that's yeah. wrong. Kyle, a steal? Wait, is it 1692? No, 1592. You both got it wrong again. Uh. It was the answer I gave to the last question. Uh, <laughs> fucking idiot. I thought you were going to get it. You were like, oh, I reversed the, the century. And I was yeah. like, oh, well, Kyle's definitely yeah, getting the next one. Then I did right. it again and <laughs> added 100 instead. This Oops. was. This I did it again. That's Free right. Brittany. All right. Third question Where was Russell Nash born? Oh. We are not good. We're doing so badly. You guys People are going to freak out. Stupid idiots. Eamon. Mm Eamon, -hmm. go. Uh, New Jersey. Wrong. Kyle oh, for the steal. Connecticut. No. Syracuse, New York. All Ooh. right. 
Remember, she goes to the library for the birth that, records. That's they match, right. They match the signatures. <laughs> that's right. They match the signatures. Very good. Uh, question number four in Highlander 2, what were the names of General Katana's two goons? Kyle. Yes. Corda and Reno. That's right. You gotta use that bullshit. <laughs> Corda, Reno. All right. In Highlander 1, what is the name of Ramirez's love? Kyle. Eamon, I think you snuck in. Shikiku. That's right. Eamon gets two points. All tied up. I love it. Shikiku. Shikiku. <laughs> uh, what year does Highlander 2 take place in? Kyle. Yes. 1985. No. Eamon. Wait, what? You said Highlander 2? <laughs> Shit. All right. Never <laughs> I Eamon. said Highlander 1. Kyle, shut up. You're done. What, Eamon? 2020. No, it is 2024. Oh, oh, damn it. So close. We're <laughs> so sorry. Well, you're both tied up, and the last one is just a bonus question. Uh, so we'll see who can break the tie, if it's even possible. What year does Highlander Endgame take place in? Amen. This is a mystery <laughs> to all of us. <laughs> it's a mystery. Pre present day? Yeah, it takes place <laughs> in present day. Present that's day. right. I'll give you the win for that <laughs> answer, Eamon. That's, uh, that's a winner. That. I think that's the best answer we can give. It takes there place in present day. Yikes. So how angry are our listeners at, at the results of this game? <laughs> Very. Is, we didn't acquit ourselves well. That's. For I, sure. I wonder how many listeners are angry at our take on this movie. I do know a lot of people hold this movie very dear. Uh, I think really? I don't know if we're in the minority uh, in people that I'm going to say maybe I, don't like this movie too I much. I don't think so. Uh, but uh, I will also say like, I should have said this in the first episode that like I was excited to see this movie. Like this was the oh, first yeah. movie. Well, I don't even mean that now. Like when it came out, I was in uh. high school when this movie came out in 2000 uh, or almost entering high school, I guess, middle school or something. Right. Uh, like there were no Highlander movies when I like, this was the first movie that got released after I'd become a Highlander fan. Like I had to watch everything, you know, catch up on everything. Like I got into the series by the time Highlander three had come out. So like, finally they were making like a new Highlander movie. It's like, I can look forward to this. Like I'm a fan of this shit. I got to go see this movie. Uh, and so I don't know, it, it weirdly holds a, a special place in my heart of as being like the Highlander movie that came out when I was like a fan. So, I mean, I'm still a fan obviously, but you know what I mean? Oh, yeah, in I, real I time. Wow. Well, so Kyle, Keith, you won the. Oh, you sorry. You saw this in the movie theater? I did not see this in the movie theater. Oh, okay. I rented this on a digital volume disc or digital Ooh. video disc, depending on who you ask. Uh, for my local. Personal disc. That's right. And what's really cool is uh, in the you know early 2000s, that video store closed along with all the other video stores. And I got to purchase this. this the, the very copy I rented, I got to purchase. And it still has the sticker that says, Wow Video on the DVD. So. Nice. Oh. I, I got this along with the source actually at that that same time. So hmm. I bought their copy of Final Fantasy Tactics and it was very great. good. <laughs> uh so Kyle, you won the game earlier today. Uh so what uh I don't know what uh, any final thoughts? Uh you know, what do you, what did you think of this segment of the movie? And if this was your first watch, if you can recollect that, like what did you think was gonna happen like next? Like what is what's your expectation for the movie moving forward? Well you know, this clearly sets the, um, and you know, I don't mind the the three crosses on the shoes. I think that's an okay signal. And I like, you know, I think it's a reasonable way to cue you in that the, the person you saw at the, at the bombing is Jacob Kell. I think all of that works. However, 
this moment is the setup for what we are going to learn is an absolutely cartoonishly insane revenge plot. <laughs> like, a, a truly outlandish <laughs> revenge plot. And this scene just doesn't merit it. Right. It just doesn't. And that is like a, a sin at the heart of this movie that like, at some point they just make the decision that, okay, Kel's just going to be a loon. Yeah. Like, so it, it doesn't, in, in a lot of ways, it doesn't matter. But separately, they want to pull on this other thread that Keith alluded to later, where maybe Connor has behaved badly. Like Connor does have some genuine sins he needs to atone for. And like, in some ways, Duncan voices some of those concerns to him. But like that doesn't really land either. So you end up in this weird hodgepodge where like you have no sympathy for the villain because like the plot is just so outlandish. And on the other hand, you like Connor's crimes don't facially seem egregious enough to justify it. Sure. So like you had this opportunity to have genuine conflict between these two characters, and between those two failures, it just falls apart. Like an effective version of this, this scene has us feeling complicated thoughts about Connor mm -hmm. and by extension, complicated thoughts about the repercussions he suffers from Jacob Kell. That does not happen. Right. Uh, and that is, I think, a major plot failing with this segment. Kell, Jacob Kell. How are you, Eamon? Uh, any expectations moving forward or just like how you feeling so far in the movie? Feeling better or worse than after the, the second episode we did? Oh, if that's a metric, better. Oh, okay. Mm. I was yeah. I was interested in watching this. I was like entertained yeah. by this sequence. Things looked like reasonable. Yeah, totally. I like yeah, that. I, like... I do like the flashback to his village. I think that's yeah. pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, that, aside that, from like the crazy violence, like which I'm yeah. just like, that's just a, a new stylistic thing for like that doesn't match the original aesthetic of the first film, and it doesn't really match like the TV show. So, again, like there's these weird transitions that happen when things go from TV to film that like. The aesthetic starts to change and it doesn't feel quite like it did before. Eamon, mm -hmm. sorry, I was talking over you. Oh, that's fine. Uh yeah, I feel better than I did in the first episode about right. this. Like it's got me like, hmm. hmm. Although I think it's insane. Like, this is a huge event in Connor's life. So, like, you would think they would cover this in the first movie. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, oh, well, I, I went, back to, I went a... back to my village and burned it down. Like, <laughs> right. Just an aside. Yeah, after yeah. my mother got burned at the stake. Yeah. But uh, we're just going to gloss over that. Interesting. Very good. He yeah, I don't know. I, I'm curious to see where it all goes, I guess. Uh, or I was. Like, how does this all, like, unravel? Like, I don't know. I think I think I also, like, was surprised that, like, we just meet Connor, like, right away. Like, I think yeah. in the first scene, it set up, like, a mystery. And, like, I don't know. We'll, we'll talk about that as we move on. Like, th there seems to be this, again, like, search for Spock, search for Connor element to this film that I feel like they they mention, like, it's going to be a thing. And it's just mm. never a thing. It's just there he is. He's right there. And then he's in the movie. Yep. So uh... that's an apt point because up to this point, Keith, as you noted, like, what's Connor's role? Is he the narrator? Is these his memories? What's going on? Then Connor vanishes from the film for a period. Like, that's what we're approaching. Right. And then, like, you're kind of focused on Duncan, and then it, like, ceases to make any sense whatever we've been doing with Connor up till now. Yeah. 
I don't know. It's uh, this is uh, this is a rough script, guys. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, but I'm excited because next episode we're going to be introduced to Jin K, played by Donnie Yen. Ooh, we're gonna Donnie get Yen. some some crazy fighting. Uh, I don't know. We're gonna learn more about the sanctuary, more cutscenes in the sanctuary, all sorts of fun stuff. Uh, so I I hope I can't wait uh, to maybe cover more than one scene per episode. Uh, that'll be fun. Uh, we'll see. We'll see if we we'll can see make if we pull it. Pull it off. That's right. This will be a year-long podcast. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> the never-end game. Um, very good. Uh, well, make sure to write us in at HighlanderRewatch at gmail.com uh, to let us know how much you absolutely hate our commentary on this movie and how mm-hmm. you disagree with it so much. <laughs> I cannot. We People are going to flip out, but whatever, man. This movie is no, problematic. No, no. We're going to get a lot of... Uh, I think we're going to get a lot of support on our takes on this movie. All right. Let's hope so. Yeah, I think so. How confident am I in that? Mm, but <laughs> really? I, I like that we're I like that we're taking opposite takes on it. It's drama. That's right, drama. All right, and so we'll be back with some more Lisa B music uh, next Ooh. week as well. And make sure to, of course, stay tuned for a special Highlander 35th anniversary I, episode. I love her music video for WAP though. Ooh. <laughs> boy, oh boy, boy. Lisa B. Anyway, anyway, we've been your rewatchers. I'm Keith. This is Kyle. This is Eamon. Bye. Bye. Watchers, not cops. Welcome to the Highlander Rewatch Podcast, where each and every week we talk about another facet of the Highlander universe. I'm one of your rewatchers. I'm Keith. This is Kyle. This is Eamon. Defund the Watchers. Oh no, oh. defund the Watchers. How would you like to see uh, yeah. their their tasks divvied up between some other social services? Um, I don't know. Maybe just like people that actually do their jobs, unlike. Uh-huh. The watchers, <laughs> right? Yeah, the watchers okay. don't do a lot of watching. Yeah, they've mostly been uh, screwing around shooting people. It would seem. Yeah, that seems to yep. be like their thing, mm. for the most part. I mean, I think they've really gone downhill since they lost Bemos. Personally, that's right. He was, well, that he was a... gave them so much security. Yeah, that was the reason. <laughs> security <laughs> was, the... was the reason. Yes, it was. And Shapiro. I'm sorry. What? Shapiro, he's gone too. That's right.
Kyle thought you said Ben Shapiro, didn't you? I definitely did. And I was like, ben Shapiro. we'll get forward to how you, this one gets tied up. <laughs> That's right. And Sh- Shapiro was the, uh, was he the head that put uh, Joe on uh, trial? Yep. Look at this. I also think we should congratulate ourselves. We are a minute into this podcast and we're actually talking about Highlander. Uh, so oh. this, is the, this might be some kind of record. It's a miracle. Usually we're off on some tangent already. Uh, but so. in fairness, it's a Highlander tangent to discuss, to distract us from talking about this Highlander. That's right. Which That's right. I think we're all cagey about doing. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, so this is our fourth episode so far covering Endgame. Uh, before we started recording, we were just discussing how many episodes did we think this podcast series would be. Amen. how many do you think it'll be? Um, At this point. I think before we started, we said five. Uh, is this we, really number four? Uh-huh. That counts the trailer, though. That does count yes. the trailer. So this that's, really... like, that's like an hour long. That's true, but this is it's really the third one. one about the movie proper. Correct, yes. Movie okay. proper. Movie proper. Um, you know, <laughs> I'll say uh, eight episodes. Eight episodes, right? Okay. Uh, I, I carved out the position early. Lucky number 11 is what we're going for. Um, because I what know a movie. what a fragile mental state this movie puts me in. I, I'll agree with you, Eamon, like... It could be it could be eight to ten. If this was ten, I'd be like, sure. And one of those episodes is me just crying <laughs> for like four. I, I think minutes. all of our listeners at home are crying, thinking about what we're going to be talking about for ten episodes. But <laughs> that's right, the same man. <laughs> that's right. All right. Well, before we jump into stuff, uh, we're going to start uh, the episode with a little bit of reader mail, and so we got yeah. some uh, messages this week, uh, actually pertaining to Islander Endgame. So we thought oh. we'd read those uh, to kick off the show. Uh, the first uh, comes from one of our patrons, and this comes from James R. And he says, hi, Rewatchers. A quick note about Jacob Kell's shoes. I've never seen this confirmed anywhere, but I've always had the suspicion that Kell's shoes were inspired by those of Huck Finn's father. Huck's father had two nails bent into the shape of a cross embedded into the heel of his boot as a, mean to warn, as a means to ward off the devil. Another possible reference is a quote that is often attributed to Martin Luther, which reads, the Christian shoemaker does his Christian duty not by putting little crosses on his shoes, but by making good shoes because God is interested in good craftsmanship. Perhaps this is the filmmaker's way of showing us how misguided Cal really is. Or maybe it's just a cool visual and that's about as deep as they got. Uh, keep up the great work, guys, and don't lose your heads. Oh, that's interesting. interesting. Mm-hmm. I like that quote. Yeah, that is a good quote. Uh, how about that? I don't know how cool little crosses on your heels are, but... <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I'm inclined. I think it's pretty cool that you uh, are able to make that connection to Huck Finn. That seems cool. And that's a, a cool part of that story. Uh, I'm not sure if I think that's really part of this character. Uh, I, I'm more inclined just to think it's a visual cue. What do you guys think? I am also more inclined to think it's just a visual cue, but if you search for cross or shoe with crosses in the feet, in the heel, you find a bunch of like stilettos in which the the point is a cross. Ooh. Oh, interesting. Which looks insane. Like <laughs> only an insane person would wear that. Yeah, I, I can't tell. imagine uh, walking around in a stiletto. That seems really difficult. Uh, and I think I would break both my ankles very quickly because uh, I fall down constantly. So That's true. That's you actually sneakers. do fall down a lot. I do fall so. down a lot. So that's just wearing shoes. So regular old sneaks. 
So you're not going to be on Project Runway anytime soon. I don't think so. I mean, he could be a judge. Yeah. Mm. Maybe Project Walkway. I don't know if I'm running. Project Walkway. Yeah. What do you guys think about that? You know how you park in a driveway, but wait, hold on. I'll leave the show now. Bye. Yeah. Bye. You park in a driveway. And you walk on a runway, guys. What? <laughs> All Jerry right. We got Seinfeld. another email here uh, from our friend David G. Uh, he says, this is uh, this is going to get rough, guys. Uh, uh. Damn it, Kyle. Kirk did die alone. This is in reference to Kyle's comments on Star Trek Generations. I don't think that's accurate, but keep going. I agree with you, Kyle. I'm on board. Kirk do- does not die alone, and it is uh, a problem. Anyway, uh, he says he died without his crew. He died outside of his enterprise. Yes, Picard was present. Very oh, definition right, of not hang alone, on, right? Hang on. <laughs> yes, the uh, the the other most beloved character in Star Trek history was there with him when he died. Uh, but they had no real relationship. Learn to love Kyle. Learn to know what it means to be alone in a room full of people. Let that heart that's three sizes too small grow. Be like Keith. He's been a warrior, a lover, and a wanderer. That's very nice. All right. <laughs> that is wow. true, actually. Whatever giving you enough credit for your your work as i mean we're always touting you as a lover but never as a warrior and a wanderer and that's our fault i got that wandering down yeah it's like (laughs) kane from kung fu Mm -hmm. exactly he walks to earth do you guys think there's a difference between wandering and wandering yes right there's there's absolutely like a difference like they're the same word but like they mean two very different things right a thousand percent very good one one you wear an ascot and one you don't okay yeah uh, it's i'll die on that hill okay uh david continues he says i first saw the endgame trailer before the x-men movie and actually i'm really glad he brought that up because that was something i was thinking about i meant to look up or ask the uh you know uh the listeners out there like when did this trailer air like uh Mm -hmm. what movies would you have seen to see the endgame trailer so x-men great Hugh Jackman's X-Men, all right. That's right. Uh, Directed by accused (laughs) uh, pedophile Brian Singer. That's correct. Uh, Alleged. Alleged. Alleged nightmare on set. Um, Mm -hmm. He says, I was both Director of uh, Bohemian Rhapsody, the Queen movie. Yeah, we love that movie, don't we? Great. What about Jack and the Giant, Jack the Giant Slayer, whatever? Uh, So good. No one ever talks about that. That's a Brian never, Singer movie. How about that? I've never seen that movie. Yep. That and yeah. I never talk about it. Nope. Good. Back now we're just naming Brian Singer movies, huh? Mm, X-Men 2. X2, X-Men United. X-Men United. But right? not X3. That was a Brent Ratner travesty. Mm, another sex pest. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> okay. Uh, he says, I was both elated and confused. Uh, thrilled to see my Highlander, Connor, teamed uh teamed yet again with duncan and then i saw the magic bits bruce Payne splitting in two suspending a sword in midair connor and duncan jumping through a portal connor screaming in pain inside a glass ball awful just awful glad that didn't make it into the movie and now he comments on the first part of endgame he says i understand your reservations over the use uh the use of a crew uh different than the one of the series i do wish the movie had used a regular director from the tv show but i digress Look, looking forward to seeing where the show goes and uh, with the remainder of the movie. I mean, you guys did what? Four minutes of it? <laughs> yes, our, our, our uh, I guess, did second we, episode. Did we even do four minutes? It's, it's crazy how little of the movie we were able to get into. But mm. actually, fair point. Did our second episode, has our second episode, as we are recording this right now, has the second episode we recorded last time aired yet? It is not. So episode okay. three has not come out yet. 
so as we record now, people have only seen like four minutes of our coverage. Of Correct, this movie. right. So right. perfect. All and right, we're buckling awesome. in for hours of talk about this movie. Uh, yeah. Is there a director? David brings up a good point. Uh, Would have been nice to see a TV show director uh, on this film. Uh, is there a director you guys would have liked to have seen? Hmm. It's hard to argue with Richard Martin. He'd be great. Yeah. Uh, not that we got, I, we not got that the, I think the the your comment about the crew piece i don't know that i think i feel like that is least applicable to the director okay yeah everyone mm -hmm. uh of everyone involved in the process though it's very applicable i think to most other people yeah richard martin would be a, a good pick also i just think it's like a bummer like it feels like i don't know like this is a great transition into making movies right like transitioning yeah. from tv into like using that property and all the skills you developed on it and then just like segueing that into uh, a motion picture. Uh, seems like a great start for any director. Uh, and it's a bummer that they didn't like reward the directors on the series by giving them that. Yeah. Here's a weird thing that- Yeah. Did you guys know Jonathan Frakes directed Star Trek Generations? He did. Yes. He directed, did he direct all the, genera or the TNG movies? I, I thought he directed Insurrection. He did First Contact. Or is that what I'm? What am I thinking of? He definitely did, did first generations. I first don't contact? remember about generations. Sorry. God damn it! Uh, but well, he, he picks I, up I like the like... Uh, the uh, the the uh, the mantle from Mr. Uh, Leonard Nimoy, who also directed many of the uh, Star Trek pictures. Star Trek yeah. pictures. What am I talking about? This is the forties, guys. Pictures. Let's go to the pictures. Hey, yeah, I, I do just... love Jonathan Frakes, and he's like Frakes is great, and like I don't know. His character on TNG is so very good, even though it's like probably the most generic of all the characters in it. Like sure. of all the of all the main characters, like he doesn't really have a thing. He's just a dude. Yeah. Uh, but it's still wonderful. Yeah, he's great. I just watched, I've been doing a TNG rewatch and I just watched the episode where he gets addicted to like a, a VR game on Ryzen 4. Oh and God! It is, the, it is the most insane. Uh, but it's also the one where like Wesley and Ashley Judd have like their own episode together. So that's great. Wesley Crusher. That's right. What did I just say? Did I say Wesley Wesley Judd? Ashley no. Judd. Wesley Crusher. You said something Judd. Sure. Wesley Ashley Judd. Judd. Ashley Judd. Ashley, Ashley Judd? Judd. I can't Ashley. even talk. Ashley. So he directed. To be clear, he directed both Insurrection and First Contest. Yes. Oh, okay, cool. Uh, when I when I saw he directed First Contact, I said Generations. I meant First Contact. I was like, "What?" I, I didn't know. Along with eight episodes of TNG, three episodes of DS9, three episodes of Voyager. I didn't know he had done like six episodes of Discovery as well. Mm. Yeah, like he stays busy. Yeah, he like does a lot of directing. It's good for him. Yeah, yeah, he Freaks. did that episode on the series where the. Uh, the ship gets like broken up into different pieces or the crew gets broken up. Like they, the people are stuck on the bridge. There's people stuck in engineering or whatever. Mm. Uh, that's a great, oh, and Picard's in the elevator with the kids. Got a kid Oh, subplot. that's right. Yeah. They Which love is... sticking him with kids. Anyway, I'm sorry, Highlander. elevator, turbo shaft. Mm -hmm. Excuse me, guys. Uh, yeah. We're going to get more emails. Yep. Fiction. Is it even, did I just Never call happened. it turbo shaft? You did. That's what turbo you said. lift. Turbo, turbo lift. shaft. Starring guys. Amen. Well, That's we managed to do it. We sex, sex we, we got off track, and now we're talking Turbo about Star Trek. Shit. So it worked. Yes. All right, Amen and Kyle. Uh, uh, why don't you give me? <laughs> uh, 
Uh, actually, what, what do we want to play the catalog game first, or do we want to uh, give a recap of what's happened so far in the movie? Let's catalog game, then and then recap. the recap. All right, I love it. I love it. I love it. So what we're going to do, guys, is we're going to play the catalog game. And I'm going to read an item out of the catalog. And Kyle and Eamon are going to do their best to try to guess within 20% what the actual retail price of that item is. Uh, if they guess within that range, they get to give their opinion first and win my respect for the rest of the episode. Are you guys ready to play? Yes. Let's do it. Okay, here we go. Ba-boom. Today, oh. we're going to be talking about the sword watches. And once again, we're reading out of... <laughs> The 1996 catalog, uh, which is a catalog we have not visited too much. Uh, so some of the items are the same. The style of the catalog is very different than other catalogs. Uh, so you guys ready? Yeah. I, oh, boy. So for anyone who can't see these watches, these are deeply confusing looking. Oh, really? It's very hard to know. I guess the hilts of the sword there. It's a watch oh. with swords going around the radius, uh -huh. I guess to be the different numbers. Right. But it's very difficult to tell where the, it's actually supposed to be marking the number. I see what you're saying. Yeah. Like, cause the swords are like curved. So it's very difficult to tell. Also, I think there's only 11 swords. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven. 10, 11. Yes. The, there's only 11 swords. The six o'clock so is just the Highlander logo. Yeah, like you just like the swords actually I think make it harder to tell the time. <laughs> Interesting. You'd be better off with a blank face if you were trying to accurately determine what time it was. Hmm. Interesting. Interesting. Anyway, that's do you, a little, think, do you think you could at least guess, Kyle? You think you have a rough idea what time it was if you had this watch? I mean, or no if somebody like stopped you on the street was like, "Hey, what time is it?" You looked at this watch, you'd be like, "I, I don't know. I'm sorry." <laughs> I had to go. I, I go. Forgive me, for I am a dummy. Oh, uh, okay. But anyway, here we go. All right, sword these sword watches. The McLeod Katana sword points heavenward to herald the start of each new revolution of the earth. The what sword? <laughs> Which sword does it say? The McLeod Katana. That is not a katana. Oh, and you're right. That is not the McLeod Katana the, pointing if, heavenward, is it? If they mean the 12 o'clock, that is definitively not it. They are mistaken. Yeah, no, that's yeah. <laughs> also, it's not, that, it's not think, pointing heavenward, it's pointing down. You're yeah. right. First off, the sword is pointing down. Second off, I'm pretty sure that's supposed to be the McLeod sword, like the clan McLeod thing, not a katana. Please Correct. Continue. Okay, very good. <laughs> We're on sentence two. <laughs> Jesus. Um, let's see. Measure your daily journey as the hours display blades of distinction. Okay. Okay. Wow. These timeless weapons guard each skillfully crafted quartz watch. The larger watch is framed in chrome with a black leather band. The smaller watch is encased in black stainless steel with a black leather band. Warranty provided. There you go. Hmm. Well, I have a lot of questions about the warranty, but I'll save them. Great. Uh, <laughs> I think I have to guess first. Go for it. And as always, we're trying to get as close as we can to the actual retail price. It doesn't matter if we go over, but as long as we are within 20%, we will win. If neither of us are within that, Keith is the winner. That's right. All right. So I'm going to guess that they charge $39.99 for these watches. Okay. Ooh. Interesting. Mr. Amen, what do you I'm think? I'm going to guess $60. $60 for a, a quartz watch, huh? These are yeah, fancy. These fancy are watches. Fancy. All right. Fancy quartz. 
Well, no. actual retail price at the time of the uh, the black one, not the chrome one, was twenty six ninety five. Oh boy, six. Yeah. All right. The so other think... one was uh, oh, I don't have the other one was twenty nine ninety five. So just oh. a few dollars more for the chrome finish, right? Uh, today, kids, I think you win. I do win. Everybody blew wow. it. Wow. Everybody. Everybody blew it. blew it. Yep. Sorry, guys. I just was so taken aback by the quality of these watches. Th these are a steal. <laughs> they are right. <laughs> Also, it looks like there's a devil stick behind them in this picture. It does look like there's a devil <laughs> stick. What? I, I'm i looking at... Coming to oh, a boardwalk performance near you. You can't see... Watches. Uh, looking at the catalog for, like, the, the art direction in this catalog is really something. Like, it's a lot of this, like, just rocks and stuff. Like, a desert sort of, like, uh, scene. It's just rebar. Like, it is... Oh, it's rebar. Okay. Yeah, it's just steel, like, beams. Hey, we might have some rebar to talk about in the context of this movie, but maybe not this episode. Yeah. Ooh. Ooh. Uh, so today, this watch uh, would cost you $44.93. The bigger one would be almost $50. Good God. Good, a bargain good. A bargain at twice the price. That's right. Nope. Not, not, <laughs> no, it's not. Look at that fashionable watch. That's right. It's a rapier o'clock. <laughs> Very good. All right. So uh, before we jump into our coverage of Highlander Endgame, let's do a quick recap. Where are we in this movie besides like seven minutes into it? So um, Connor has to run a secret errand. And then his antique shop explodes with Rachel in it. Yep. And presumably she is dead. Yeah. Killed by a man in a bowler hat, we later learn is Jacob Kell through a flashback in which the people of Connor's village burned his mother alive, mm -hmm. uh, and then she exploded. Mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, and in the process, Connor killed Jacob Kell's father, who was a priest. Right. And that's and it. Connor killed Jacob Kell, and it was revealed, or I guess maybe not yet, that he was an immortal. Right. Yes. So there we go. That those that's what we know. Those are the players on the board thus far. Great. All right. So let's jump back into the movie. We now cut uh, to the sanctuary, right? Because uh, I guess we had gotten a title card at some point previous to a flashback, right? Uh, yes. And so we get this Connor voiceover, and he says, "My endless days are filled with memories of the past and the death of my mother by Jacob Kell. Uh, no one else is mentioned." Uh, also, that's inaccurate. <laughs> why, why does why does he attribute the death of his mother to Jacob Kell? I, I don't know. He seemed like the least morally culpable person in that whole scenario. Yeah, yeah the, the priest mean, seemed more responsible. The goons who came and harassed him and then told him his mother would burn. Jacob <laughs> Kell's father, who actually pronounced like the sentence and burned her alive. Like I don't know why is why does he call out Jacob Kell? Just saying. I mean, I guess perhaps like if him and his father are priests, they maybe led the the sort of suspicions that like, oh, maybe it's a demon, right? Like a demon. You know, they were perhaps rabble rousers uh, or something. I don't know. Yeah. Interesting. It's a subtle point, but sure. Um, but he, I I already got a question because I don't know how long it's gonna take us to get through the scene. Maybe hours. But I know I mentioned this a little bit last episode. He's like, my memories are filled with like the death of my mother. Like, wait, is he thinking this currently? Like, how is this voiceover happening, right? Is this like mm -hmm. a narrator retelling the story, right? 
but also like, isn't the whole point of going to the sanctuary because like my life is depressing and sad and I hate living. So put me in a coma where I can still think about all the sad and depressing things. Yeah, like, is he supposed to be in a coma? I'm a little unclear on what state he is being maintained in. Right. He's obviously having, based on this voiceover, he's obviously having thoughts. Yeah. Well, then, like, later when they, like, open their eye masks, they, like, wake up <laughs> right away. Like... I don't know, man. <laughs> it doesn't seem like they're in a coma. I don't know if no. it's an, an immortal thing or, or what, but... Uh, there's like, pretty to be like IVs pumping them with drugs 24-7 or something. Yeah. So <laughs> I I don't know. I don't get it. Yeah. Because like as you say, Keith, if you if your point was to ex- escape your depression, being in a literal isolation chamber probably isn't the best way to get undepressed. Right. This is like the opposite of it. Like you are being trapped with your thought your de- depressing thoughts. Like this isn't yeah. good. Yeah. All right, yeah. so we get these, like, these dudes are all dressed up like monks, like weird future monks. I'm like, who are these mm-hmm. bozos, right? And then we get, like, some motorcycles revving, and it's like, the, and just the, people show up, right? The like, the circus, the literal circus has come to town. Yeah, yeah, the world's dumbest motorcycle gang shows up. They yeah. all have these absurd helmets on. Like, their these helmets are, are nuts. These are, yeah. Oh, <laughs> yes, that. like that. These are like Mad Max outfits. Yes. Like, it, I hate <laughs> Kyle. He's just like, ugh. Like, it's, what? He looks like, if, he looks like if the game Minesweeper came alive. <laughs> uh, like, yes. what is this? It's crazy. He has like a chain necklace. This is the character Cracker Bob. Uh, good, Cracker news, Bob. good news about this character. If you're watching the theatrical release, he will never speak. <laughs> <laughs> That's crazy. So, so you have that to look forward to. Oh my God. All right. I'm going to stop sharing this picture. Yikes. It's, but they're all in outfits like this. Right. And ooh. each dumber than the last. <laughs> yeah. And like, this, like, uh, are, are, bleh, are they going for like a horseman, four horseman thing? I think they a must thousand, be, right? A thousand percent, yes. It, but it's just like, like what planet is this part of the movie taking place in like the the monks in the weird like sci-fi monk robes yeah like why does it have this aesthetic like it doesn't feel connected to reality at all like yeah yeah or they're like a clockwork orange sort of gang or something Mm -hmm. right like yep it's really strange uh yeah i mean like and the idea of like having a gang of immortals seems like maybe an okay thing right but like they also but they they don't like do anything with it like who are these characters like i don't feel like what's cracker bob's deal right did they ever say his name only in the rough cut i believe yeah much later uh and i think in the theatrical version uh i i want to say you only know the name carlos the the fearsome immortal carlos (laughs) and you know jin k who is the what's the same donnie yen character Otherwise, I don't think you know the names of any of these characters in the theatrical cut, at least. Yeah, no, this is this is crazy. Like, there's no interesting dynamics um, uh, amongst the group either. Like, at least like with the four horsemen, right? Like, mm-hmm. there's like you have people like what's his name? Uh, not Silas. Uh, who's the cannibal? Caspian. Caspian. Like, he's like the wild card, right? Like, he wants to take action. He's like, I got to do violent shit. Like, then maybe Mythos is like the more 
like intellectual or cerebral sort of villain, right? Like, I don't know, all of them, like, then we got Silas, who's like the, the muscle, right, of the group. Like, there's some dynamic set up here with these characters that they can all talk to each other and drama will ensue, right? Uh, mm -hmm. But that's that doesn't happen here. Like, we don't we don't get to see different points of view or like, whatever anyway <laughs> uh so the monk is just like oh like we're, I, I don't know he pulls out a shotgun and shoots this the is nuts <laughs> this is crazy so winston these, is so nuts. three guys roll up in motorcycles at this point yeah. only three and out of nowhere like magic style this shotgun just appears and it is kind of amazing it's like the ultimate version of like where do the swords come from this is even crazier because it's like a like hip length shotgun just appears right uh, and then i guess one of these guys is su supposed to be jamaican yeah winston <laughs> winston because he goes take your shot mon yeah and he does but he's like, man, you people are hard to find. And he's like, we we like to keep it that way. So he's like ADR, the the watcher. Sure. Like, yeah. But like, we don't get like any like how they find them. Like, <laughs> we don't get any details. It's just literally like, oh, they show up. Here they are. I mean, I I'm honestly shocked. Uh, like, I don't understand how this isn't like the MacGuffin that drives the film. Like where is connor like mm -hmm. that like we got mac who's like i know i gotta find him we got kel who's like i want revenge and i don't know where like how do i take revenge this is the thing that's been like fueling my like life for 400 years and i don't know where this guy is to take revenge anymore i gotta find him like so there's a race like a ticking time clock to get to the sanctuary like it's just shocking that like they just all just show up here like this should be it's, it's the resolved. thing that's like, where do we, how do we move the plot forward? Finding the map to the sanctuary or like talking to Joe and Mythos about what is the sanctuary? Like there's research. There's like, that also, also that way you get to like build in the exposition. Like, yeah, how do we find out where the sanctuary is? Probably through finding out what it is. Like, and then the characters get to like learn about the sanctuary before they get there. And we just see weird, like uh, medieval sex toys or whatever uh, this is. I'm so. sorry, what? Like medieval, like sex contraptions. I don't know, whatever they're what hooked up the to. What are the sex contraptions? I assume it's, there's something sexual that happens down there. Oh, okay. I assume. Do you don't, you guys don't think so? <laughs> oh, sure. Okay, yes. Duncan's involved. That's right. No. Okay, okay, okay. But okay. like, yeah, he has the shotgun and he shoots Winston like right away. Yep. And then other monks come out with like machine guns. <laughs> this is crazy. <laughs> And just blow them away. Mm -hmm. Yes. But then a new challenger approaches. That's right. An equally dumb helmet. Yeah. <laughs> it has like a big ponytail. Right. So he shows up and is just, I guess he's supposed to be the best. Is yeah. I guess sure. we're supposed to infer from this. As he goes around and houses all of these Watcher Monk guys. Uh including by like kicking his home his dumb helmet at one of them right the one thing i want to call out about this is at some point they decide to do like some like they're like some wire foo shit or like pull him on a dolly mm -hmm. or something oh, right, yeah and it looks 
so stupid like it looks <laughs> so bad like he wants to like retreat back up from something and just like throws his arms out and floats backwards and it looks insipid i uh, yeah i like the i like the part where he uh flips the shotgun and shoots the guy with it i guess i like that but like it's also crazy like he gets this guy in some weird hold and puts like a very short shotgun the shotgun is maybe this long to the guy's neck <laughs> and then pulls the trigger and like he goes he flies away and there's like a tiny little hole like this would have blown <laughs> the dude's head off yeah i mean that's ridiculous and this movie is already like far too violent but uh yeah. it's just like it's so bizarre like how all this stuff was conceived of and and stylistically like all the wire foo stuff like it's it's suddenly just like a different aesthetic to the movie like having yeah, the, yeah i don't know uh and that's not carried through to the rest of the film which is weird nope yeah but nope. i think this has to be donnie yen's influence oh sure something yeah mm -hmm. well is it donnie yen's influence or them just being like well let's make it look like a donnie yen thing yeah i mean like is it just them being like oh well we're doing this kung fu sequence so like let's import weird kung fu elements yeah uh so there's like, there's so much, there's so many problems with this movie. So did you guys like, there's like all this weird, like the 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 quality of the film or the quality of the daylight changes a lot in this movie. Uh, so there's like a, I, I wanna play this very short uh, clip for you um, just because uh, like, I hate it so much. Um, and like, like, here we go. All right, so watch how the, like this changes from like day to night, okay? I'm so sorry, guys. This Let's is do this is where we where we are. Uh, I think it's this one here. This is forty. Oh no, that's not um, it. There it is. Is that it? Hello. All right, here we go. All right, Ready, well, guys? there's the monk outfits we've been talking about. Right, Both he's got his shotgun with, od with oddly snug necklines. Yeah, yeah, these are form fitting. Very fashionable. They look good, mm. right? Yeah. Keeping it they tight. Look great. They look great. All right, here we go. Donnie and is dead. Yeah, at some point he just welcomes death. Oh, Jacob Pell. Oh, now it's nighttime. Oh, right? we have okay. To so, <laughs> yeah. yeah, okay. So let's go back. Like, here, look. So, so this it's, guy. It's like daylight. Where did Jacob Pell come from? Where is <laughs> he? has been know? laying on the ground. How, yeah, how was, long has he been there? He's like, been under he just... a blanket and they put some leaves like over the blanket. Where like, did he get the robe? These people all rolled up in motorcycles like two seconds ago. Where mm. and how did he get there? How long has he been there? <laughs> Jacob Kell was undercover. Undercover monk. Yep. That it, it does yeah, actually yeah. Kind of seem that way. Like, why yeah. else does he have this out? It would be nice if that was like covered in a in a plot point. <laughs> sure. And then now it's now nighttime. It's nighttime. <laughs> now it's nighttime. Right? Ooh. What? Ooh. Then it's daytime. Ooh. Now it's nighttime. Wait, and, can we talk about this for a second? Oh, uh, we have to talk about the way this guy shoots his gun. Here we go. Yes. Boom, sideways. <laughs> he holds it sideways for one Ex shot. Execution then, style. Yeah, maybe he wouldn't have missed if he had done that. What? Uh, also, is the building on fire? Why is it so bright on the inside? So, uh, yeah, but these weird, like, vases with, like, flames in them is weird. Boom. All right, so then the Kel does this, does like, disappearing like act. on fire on the inside. Yeah, Why right? Yeah. I don't know. Uh, so then Kel does this disappearing act, right? And I do want to call this out. So, like, he shoots a Kel who's right there, 
Kel ducks behind the pillar and is now gone. Uh-oh. Ooh, Interesting. Magic. So is he magical? I I like I'm I'm calling that out now cuz I think it's relevant later. Weird, right? And then so I, we got to play this too. So then Kel sneaks up on this guy and cuts his leg off. And again, for everyone listening uh in the podcast format, remember there is a video version on our Facebook and it's also now on YouTube. Uh so we Ooh. encourage everybody out there to go check those out uh so you can see the clips we're playing. Uh we'll do our best to describe them though. And you can look yes. at our ugly faces. That's right. And so then, Kel is so like, like, did he hide or did he just lay down? Why does he hit him in the ankle? <laughs> like, yeah. What? And also the way he's holding his gun, like <laughs> he looks like he has T-Rex arms. He's like, <laughs> he's like, ah! Then he shoots yeah. it up. Yeah. Down yeah. goes. Okay. Dangerous. So good. Also like crouching that low with that giant sword and like I mean, cutting. He can swing it. That doesn't make yeah. That it makes like, no sense. Yeah, no. this is great. I love this it. is great. Uh, also, I do want to play. So in the alt cut, there is a different version of this scene uh, that, of course, is more violent. Um, so here we go. Yeah, when you say the alt cut, which one do you mean? The I'm sorry, the cut? alt cut. Uh, this is the rough cut that is included on the DVD. Highlander. All right, here we Ed go. Ngame. So Jinkei is dead. Right. Take their heads. Hurry. <laughs> Take their heads. Headhunting can be a dangerous sport. Okay, so we got to stop because sport. in this version, Kel does not just get up off the ground. <laughs> he He's there. Comes. Right. She emerges. Ah! Whoa, from the murky depths. Good gravy. Uh. Oh, he'd snap the twig. Yeah! Endgame. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh, shit. So for the people at home, main difference here is that it showed that guy's severed leg for some reason. Also, it looks like his leg has already been rotting. Yeah. Yeah. It's not zombie leg. He has diabetes. Now that's awesome. But what's that? What did he just do? What I was all know. that? What was all the razzmatazz? Oh, like, uh, he what? fucking flipped his sword around, Keith. Duh. <laughs> What? What's oh, that move? Him. What? Yeah, that's so odd. Huh. He just like hits him on the back with the sword. It looks like a lot of, uh, as you say, a lot of razzmatazz. Yeah. Excuse me. He's <laughs> being badass. He is okay. But once again, like I don't know the way this movie's edited. Like, why did they take the just this? Like, they didn't have enough time to show Kel come from around the corner. Again, no. as a byproduct of that, we're like, what the fuck is happening? How does a character just like appear off the ground? Like, you know, there's a problem with whatever you're watching when like you can't figure out where you are in space and like how yeah. things are moving around. Like, because even when you're not analyzing it the way we are, like, it, it's just confusing. Like, <laughs> yes. It's yep. just jarring. Like, even if you don't go beat by beat through it, you're just like, huh? My favorite character in this movie is the sideways gun monk. That's I mean, a lot of so characters crazy. there. He's like, goo-goosh. <laughs> also, like, this building looks like it's all blown out, right? Like, the, yep. the, like yeah. it doesn't even look like there's an inside. Like, this is a hollow, empty place. So I, I don't understand, like, I don't know. I mean, I guess it looks like a cool location, but, like. Oh, it, it's very cool. Very cool, right? I want to go to Romania and find this place. All right. Well, we can. I, I do. I do kind of like the part where Donnie Yen kicks his dumb, dumb helmet. Do we not like that part? Or what oh, I. I like it in a vacuum. Yeah. 
I think it's my thing. Like, it's an okay visual. Yeah. Also, Donnie Yen, like, he obviously has a lot of chops. Like, and I think that this movie shows it well enough. Um, sure. Yeah. Did you notice like, one part of the helmet, like, falls off? <laughs> like, when he, <laughs> like, a piece of it, like, <laughs> it just flies off. off. Comes apart. Yeah. Wow. Prop. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, did, so when you kick these plastic helmet, yeah, <laughs> and just these costumes are terrible. Like they're awful. They're Truly. really bad. Why make them look like why? Why not just put monk robes on them? Why does it have to be this like future monk looking? Like I just don't understand the decisions made in this film. Uh, wow. Okay, so Kel at this point, who like is this supposed to show how powerful Kel is? That like all the goons get taken out, and then just Kel rolls up. He's like, I got it. All you guys get up now. Yeah, uh, I guess. Does he maybe? really need them? I don't. I don't know. I, I doesn't that. seem like uh, it. That is a persistent note in my it, thing in my <laughs> notes. Is goons are pointless. <laughs> they are. They are pointless. All right. So now we actually get to like cut inside the sanctuary, right? Which is just like a dirty room. <laughs> <laughs> a dirty yeah. room. A dirty giant room. It's yeah. enormous. It is so big. This it's place a is a salt mine, apparently. Right. Uh, I think it looks pretty cool, although I don't, I don't like understand. There's like, there's like no establishing shots. Like we are just like, we're outside a mansion, and then it just mm -hmm. cuts into inside like a cavern, and it's like, yeah, whoa, like where is this? Like, do we go underground? Like, I just, I feel like there, this movie just doesn't do enough to set up like the space we're in, and like also like I want to be on a journey uh you know in the movie like take me into the the labyrinth that holds connor mcleod like here's our mm -hmm. hero finally he's trapped away buried under the earth like i want to be part of like finding him and the movie doesn't let us do that it's just like here we are in this big ugly room with no establishing shots like i don't feel like this like looks particularly grand either the way they shoot it like there's not a lot of shots in the in the sanctuary. No. Like it doesn't feel like this big majestic place, mm -hmm. uh, which would be pretty cool, right? Like, I don't know, I'm surprised this isn't like milked for more. Yeah. Also, there are only like six immortals in the sanctuary. I didn't count them, but like six or eight, like right. there's not that many. And I'm like, this is just not impressive. There's this, like- <laughs> See, I honestly, I was confused why there's more than one. Yeah, that makes sense. Why I mean, I get there that really there's more than one, but there doesn't need to be more, more than one, right? Sure. Right. That's the thing, it's like, you really actually only need one here. So it was, I thought it was an odd decision that they decided that there was six, but fair enough. Right. But they just didn't like use, like they're just in a circle, like in this big empty, like the space is kind of cool. And I'm just like, it's just weird. It is weird. It's so strange. Yeah. Like uh, also like this doesn't seem like it has the infrastructure to maintain like a, a constant regimen of drugging these people whatever right it's well like... that's that's my other question about how this all works like they show these people and like everybody has like long hair their nails are all grown out and i'm like what are you doing here like these guys run like a shitty old folks home yeah. where they like uh neglect their their the people that are under their care like mm -hmm. nobody's there that's to like clip true. their nails like also yeah. why are they trapped to metal like gurneys like all of this could be accomplished in a bed like i don't <laughs> <laughs> like why are they hooked up to these weird devices where yeah, does their does there's like a tube sinister. that goes into their head yeah yeah, yeah. where does their doo-doo go one of the monks job is to clean out the <laughs> mining suit yeah 
Yeah, and they have these weird like X-Men costumes. Right. Yes. Um, now, did you guys check out the, there's in the alt cut, or I keep saying the alt cut, the, the rough cut, the there rough is an cut. extended scene mm -hmm. here and we get to meet with a, a, a guard or like a <laughs> yeah i think we should play this because again yeah. like most people uh if you don't have the dvd won't be able to see yeah. this um and you know since we're all watching stuff uh via streaming now uh it's a little harder to see some of these like alternate takes and stuff so let's watch mm -hmm. this little clip uh there is some more details here which i guess is good question mark uh here we go and come <laughs> Who is he talking to? Hey, it's the guy from the Princess Bride, the, the, the evil monk guy. Like, this looks like Highlander 2 right now. Yeah. Like, the aesthetic of all of this is Highlander 2. Cool. Oh, he's asleep. What? <laughs> And this guy's like an 11 number. <laughs> but now it's different. <laughs> You're right, it's different now. I don't know. What, he's Gimpy? I don't care. So they've like. Here, so, yeah, tell us, Eamon. What have they they've, done? Tell us what they've done. They've edited this this little man out of the movie completely, but they keep some of Kel's dialogue. Much of it, like yes. yeah, gives this whole evil speech. But he's just like talking to himself. <laughs> right. Yeah, it's it's pointless. Yeah, like it makes no sense the way the it works in the producers or theatrical cut because he's speaking mm -hmm. to no one, even though mm -hmm. the dialogue assumes a listener. Mm -hmm. Right. And then it's like, oh, wait, this actually made sense in one version. <laughs> like, sort of. It doesn't even yeah. really make sense here. Yeah. But it makes it makes sense in at least that there's a listener. Yeah. And this poor slovenly <laughs> night watchman or whatever who was asleep. <laughs> uh, and then, like, where do... The, then the rest of the goons show up. But where do they emerge from? They seem to come from somewhere different than where yeah. Kel came from. Yeah. Like, Kel we... descended from above, and they seem to, like, come up from the basement. Like, the back right. entrance. Yeah. Keith, can you can you go back for a minute to where they had the uh, the chairs from behind? Sure. These guys? Like, they're yeah. hooked. These look like electrical uh, conductors or something. But go, yeah. go up a little, go back a little more. So you see that box there? This box? Box uh, to under the chair. This. That's there probably where the doo-doo is. <laughs> you think that's what that whole machine is <laughs> Okay. Where? So we're thinking that it has like there's a... Like a... There's a tube set up to the butthole. Uh -huh. Okay. And the doo-doo okay. comes from there. Very and good. they just empty the cabinet every once in a yeah, while? Yeah, and then they just pull that out and they, they dump it out somewhere. Very it's not good. glamorous being a watcher. No, no it isn't. Uh, and again, we can we can call out this. Like, do we think this guy's costume is different in these two shots? No, oh, no I guess he's wearing same. like a he's wearing a like a leather a weird leather coat. Yeah, yeah. I like, like this guy though. This guy's my second favorite character. Like, what is up with this radio? Like, yeah. once again, this feels like Highlander two production aesthetic, right? Like, yeah. yeah, this bizarre like we're in the past, but it's the future. Everything's like dark and grimy, like. 
All right, let's it's watch like the rest Batman, of this. the animated series. That's Ooh, right. Just uh, like that. Let's watch Pretty the rest of the series. <laughs> Emperor Palpatine? What? Good Is he God. wearing a tie? Did he come yes. up come with a tie? He did come. Alright, I'm gonna pause tie. real quick. He's oh. dressed for success, baby. But like what you guys mentioned before, you can see in the end of this clip. Cal had come down some stairs, I'm pointing with my mouse, that were all off to the side. Here are the goons that are showing up, and they've come down this giant corridor. Why not go there? <laughs> I, I don't understand. Yeah. Like, uh, yay, yay. It, it doesn't, uh, none of it makes sense. None of and it. And he's um, just, Cal's just blathering, and nobody, like, I had no idea what the fuck he was talking about. No, <laughs> no. it's... Uh, like I guess the only bit of thing, only thing we find out here from this dialogue is what that he is here looking for Connor, right? Yes. So that's like the new information. Like we don't know why he's breaking in. Ah, now we do. It's to find Connor McLeod. Which one's him? Okay. But also, like I don't know why he needs to really even ask this question. Like just start. He, he doesn't need to know the answer. He kills everybody. Spoiler alert. And like, well, I think also, you can just flip up all their little visors. Yeah, he's trying to. I guess we're we come to find out he's trying to avoid killing Connor. Uh, he doesn't actually right. want to kill him, but he wants to kill all the other ones. Which, spoiler alert, he does. He just proceeds to go like whip their Cyclops helmets off and then decapitate <laughs> them all. Right. That's uh, nice. So there's like a quickening here, right? We get some mm -hmm. lightning, all that sort of stuff. Uh, and I, and I suppose at some point, we mentioned this before, but a difference between the versions is that at some point there's a reference to this being holy ground in. I think the theatrical cut, but Correct. in the producer's cut, they edit that line out so mm -hmm. that I guess you're not supposed to think this is holy ground, even though it sure looks like holy ground, right? Maybe the all the, yeah, all the fucking um, <laughs> chairs have crosses on them. <laughs> yes. Right. So like, I, I don't think that that edit is successful in making you think that this is not holy ground, but. It, it only makes sense in terms of the story, if it's holy ground, why would you have it? We talked about this before, but why would you have a sanctuary not on holy ground? Yes. Its whole purpose was to protect immortals. Yeah. It makes no sense. I mean, it's literally like, called the sanctuary. I mean, come yeah. on, like, it's crazy. Yeah. Uh, I read online, and I don't know that if this is true, is that they changed that holy ground line because, like, fans got mad online or something they did yeah fans freaked did. out about this they're yeah. like what are you doing like why are you changing mythology and they were like oh i'm so sorry i'm very sorry about that. like what don't well it's like highlander 2 where they take out all the zeist shit which yeah. you know i don't know very strange yeah. um so i i kind of like the thing i like about this quickening mm -hmm. is it like bursts the pipes there's these like these tubes that are connected to these like dumb machines uh and they come like shooting off and mm -hmm. there's like i like the sound design it almost sounds like the the whooshing air coming out of it almost feels like screams uh mm -hmm. which i kind of dig yeah. and to me it also felt like very old school like highlander one quickening mm -hmm. where like the the cars are kind of going off or something like it, it feels less like electric and more i don't know it's different 
Yeah, it's good. So that's okay, I guess, Shrug. But also, what's the quickening? Anyone watching this movie? I don't know. Like, what happens here? Like, if you didn't know what was going on, like, again, the, the question that looms over much of this movie is, who is this movie for? And I'm just like, huh? Like, well, they don't tell us what's what's going on. What, what like, uh, I don't know. Yeah, which yeah. I guess is true in the original Highlander, because we see a quickening before we learn what one is. That's and true. There will be some exposition on this point, very clumsily done in about 20 minutes. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Also, like, I don't really have a problem with it in Highlander 1 because, like, that's our, like, call to, like, learn about this. It's like, we're giving you a bunch of stuff and it's going to be, like, captivating or interesting and now we're going to explain it all. Like, that's the thrust of the movie. I mean, uh, right. half of Highlander 1 is explaining what immortality and the game is. Uh, that's not what this is, so. I think when he cuts that tube that um, hisses, that's the fart tube that holds the immortals farts oh okay that makes sense interesting and that's what's hissing out right <clears throat> also i do want to make clear just because like if this is the first time we're seeing this movie uh i don't know if we've been explicit like who are these monks we do not know who they are nope like no, we just know nope. there's monks right correct very good okay uh so the quickening can be seen outside of this building and then we get a hard cut to Damn. Duncan McLeod. London, baby. Tai Chi or something? Yeah. <laughs> uh, can we, I, I want to watch it, I suppose, because there's a lot of sounds that happen that I love. Um, that I love. That I love. Uh, so, so what, Eamon, tell us what's happening in this scene. Duncan's in a park. So, Duncan is in some weird, like, circular park. Uh -huh. I guess I shouldn't call it weird. but And he's doing Yeah, his, it's a circle. Weird cut. circles. He's doing a kata. And it's getting intercut with this, uh, these quickening nets. Yeah. There he is. That's he kind is. of a cool robe. Yeah. A lot of robes in this movie. Dude. <laughs> oh. Ah. The Mac is like getting visions now. And it's funny that somebody referred to Kel as Palpatine earlier, mm -hmm. because this was the first of many times I wrote my notes just say, is this Return of the Jedi? Yeah. Um, because this movie does really transform immortals into Jedi in some way. Mm -hmm. uh, in a way that's exceedingly dumb. Yes. I am afraid of friends. I'm afraid the shield would be quite operational when your friends arrive. Right. Strike me down. Strike me down. So there's a lot of groaning going on here. I don't know how I feel about all the groaning. I do like I Adrian's like katas and all that stuff. Like I think that's yeah. a cool part of Duncan McLeod, right? Like I think that's something that sets him apart from other yeah. characters, right? But like yes. uh I I Go like on. this sequence, but it just doesn't make sense. Like, why is he getting visions of all this? Well, it's not like, just, yeah, it's not cut together for visual purposes. Like, that's not, this isn't like just a creative decision to show these things at the same time. We come yeah. to find out that he is having this vision. Like, right. he is actually seeing this for yeah. some reason. Never explained. No. So do we think, is this just the movie's shorthand to just be like, we need to find out some way for Duncan to know what happened. And so we just make him see it. And now he can go. Like, 
because they didn't know how to like get the information to him like what characters yeah. can relay this information which seems obvious it's like mythos or joe that says like yeah. this thing happened mm-hmm. i don't know uh do we mind that he has like a, a sixth sense about these things i personally yes. don't oh you do mind i don't very much okay uh, talk to me well also because and maybe there's a version of it that's okay the way this is done here is exceedingly dumb in my mind okay like the, the way this ends up playing out i don't know how far ahead i want to go we want to jump but at some point he goes to speak to me uh about this and he says have you ever had dreams dreams so powerful that they could break your meditation <laughs> and i was like this has to be one of the dumbest lines ever uttered also <laughs> I don't know much about Mythos other than that he's not a man who meditates. Right? Yeah. No. So like, like, this doesn't make any sense. So, like, odd. Like, all of that is bizarre to me. Um, okay. You know, See, frank- I- oh, sorry, good. And, and frankly, this can be so much simpler. I think all he needs to see, he all I think all that needs to happen is he needs to see something that reminds him of Connor. Just in any way. Like, he needs to be like see something that reminds him of the antique store, or see something that reminds him of any of the touchstones we have between these two characters, and then he can be like, "I should go find him." <laughs> oh, really? Yeah. You know what I mean? Like he just—it's not weird that he wants to find Connor. No. If Connor's been gone for years, like there's nothing strange about him just kind of looking for that character. I guess so, but I, I would disagree that I think there does need to be some sort of like more pressing impetus. Like like you said, why doesn't he just see like an antique store and think like, I should or, really find Connor. It's like, I guess then I would wonder, wait, why why does he, has he not cared for 10 years? And all of a sudden it's like, you know what? I better do some more looking. Uh, yeah. I get or, the, or, the impetus if he's like, maybe Connor's in danger, so I should really look for him. Like, better yet, you know what the most obvious version of it is? I don't know. One of these goons comes and asks him. Right. Like, probably not Where's Jacob Connor McLeod. Oh, yeah. right. Send, send one of these dipshit goons to see if Duncan knows Connor is. And of course, Duncan's Duncan. He can come out okay and be like, wait a minute. Someone right. look, someone bad is looking for Connor. I should find him first. That's, that's a good way to tie all this stuff together, right? Yeah, that is good. Set in motion, right? Yeah. But like... The search for Connor. I, I honestly don't mine terribly the like sixth sense thing like i'm okay like because of like the buzz they're all drawn to a space like i think it's okay that they would uh be like oh i can kind of feel when like my kinsman especially has been like cut down or is in trouble like I- i'm okay i don't think that's like too nuts though uh i can forgive it interesting i do like the idea kyle of a, a goon coming to confront duncan though yeah well you've got yep. these goons and you do nothing with them in the context of the movie so right. You know. All right, so let's talk about the next scene. So after Mac has this vision, uh, we now cut back to the sanctuary. There's like blood all over the place. I actually thought it was hard to see what's going on. It's like a really far away shot. I'm like, who are these people? What are they doing? and some dude's like, what do we do now? And this smarmy other guy's like, well, we always do. We're watchers, not cops. Like, And it's like, oh, these are watchers. Although for me, I'm still trying to like put myself in the position of like seeing this for the first first time. I'm still like the monks aren't watchers. These these guys investigating it are watchers, but not the monks. That like, is I, an inference you could draw, right? Yeah, that that makes uh, that was not my assumption, but as you say it, that in a lot of ways makes more sense. Yeah, 
I mean, I have no right. reason to think they're the same. They don't dress the same. We don't know anything about this world. And all of a sudden, like, mm -hmm. we're introduced to the Watchers, which we know from the show. They've never had anything like a sanctuary. Like, I don't know. There's just no, there's not enough clues here to make me uh, put all this together. Yeah. I mean, eventually they tie it up and make it clear. But, and we didn't see any, like, Watcher tattoos on these monk dudes, right? No, I don't think okay. so. I didn't think so. Yeah. No, like, they could have put some symbol on their, who, who gives a shit? Like, but there's no way for us to Anything. tell what this is uh yeah. and then the guy's like well what do we do we got to find another volunteer and i'm like volunteer for what like i keep having questions every scene i'm like what is going on i don't know yeah also by the time we hit the kata by the way that's 20 minutes into this film and i wrote at the end of this i have no idea what's happening <laughs> 20 minutes into a movie we are only 20 minutes into this movie <laughs> Yeah. Strike me down. Also, what's crazy, this scene in, that where the watchers are investigating this is not in the rough cut. This is skipped. Yeah. But this really add a lot to my experience. I'm not going to lie. Yeah. And it's also only two seconds long. But no, it doesn't. No, this scene tells you one that those, those particular characters are watchers, whatever that means. And we know they need a volunteer. I think mm -hmm. that's the only information we can garner from this scene. So, yeah. Can we get that in any other way in the movie? Probably would be a better way to do it, but nope, whatever. This is, the this is the best way. This was the best way. Okay, so now we cut back outside. We're uh, in the, on the city streets of London, and Mac is walking around. Jolly and, good. And a phone rings. Uh, now, <laughs> I, I, got a, I got a question. Like, I, I was just, like, confused. Like, I was like, where are they at first? Like, I wasn't 100% sure. But I think we do see, like, uh, the London skylines in the background, right? I think. Mm, I don't or remember. No. Maybe, Maybe not because when Mac know. picks up the phone, did you guys catch what's in the background? Like some sort of cafe that has just French flags flying. Mm -hmm. I assumed he was in Paris. I don't think it's supposed to be Paris. That's like, again, I was like, I don't know where we are. Like, I think it's supposed to be in England because I know that's also where they filmed. But then I'm seeing like French flags at perhaps a cafe. I, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, we I know, know Duncan, both in this movie and from the show, we know that Duncan lives in Paris. So right. I think we're supposed to think they're in Paris and if like the skyline doesn't match. Very good. <laughs> uh, so, all right. So this phone rings, Mac answers it. What, 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 what happens? Who's on the other line? Ooh, we don't know. We don't know. It's Some just a woman. blurry reflection, right? More Whatever mystery, more mystery. About Connor McLeod, fear the worst. And I don't think this is in the theatrical cut. Okay. Mm hmm I think this is cut from it. Uh, Who is this? I, and and again, what is the point of this? Uh, I don't know. Uh, it tells it. Mac that uh, Connor's in danger, which we already had a scene that told us that, yeah. right? Wait, yeah. so it's like, so could this be the thing that gets him to look for Connor? Because, you know, not him having a fever dream while doing his kitty cat hand kata. Yeah, right? yeah you're, you're right. Yeah, like it's just so redundant, right? Uh, and just like i don't know just like occam's razor razor this thing like if you have a practical way like a, a non-magical way of informing him of something mm -hmm. like maybe just use that yeah <laughs> also i mean i guess at this point the the movie is telling uh, telling the audience connor is dead right i mean we see that mm -hmm. kel goes down to the the sanctuary he seemingly murders everyone and then this woman says whatever you worry worried about connor with it's the worst which i guess would be dead right Yes, I'd think. Right. So I think us and Duncan are supposed to believe Connor's currently dead. Also, did anyone notice, like, I was very curious about where is everybody, right? So Mac is using, like, uh, a clearly European-style payphone. 
Uh, mm. The woman calling him is calling him from an American payphone. I don't know if anyone caught that. It's not, I, I want to say it's a subtle difference, but I was like, mm. she is not wherever he is. Uh, so I don't know how she knew to call that phone booth because right after this, then we see that smarmy watcher dude from the previous scene, uh, like at this cafe. And he's like, he's on the move. And so again, I'm thinking that this woman who called him is related to the watcher, correct? That you would be think. one interpretation. Yeah, now you guys know why I have 60 pages of notes already on this yeah. movie. Because I'm like, <laughs> how does this character know where this character, right? This is crazy. Uh, it's so, crazy. Yeah, also this is, uh, like you said, Kyle, uh, that other scene with the watchers taking pictures is not. So this is the very first time we would have seen a watcher in this movie. So, And also like, we don't know who the watchers are or what they do. Uh, so we're just thrown this, right? We're just along for the ride, baby. Yep. Hmm. 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 Uh, so let me see here. I've got some questions written down. Uh, here's here's question one. So at the end of every scene, I tried to write some questions. Uh, so hopefully I'll read these and it'll be okay. Number one, where is the sanctuary and where does this all take place? Uh, like, so I'm like the watcher dude was in the sanctuary in the last scene and now he's in this cafe. So I assume isn't this the sanctuary we come to find out at some point, isn't it like in Connecticut? <laughs> Maybe. Yeah. So that, uh, yeah. Right. So I'm, I'm very wishy-washy on where all this is. Uh, so I said, I assume the scene with Mac uh, takes place pretty much right after his kata. Cause he's looking for answers. So how did this guy get so close to Mac? Why is he watching Mac? Is this his normal assignment? Isn't this guy insane? Like, I don't know what's going on, but I'm just kind of wondering. Right. Uh, but I really am cu curious about the locations of all this stuff. Uh, and then, yeah, I guess we, what do we learn about, uh, anything from this scene? I guess that fear the worst about Connor and which we already do. And that's it. Right. That's yeah. it. So we, we know nothing. We're introduced to two new characters in the scene, the watcher in the theatrical cut and whoever this mysterious woman is on the phone. Yikes. He's a friend. Yeah. And do we, do we find out who the woman is? I mean, I guess later it's Kate. It's Kate, but why is Kate telling him? I don't know. Great. Oh, that's a good question. Why is she doing this? It's a yeah. trap. It's a trap. Okay. Like, because they okay. want. Uh, they that makes sense because they want to lure Mac out because in order for them to exact revenge against Connor, they need to hurt people Connor cares about. So right. Duncan's their target. But that's not like, it's not spelt out in the movie. No, it's like. This is rough. Uh, okay. <laughs> All right. So now uh, the next scene. Um, and so Max going up these stairs at some large home. And who does he meet? Hey, mythos. Hey, mythos. Pink, pink sweater mythos. That's right. Fully buttoned up. Look at this. We might actually be able to talk about two whole scenes of this movie. I love it. Yeah. I love it. All right. So Mac comes and visits mythos. And who is mythos? Well, he's like, we we Mac does reveal the exposition that he's like five thousand years old, right? Which is right. good. I'm glad they like give us some bit of dialogue to tell us like who this person is, right? Like why should we care that Mac is talking to this guy? Yeah, right. So he's like, "Do you ever have nightmares?" <laughs> yes, this is the the line I called out earlier. Yeah, nightmares like, so bad it's powerful enough to break your meditation. Jedi. I, I, I had a question about it. Uh, 
you know, when you're meditating, you're not asleep, right? So like, yeah. you don't have a nightmare. <laughs> yeah, like, you have like a vision. Yeah, having a vi- like I, I once it's just like it's the stupidest fucking dream? shit. Yeah, yeah. Like, it's all mixed. This is all mixed up. <laughs> it's all. Yeah. Yeah. So, and of course, as you pointed out, Kyle, that mythos does not seem like the meditate. Like this question doesn't even make sense, right? Like. Yeah. Uh, yeah. 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 Mythos, the closest thing he has to meditation is probably like a hangover. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, just passing out in your bed. Uh, also, yeah. I mean, there are so many like just low shots in this uh, in this movie. I don't know if we want to watch this clip as well of them talking. Do it. Uh, because yeah, this is when Mythos explains the sanctuary. Uh, so so let's watch this uh, and talk about it. So. Sanctuary. <laughs> That's right. Boom. I need to know if you're still alive, Mythos. You know a little about Buddhist monks. You know a little bit about cherish life so much that to step on a single insect or harm a blade of grass becomes a violation of their creed. So they place themselves in an extreme form of protective custody. A sanctuary of sorts. Sanctuary. Well, for an immortal who comes to abhor the bloodshed, there's a similar solution. A ball. <laughs> a way to be removed from the game forever. The price is unimaginably high, but you are, for all practical purposes, protected from the violence within you. And it's called the sanctuary. Kyra would never do that. Are you sure? It's been around since before you were born. At least until last night. What happened last night? It was annihilated. What? My brain is annihilated. Okay, so... So, (laughs) All right. Ah. All right, lots of lots of thoughts on that. There's a lot. Who wants to start? Uh, I'll like, start. Fuck yeah, this. Yeah. <laughs> Listen, all right. Oh, so it's a, out, he he it, drops the line. This thing's been around since before you were born. Where is the goddamn sanctuary? If it's in America, before Mac was born, is like what? It could it could move. Oh, okay. It could move, or, or there could be multiple like. <laughs> it could change over time. Okay, I can, okay. I can accept that. I agree that it couldn't really be like a new world location in like 1590s, but sure. Uh, so that's kind of point one. This is where in the theatrical cut, which you can see on, which is the version on like HBO right now, Mythos does explicitly say it's on holy ground here. Yes. And that's the edit that was made. But. <sighs> So did he know Connor was there the whole time and just hasn't told Duncan? Exactly, right? Like, has Mythos had this information for a decade and just kept it under his hat? Yep. That's what it seems like. I guess like. so. And yeah. also decided not to call Mac. Like, he's like, by the way, yesterday, uh, the entire place was annihilated. Your your kinsman was probably murdered uh, in his sleep. And uh, I just I wasn't going to tell you, but I'm glad you stopped by. Like, yeah. what? <laughs> Thanks. Also, what is Mythos's role in the watchers yes. at this point i thought he had quit or the, was like on the run or like right yes i think so like i i think we're supposed to think that he is no longer a watcher so how and why does he have this information I don't like know. maybe he got this information when he was a watcher but like how does he come to find out about it being annihilated like all this stuff mm-hmm. is very puzzling to me and it's not like they establish why he would know this to begin with in this yeah. But like, I don't know, whatever. It's a MacGuffin. Yeah. The, the, this guy just knows. They come talk to him. But it's inconsistent with the mythology of the show, <laughs> yeah. uh, which is so strange. 
I hate when they just introduce like like concepts into like properties like this that are like earth shattering. Like right. Or it's like in 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 um, Rise of Skywalker when Poe Dameron's just like somehow Palpatine has returned and it's like <laughs> what this the sanctuary yeah this sanctuary thing's always been here I don't know what you're talking about like yep. and then also just the, the, <laughs> you're the just description <laughs> the description Mythos gives of why Connor is there seems wrong, right? The description- In a way. The description- Connor, The Connor gives this description. He seems to imply that these people are volunteers who are there to escape like the violence they may perpetrate right. in their own lives. And that is why they are there with this whole Buddhist monk analogy. That does, is that why Connor is there? Like he seems to think he's there because everyone, like the, the rest of the movie seems to want us to think that he's there to escape because everyone he gets close to dies. Right. But isn't that kind of true of our, all immortals that like, he's just no. sad. And like, right. he doesn't want to get close to other people who will one day die. But that's mm-hmm. not the same as like escaping the violence within himself. Like it doesn't sound like right. he's flinching from the fact that like he's had to kill other immortals or something. Yeah. I, I agree with what you're saying. I think they're related, though. Like, certainly him having a violent life brings violence to others. Uh, however, like, I do perhaps disagree with you saying that, like, oh, he's doing this because of, like, the sadness. I think in this movie, it's posited that Connor McLeod literally believes he's cursed. And I, a curse, okay. like, yeah. like, that a curse follows him. And the only way to, like, prevent the curse from hurting other people is to you know uh, hide away, and of course, I guess the curse is true because all those people he hid out with all got murdered. So yes, yeah, <laughs> didn't even the work. curse even is that didn't Kel, uh, yeah. who's just been chasing him this whole right. time. Yeah, so I don't know if it's as much about the sadness, although that gets conflated later. I think when we talk about like it would seem that Connor's like a real tragic hero in this. Like he's given up. I think right. Uh, which... Yeah, he is a beaten man when this movie begins. Yeah. Interesting. Uh, <laughs> uh, also, I will Mythos make mention. Yeah, go like, ahead, Mythos is like Rachel was the impetus for him to him to do this. Like right. Rachel he even says, like up. Connor. Like also, he knows Connor. Like Connor told me how much Rachel meant to him. It's like what? Yeah, what? Why like, is... they know each other, making yeah. it even more egregious that he does not <laughs> tell Mac. Yeah. Right. Well, why? Why is Mythos or why is Connor confiding in Mythos and not Duncan? Yeah, right? He tells him nothing. What, what sense does this make? <laughs> also, like, just the concept that Connor knows about Mythos at all is nuts. Yeah. Yeah. Because I thought the whole point is that it's like a jealously guarded secret that this guy is, is the oldest immortal yeah. Mythos. Like, right. right. Ah, uh, makes no sense. To your point, Kyle, about isn't he like the oldest like immortal, all this sort of stuff. Like, I, again, putting myself in the shoes of someone that is like coming into this fresh or someone that's like a fan of Highlander one, let's say, but maybe not the series. Suddenly Duncan goes to this dude who's like, I'm fucking 5,000 years old, bro. I feel like I'd be like, as a 13 year old boy, be like on the edge of my seat being like, holy shit, like this is cool. Like who's this new guy? Oh, he's like hardly in the movie at all. And it doesn't matter. Yeah. And his age is irrelevant. Like, yep. you know yeah. what I mean? Like this, this character doesn't need to be mythos at all. Uh, I don't know. I feel like it's just like very cool thing they've introduced uh, 
to the viewers and then just drop. Um, <laughs> also, Again, this is an insane to... thing. Hold on. One more thing. One, One more, thing. more thing. I'm so sorry, everybody. Uh, I, no joke, believe this is the first time we find out Duncan's last name which is like, he's like Duncan McLeod. And again, not knowing anything about the movie, you would be like, oh, he's related to Connor. Interesting. Ooh. Like 25 <laughs> minutes into the movie, we find out that these two people are related. Like, I know it seems stupid well, and it's a very easy well, thing to take for, I, I bet it's an easy thing to take for granted. Like, well, of course they're related, but like watch, I, I urge all our fans to go watch any movie where you think like familiar relationships or whatever from past things are probably like known to everybody. I guarantee you those good scripts make mention of it to really orient the audience to what's going on. And this doesn't, uh, so. So I guess we knew that they were friends, but well, depending on what cut you watch. Right. In, if you're watching the theatrical cut, you actually just met Duncan McLeod for the first time, and then you immediately find out he's related to Connor. Oh, I guess so. Right. So in the theatrical cut, that issue does not exist because within a minute or two of seeing Duncan McLeod for the first time, you see this scene. Right, right. Uh, in the other version, I guess you see the two of those characters like buddying around for a minute before, you know, without explicitly hearing the names. Right. I, I know it's a small point to bring up, but yeah. it's like th this movie is just full of so many weird inconsistencies and it just like, it's so hard to find your footing, uh, yeah. you know, so, uh, to understand any of this stuff. So I, in keeping with our tradition of trying to think like, what would you be thinking seeing this for the first time? Now that we've watched this movie like four times each, I'm sure. Sure. Uh, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. The note I had here was, oh, I would be excited here because I would think this was going to be like a posse movie. Oh, that like, right. Like Kel has a posse. Mac is going to like accumulate his own posse. That'd and then there's awesome. going to be a big fight at the end with Connor and Mac and Mythos and whatever other people they might put mm -hmm. on the good side of the scale. And that's why these other goons are there is to give Mythos something to do. <laughs> right. Yeah. I mean, that's or a thing. So, oh, sorry, good. But of course, that's not, spoiler, that is not what happens in this movie. But that sure. is something I might have been excited about watching this for the first time. Yeah, Just, I had that in my notes uh, in a similar way later. Like, I was like, oh, like, I don't understand how the, the, the final showdown at the end isn't like Connor versus Kel and maybe Duncan versus Jin K. Like, especially mm. with the martial arts aspect, it's like, oh, it seems like Duncan's the guy that would take on Jin K. Like, those guys are paired. And mm -hmm. uh, the same way, also, like, Connor and Kel, like, that's the story, man, not Duncan and Kel. Like, they don't yeah, well, have a history they have the together. emotional connection. Yeah. Right. Um, so, yeah, I, yeah. I very much like your idea, Kyle, that this should be a posse movie, right? That's. I mean, that's what it felt like it was driving towards. Yeah. But, <laughs> but no, no, not nope. at all. <laughs> um. Awesome. Uh, so that, I guess, brings us to the end of this episode's coverage. Uh, how many scenes do we get through this this time, guys? I guess two, unless you count the cop scenes. There are like a bunch of little things that I don't think you would count as a full scene. Right. But we, we saw the sanctuary scene, way. and now we saw the Duncan, I guess, get some info, right? Some exposition yeah. has been given here. Okay. Get some mythos. Get some mythos. mythos. Mm -hmm. Very good. Uh, mythos. <laughs> well, before we get, go on, uh, I think it's time to play a game. Hey. 
Okay, game guys. Time. That's right. It is game time. Um, so, <laughs> um, all right. Here we go. So, for the game uh, this week, we're going to be playing a very special edition of True or False Highlander. Ooh, okay. uh, I know this is going to be tricky. So, I did some. Uh, some cool edits and I'm gonna play a clip and you guys uh, just have to let me know if you think this is true or false. Uh, Kyle, you are up first. I'm, I'm playing clips. You're playing clips. I am I'm playing clips. Interesting. I'm, yeah. I'm fascinated by this. I can't I, you should you should be fascinated. I think it's going to be fascinating. Uh, so right, here's the first me. clip. You can tell us if this is true or false. Never name reason. name three other Christopher Lambert bear movies that aren't Highlander. I mean, sorry, other means I can't name whatever Eamon named. That's correct. Okay. Uh, Mortal Kombat, Annihilation, Hail Caesar, um, Greystoke. Yes. Although, is Lambert in Annihilation? Yes. Okay, Kyle, can I, you answered that very confidently. He sacrifices his immortality to fight with the heroes of Earthrealm. <laughs> oh, good. Oh. All right, that's, for, that's the first clip. Is that true or false? I mean, the fact that you just played it back to me makes me think it's false, but I'm going to say It makes you true. think it's false. You no, think I mean, it's I'm, still I'm gonna true. Stick to, I'm going to stick to my guns and say it's true. I've, okay. no, I've received no new intel that makes me think it's false. Okay, uh, Eamon, would you like to perhaps steal a point from Kyle and steal think is that true or false? I think it's false. Oh, you think it's false? Eamon, you have won the game. <laughs> Kyle, there has been a scandal in the Highlander Rewatched gaming community uh, Christopher Lambert is not in Mortal Kombat Annihilation. Oh my gosh. I, I know I'm putting you on the spot, but what do you have to say for yourself? Uh, he's not, really? He is not. I'm having, Eamon, like, do, you, those... do you know who plays uh, Raiden? I only know this from Facebook comments. <laughs> James Remar? James Remar. What? Friend of Clay Barris, correct, I believe. Oh, what? <laughs> yeah, I, I think he directed him in some stuff. Uh, so yeah, so Christopher Lambert is not in that movie, which I... I don't know if it's worth us uh, redoing our entire Endgame coverage to fix I, this problem or what. I, I mean, I don't know what to say other than Google confirms what you're saying. So <laughs> I, like, I'm obviously wrong. <laughs> um, I, I know what you can say, Kyle. I'm yeah. sorry. <laughs> I mean, I'm, I don't know that I'm sorry. I'd be sorry. How do you, how do you think? I think you should address the fans and you should address Eamon more specifically. Eamon... <laughs> You know, I uh, I danced, I, I very arrogantly danced <laughs> on your grave after I buried you in that game, and that was premature. Uh, I think that game, actually, I would have lost two points from that, so you, you actually would have won that game. I know, that's Ooh. why it's such an upset, right? Uh, we have to, to re-record all our episodes. <laughs> no, we have now, to go Amen. back to the gathering and start yeah. all over again. Hey, yeah. man, how, how do you feel now? Uh, do you oh, feel, feel, you know... I feel like a great weight has been lifted off my shoulders. <laughs> this is all fair. Uh, I'm sorry, Kyle, to tease you about that. Uh, people jumped all over that shit on Facebook. I was like, uh-oh, what happened? Whoops. Uh, I like, also point ah. out, just as an odd factoid, uh, that the music to that movie was uh, written by George Stanley Clinton. Not to Mortal Kombat Annihilation? Yeah, not to be confused with George Clinton. <laughs> what? Weird. Wow, that's very interesting or yeah, bizarre. Odd, but uh, so not the funk magician, musician, but another George Clinton. Wow. Uh, anyway. I also 
that's that's fantastic. I'd also like to point out, I think we were all able to successfully name more Fairly Brothers movies at the top of this episode than we were Christopher, Christopher Lambert, Lambert movies, movies, which is good. Whoops. True. Very good. Uh, and that's how you play. Uh, I don't know. That's <laughs> the whole game. <laughs> the whole game is just calling me out. Yeah, that I was it. it. Well, no, okay. it's 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 done a lot of damage. I think there needs to be at least a week to heal. Uh, mm -hmm. But that, I'm glad we'll we're... have a period of reconciliation. I'm exactly. Sure. Exactly. Yeah. So all right. will be all will be made right. But that's the game. That was oh, wow. it. Just what, calling what a you fun out. Game. Yeah. <laughs> Very good. I've never seen. Mortal Kombat Annihilation. Uh, well, it's I don't got think the I centaur in it. Yeah. Motaro. Okay. I uh, read online that they did a test screening and everybody loved it. So they didn't finish any of the special effects and just released the test screening. Whoa. <laughs> That's an interesting choice. Yeah. yeah. That is. It's got Jax. I love Jax. Sure. Well, you'll love this movie then. <laughs> James Remar's Mortal Kombat. James Remar's yeah. Mortal Kombat. All right. Wow. Chris Fantastic. Uh, James Remar's Mortal Kombat Annihilation. All right. So let's let's wrap this up. So we've now done two more scenes. How are we feeling about this movie? Like, is it coming together for you guys? Are you excited for where it's going? Like, is this a like a mystery you want to know about? Or like, I don't know. <laughs> no. It's just like <laughs> no, not at all. It's so odd like the movie yeah. just gets stranger and stranger as it goes and it's weird to think that the flashback scene might be the high watermark of this film yeah yeah like that that flashback might be as good as it gets in this movie uh and unfortunately we've already talked about it so <laughs> uh you know there's there it might all be downhill from here frankly yeah um i do want to just uh I, this is like going to become a hallmark of this that I'm like in our wrap up. I want to like go back into the movie because there's something I forgot to say. Of course, uh, of I can't course. shut up. Um, but in the alt, or I keep saying the alt cut, the uh, the, the rough, rough cut. cut of this movie, the scene with Mythos like ends with like Mythos has like a full glass of wine, and mm. he's just like he just dumps it over the ledge, <laughs> and I'm just like, why? Why? What are you doing? Like, why did he do that? It He's been day drinking and decides he has a problem. Yeah, I, I, yeah. I shouldn't do this anymore. It's just so bizarre. I, I, I don't understand. It's like things just happen and it doesn't make sense. Um, yeah, uh, this this has been a, a troubling viewing experience for me personally. Uh, it's been very upsetting to watch uh, all, all this come together. So, wow. Well, this might end Keith, so. Mm -hmm. <laughs> That's right. Well, thanks, everybody. End uh, Keith. Yeah, ooh, I love that. I'm going to make a poster. Um, mm. Photoshop my head right onto the body. It'll look yeah. just like the real poster. Um, <laughs> yeah. So uh, thanks, everybody, for joining us this week. If you have any comments on the uh, episodes we've released thus far, uh, send us an email at highlanderrewatched at gmail.com and let us know your thoughts or interpretations or uh, any interesting factoids you might know about the production of this movie and how it all kind of came together. Uh, drop us a line. Uh, and we'll hopefully be able to read it on air. Uh, we can't wait to talk more about this movie. We will see you next week. Uh, we've been your rewatchers. I'm Keith. This is Kyle. This is Eamon. Bye. Bye. Bye.